Guys, I have a confession to make. Even though we're strong enough to conquer the world several times over, I can't get over the way that guy who lives in the landfill making friends with mutated rats kinda looked at me the wrong way. Let's go kick his ass! Hey, you're right. That guy needs to be taught a lesson, or other people who sit around minding their own business might get ideas. Oh, hey, it's the band of pumped-up crazies trying to take over the underworld or something. I don't care if you can do that. My landfill is off-limits. What happened? We are beating the best soldiers hell has to offer, and this hobo took us down in three seconds! That makes me so mad. Let's go beat up that kid. He's sitting in a darkened doorway and looks tough, but we can handle him. You think just because I look like a kid that I'm a wimp? Better think again. I don't stop with just taking your lunch money and stay out of my alley! This makes no sense. Do these people have no ambition? Why do they just sit around instead of ta taking over the world when they clearly have the power to do it? We can't let the ch we can't take the chance that they'll stay quiet. Sorry, guys. We need to go spend a week killing weaklings. Then we'll show these guys how tough we can really be. Mom, are you okay? Mom! Come with me if you want to live. Theorizing that one could travel within their own lifetime, two old RP gamer staff members stepped into the RPG Backtrack Time Accelerator and vanished. They woke to find themselves trapped in the past, playing and talking about computer and console RPGs from the 80s right up to yesteryear, driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. Their only guides on this journey are other staff and players from RPGamer.com who they meet to help record podcasts that only their audience can listen and hear. And so, Phil and Mike find themselves leaping from game to game, striving to put right gaming backlogs gone wrong, and hoping each time that their next recording will be the one that leads them home. Welcome to the RPG Backtrack. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack, where we talk about your favorite RPGs from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. I'm your host, Phil Willis, and this is, as always... And we're here to talk about those things that are over the level 9,000. Well, that does limit it quite a bit. There aren't many series where you can raise your characters over level 99. I think we have one tonight. That's right, because, you know, I mean, other RPGs I played, Mike, a lot of them cap out at, get this, level 99. I mean, some of them, you're pretty much done with the game by the time you hit 40. Uh, you know, or even less, but, but what if I told you, Mike, there was a game that added digits to that? Not just a few extra levels above 99, but I mean, just took it to the next level. Like, like 9,000 levels. That would be something completely outlandish, and yet it just might be so crazy that it works. 
That's right. I mean, because the only thing better than leveling up is leveling up 9,000 times. Actually, more than 9,000 times because of reincarnation. Leveling up a bazillion times. I mean, that, that that's... That's why I said over level 9,000. Yeah, over it. Way over it. So, this is so big, so massive, we had to pull in some massive help to help us talk about the Disgaea series. Of course, that's what we're pinning to. And to help us do that, we have our very one and only, Mr. Michael Apps. Hey, I've actually reviewed some of these. <laughs> and Mr. Nathan Schlothen. Always well, happy to be here and talk about games that I've said about. Very well. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe I'll have even a friend or two pop in from the interwebs. You never know. And, um, and, and, and speaking of, Mike's like, oh, my gosh, I actually reviewed some of these. Well, I think this might be the first backtrack ever. Well, there might have been a backtrack where we just talked about one game that I played through and beat. But this is probably the first backtrack ever where we had, like, a main event with a series of games that have actually played and beat every single game in the series. <gasps> Yeah. Oh my god, I mean, Phil, I haven't even played and beat all of this. I know, the plan has just stopped. And it, you know, and it's not like they're fast games. This isn't like the Uncharted series where they're like each 15 hours. No, these are, everybody, these are everybody long games. Everybody listening to the backtracks in succession and you take a shot every time Phil says that he hasn't played everything on the, sh- on the episode. Well, you don't get to take a shot this time, sorry. Nope, gotta pass it up. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're going we're gonna to just start talking about the Skaya games. We'll see how far... Uh, we can get tonight. Ask us no questions. We'll tell you no lies. And uh, while you ponder the meaning of that, I'm going to hit the little magic button on the recorder right here and pop in some Disgaea music. So hold on tight. Welcome back. This is the main event where we focus in on a game or a series of games and we just tear it to pieces going into gameplay, plot development, characters, and much, much more. And today we're talking about all the Disgaea games that are more than two years old. So we're going to go all the way from Disgaea Hour of Darkness, oh boy, all the way up to Disgaea 4. But let's start off at the beginning with Disgaea Hour of Darkness. This was developed by Nippon Ichi Software, published in North America by Atlas. This was released on the PlayStation 2 and later on on the PlayStation Portable and the Nintendo DS. Released in North America on your PS2 on August 27, 2003, your PSP on October 30, 2007, and your Nintendo DS handheld entertainment system on September 23, 2008. This is a single, it says multiplayer, there's no, a single player tactical RPG experience. Multiplayer, I guess, if you kept handing the controller around the room. I think that like, the DS version has some kind of multiplayer, or some, uh. one of the re- makes had some kind of multiplayer mode. I don't know about it much. I only played the PS2 version. Oh, there you go. Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> um, I I actually did play that. Did you? Oh, tell us about that. Yeah. How's that work? Uh, it's pretty lame. You just send your team out against somebody else's team. That sounds lame. Yeah. All right. That's so we're gonna pass over that part and. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. So, I mean, there's so much to talk about to scale. And we're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about to scale one, but that's only because, uh, or to scale hour of darkness, I should say, technically. And that's only because we're going to use uh, this part of the show to discuss all the mechanics um, and other systems that support the game, which are pretty similar. We will discuss the differences um, between two, one, or the first one, then to scale two, three, and four. Uh, but obviously, we're going to have to spend the lion's share of the time just talking to scale one and just setting that stage of exactly what is the Disgaea series and what makes it unique compared to other tactical RPG counterparts. But first, let's discuss the very deep plot of Disgaea Hour of Darkness. I'm thinking the best person for this job is, oh, I don't know, the one person who knows everything, Nathan! Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, I'm always going to talk about plot when I'm here, so might as well. Uh, Disgaea 1, it begins with the story of Laharl, the prince of the netherworld, who finds himself awakening after, what, like a 300-year nap or something? Maybe at least 30? He was asleep for a long time. Asleep for a long time, when he's kind of rather gently awoken by his loyal vassal Etna, who is currently trying to wake him up using various things like power drills, giant spiked hammers, and explosives. Because, you know, Laharl takes deep naps. Works better than an alarm clock. Certainly, it's You'd think it'd be more painful, but Laharl doesn't even seem to feel it. So, he's awoken to the terrible news that his father, the uh, the, the overlord of the netherworld, has died to be doing choking on a pretzel. Go, oh, what a way to go. Wow. So, now Laharl is, well, he should be overlord, but, you know, he's a punk kid, and, no one, and the, overlord, the netherworld is filled with all manner of beings that are too lazy or too self-centered to possibly bow down to him. So... He begins his quest to conquer the netherworld all over again. And in doing so, he meets various characters like Flan, the assassin sent by the evil... Okay, not really evil, they're totally good, but they're the villains anyways. Just the, vil- the villainous... is well, military dictatorship of Celestia. They're kind of misunderstood angels. Yeah, well, I mean, they're good, but, you know, it's complicated. They're still the enemies for at least the last chunk of the game, and they send an assassin after the main character. She's the most incompetent assassin ever because she basically announces her presence and can't stop talking about love. And her only move to start is a healing move. But she's an assassin less. She's going to heal you pot- to death. <laughs> well, also summon a dragon to kill you, which is really kind of impressive, but... Oh, well. We'll talk about that one later. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure there's much to say other than she summons a dragon and you fight it, but... Yeah, I have, um... a, I have a question about that dragon, but we'll save that for later. Okay. And let's see here. Um, you fight the netherworld. There are various quirky characters along the way. Uh, you you fight mid-boss. He's I the love mid-boss. mid-boss. Because he's the <laughs> mid-boss. Is... He has like a real name, but I don't remember what it is. Because Laharl decided to change it for him. <laughs> yes, because like, you know, he's lame enough to Laharl decided to call him mid-boss. And in, this, in the meantime, you have to work through the tangled bureaucracy of the netherworld democracy, which is incredibly lazy. And eventually Earth attacks you, which is kind of backwards. And then you have to fight the people of Earth, and things get a little wacky from there, then you invade Celestia, and that's about it. So yeah, Disgaea's plot. You know, like, for all the Disgaea games, they're kind of like a mix of different things. There's some parts good funny, some parts not as funny as it's trying to be, some parts really kind of exciting and cool, other times it's kind of emotional, other times just kind of goofy. And, you know, any given mix of the above, any random part. So sometimes there's filler, sometimes there's one of the most memorable chapters in a video game. Yeah. And, yeah, it's really kind of, though, really uneven pacing across the length of it. But it's good all the way. 
overall. Hmm. I like this. Eh. Even if, you know, I kind of bailed out on it the first time through because I couldn't afford the healing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets, it's pretty ridiculous, especially think, early on. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about our bailout stories during the gameplay section because I think at least uh, Nathan and I have a bailout story. Do you have a bailout story, App? Did, did you not finish your first time through? I still have not finished. Oh, great. So, so Michael, <laughs> my, Mr. Apps has a very recent bailout story. It's still fresh. Yes. Um, but um, you also have multiple endings in this game, right? Yeah, like three or so. The main, there are two main determiners for an ending you get to. Either, there's like two different points in the game where a villain says, you know, spare me and I'll join you. And you can either say yes or no. If you say yes, I'll join you. If you say no, it pushes you towards a bad ending. The other thing is, like, you get the, which ending you get depends on how many of your own party members get killed in area of effect attacks launched by your own party members. So if you accidentally <laughs> blow up your own party members, bad ending. If you accidentally do what to your party members? Blow them up. Kill them. Ooh. Otherwise, take them out. Make them poof in that purple light. Uh-oh. That's why I got that ending. <laughs> it's so easy to do. Oops, I hit the spell on you on accident. Yep. Really that easy, huh? Yep. Wow. Jeez. Gosh, you gotta be careful not to. Get, I mean, I, if I had no, I just what I hate about. I hate that about JRPGs. I hate it when they have these arbitrary, never spoken of requirements for endings, and and killing your own party member is pretty easy to do in this game. Sometimes, I mean, in fact, I'm I'm the kind of guy. And when I played uh, um, Dungeon Dragons, occasion I'd be like, Hey, Bob, are you okay if I let that fireball I'm about to cast hit you so I can get three more goblins in the blast? <laughs> yeah, this is why you're a terrible overlord and should be ashamed and deserve that. Uh, I guess because I was willing to sacrifice my me. That seems very much something a lo- an overlord would do. That that's arbitrary, evil. See, now I want to quit it again. Oh wait, I already beat it. Crap. Anyway, um, all right. Sorry, I asked that question. Uh, just got me riled up. So yeah, I think uh, I think as far as the the plot itself goes, uh. Um, it was okay. It's very anime. Like you said, it's definitely a roller coaster ride. It has its ups. It has its downs. Uh, there's... Yeah, it's like ups are like, you know, the Red Moon chapter. I love that chapter. It's just so great for all kinds of reasons. Downs are like the zombie chapter. That's just terrible filler the whole way through. Yeah. Zombie filler. Lot, lots of good secondary characters in this game, though. Yeah, yep. the character... I was going to say, the, the, the plot... Um... Yeah, the plot is nothing that I'm just like, oh, wow, this is, I didn't see that coming, or this was totally out there in left field, or anything like that. But the characters and the interaction between the characters, that's what kept me chuckling. And I actually wanted to beat more maps just so I could see what interaction they were going to come up with next. So I guess it's probably a, a decent segue to talk about the uh, the characters. And there's a good number of them, as you alluded to, especially even the secondary characters for the most part are really a, a barrel of monkeys. But starting off with, uh, let's start off with uh, the first two characters you see, Laharl and Etna. Yeah, Laharl is the half-demon son of the evil overlord, uh, whatever his name was. Well, he's the son King of King Kresvosky or something? Kretsch? Yeah. Krenchvosky? Something. something. Yeah. You're going to have like a contest where everyone's going to call in and just see if you can pronounce this king's name. We should post it in the show notes. <laughs> see who can. Yeah, that reminds me. I still need to do the whole can I get Phil to pronounce this name game I meant to come up with a while ago, but uh, sorry. There you That's go. There you go. Um, yeah. I mean, he's super, he's super arrogant. He can never, you know, he, he just, he never admits that he's wrong at all. Um, 
And uh, I thought one of the, um, I mean, he's all the time trying to prove he's like the strongest one. He even starts screaming at people. Why are you ignoring me? You know, that type of thing. Yeah, Laurel is extremely self-centered and selfish. He's got a great, like, ha laugh, which I can't possibly replicate. But <laughs> but you gotta love, you gotta love, though, um, how he would, he would like, like his kryptonite, his weakness was whenever people started talking about love or whenever uh, he was around a, a well-endowed woman. There's an entire chapter about people trying to exploit this weakness. It's actually a major character <laughs> chapter for it. A development chapter for it. <laughs> Too funny. Um, and, uh, well, definitely not somebody you would describe as well in doubt, at least not in the physical era. You have Etna, who's kind of the leader of the Prinnies, right? Leader of the Prinnies, self-styled vassal of Laharl, who... She's actually kind of interesting, complicated characters. She's got this whole subplot of her secret diary where she shows up, where you can read some of her more complicated thoughts on things. She's actually really interesting. I encourage people to look for, look for that if they play the game. So yeah, she's actually a really interesting character, but she, on the surface she's kind of this very much classic demon girl kind of thing. And she's very sarcastic. Very sarcastic. Just a little bit. Just a wee bit. Um, she, 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 she kind of lets up as the story goes on. She kind of chills out a bit towards Laharl, seems to even almost warm up to him just a little bit. But she's always abusive to her prinnies. She's always screaming yeah, at them. never stops wanting to throw them as various forms of explosive artillery. <laughs> Isn't that kind of wasteful? Wouldn't you accidentally set off your prinnies if you're too abusive? But they're so cheap to repair. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's actually something to be said. Yeah, I mean, you usually get free stuff when you fix them up too. So that's a good point. If if there's absolutely no reason not to be willfully punishing of them, then I guess you should go ahead and do it all the time. All right, absolutely. So uh, let's see here. We have uh, well, we mentioned Flan. So she's the, yes, the she's the angel in training assassin. Angel in training. <laughs> sent, yeah, sent as an assassin. <laughs> The girl who endlessly proclaims her love for love at any given moment. Now, according to the notes here, she was originally sent to uh, assassinate the overlord guy who we couldn't pronounce, Kuchameski or something. Uh, but then after she learned that he was dead, she determined to follow Laharl around to determine if demons were truly incapable of love. Yeah, she's... Very... If you love love, then I suppose that would be the most important thing in the world to do. Mm-hmm. She was very, very... She comes across very innocent and naive, but you always wonder if under all that cute demeanor if there isn't a little mean streak somewhere. Is well, there? Oh, well, spoiler alert, she gets turned into a demon by the end. So. Just saying. Gasp. Aw, oh, spoil something. Backtrack, well, well, get out. Yeah, how, it's, it's what we do. You... How could you spoil that for me? I mean, it's not like I played this game sequel or anything. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, you only get this is only the good ending, I think, where this actually happens. That's the good ending. Fawn becomes a demon. Well, you she are playing as a demon, so that sort of makes sense. Yep. We we have uh, we have Captain Gordon, the thirty seventh defender of Earth. Yes, Captain Gordon, who's just. I love his voice actor's way he does all these lines. I and mean, the voice acting in this game is really kind of fun. It's spot on. Was it? Was he like, I'm here to save the day? Yeah, his complete overblown voice for everything he does is just hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's just, he's the, he's the guy, he's your typical, you know, old school um, Flash, Flash Gordon. Style. Yeah, Very his, much Flash Gordon. His sense of justice, constantly motivating and pushing him no matter how bad things are. We'll get through all these demons. You know, that type of guy. He just doesn't stop. Mm, it's like, I am the defender of Earth. 
and uh and but then he has a he has a he has a very beautiful sidekick jennifer who's actually all the real brains and brawn behind the operation yeah that's the funny thing she looks like she's a total bombshell which instantly makes you makes you think that she's kind of the dumb one and him you know looking like this you know flash gordon type must be smart but it's actually the opposite she's actually so smart she created a robot which we'll talk about in a second um but uh apparently if i remember the story correctly she was at the age of five and she she created a, a robot and earned her phd she earned all possible PhDs by the age of 10. Yeah, that's that's called an overachiever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's skilled at martial arts. Go figure. They don't offer yeah, no, a PhD in martial really arts? <laughs> uh, she could probably teach it if they did. So, yeah, and and as if that wasn't bad enough, of course, she, she, she has, in between her neck and her navel, she has uh, Laharl's ultimate kryptonite. <laughs> because every time she comes on the screen he just he just falls apart emotionally mentally just doesn't know what to do with himself so that's funny uh let's see Lahar. Lahar, yeah thursday the all-purpose robot created by jennifer that we were just talking about very focused on bringing about justice even if it means his own breakdown i like him because he could be sarcastic and he would always end, end his sentences with a with a with a blip bleep <laughs> Thursday's awesome. Have yeah. we mentioned mid-boss? Oh, we're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. He's on the list. Don't rush ahead. We're getting there. Where are we doing these? Alphabetical? No. Reverse alphabetical? I don't know. What about Curtis? Since we're talking about the Earth people Curtis right is, now. Yeah, he's the kind of the former friend of Gordon and Jennifer who ends up as an enemy. Who He briefly turns Jennifer into a cyborg to attack you, and then he dies and comes back as a printy, but we need to get back to printies later. <laughs> we forgot to talk about printies. He returns as a green printy with cybernetic bards. Assuming there's anyone out there who's never heard of Prinnies, which is unlikely for our oh, show. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's quite true. But, but we will discuss Prinnies, just in case you're not, when we get to get through these characters here. Uh, let's see. Okay, here he is, mid-boss. He, he apparently technically has a name, Fires, but uh, no, that, no, that's not his mid-boss. name. Anymore. He'll forever be mid-boss to all of us. Yeah, he's very flamboyant. And just can't, uh, can't, uh, can't get, you know that song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction? That's like Mid-Boss's theme song. <laughs> just, yeah. He kind of speaks with a French, you know, accent. I'm, kind of, I'm not sure he called Frank, but he is very, he's very colorful. Yeah, he's very conceited. And, you know, he can actually back that up a couple of times. I think it's really... Hel- fight him three times. The first time, he's the first boss, and he's weak. But he'll still give you a special game over if you lose to him. Uh, then the second time, you have to beat him to become the true overlord. Then the third time, he just shows up in the little Celestia, and he's crazy powerful. And it's kind of slightly hinted that somehow or another, he's actually some reincarnation of Laharl's father, I think. A little vague. Hmm. Not really reincarnation, so much as... Incarnation? I don't know. Well, I think, and I, I think what's really funny is he was always trying to get Laharl's face, like, I, like he's Laharl's rival, but Laharl just totally ignored him. You know? Yeah, Laharl doesn't give him any respect whatsoever. Yeah, there's no respect coming back to him. That, that was all he wanted. He couldn't get any R E S C B D D or something. So, yeah, hilarious. Oh, let's see here. Hey, how did I miss this on the Earth list? Uh, General Carter the adoptive father of Jennifer and acting leader of Earth. I'm trying to remember. Now, that one I don't remember. Yeah, he's not very memorable. He's so memorable. I don't remember. <laughs> this is a game where he has to fight against far more colorful characters, and he's far away the least colorful. That's right. I don't remember him. So looking at uh, some of our heavenly characters, we have uh, Seraph uh, Lamington. The supreme ruler of Celestia, who 
basically orchestrates a lot of schemes events from the shadows. A former friend of Laurel's father. He's kind of, the truth, but he kind of hides that. And yeah, he's the final boss. And for an angel, a really nasty final boss. That for an angel, he's he's very willing to do some evil and underhanded things, huh? Well, you know, ends justify the means, right? Yeah. Well, he's not really evil, but that's kind of the way this game rolls. So. Uh, I mean, you're the demons in this game. I know, right? What about uh, Volcanus? Okay, Volcanus, he's the evil one. He's just so horrible that he's worse than demon in terms of, like, everything. He's arrogant, he's hateful, pretty mean boss, and so forth. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Got some miscellaneous characters down here. We got uh, Hogmizer, a former... Uh, random boss us you meet the first person who you basically you invade his gold-plated castle for cash and at the end you get to choose whether you kill him or recruit him I, killing him is a bad thing don't do it I, li- yeah. I like his son's, son's name Porkmeister yeah you definitely don't want to kill him though he's a good party member yep pretty strong yep uh Madaris this is the evil vampire who's trying to manipulate Etna for his own hands he's also the person who orchestrates the, the Harl's weakness chapter also you choose whether to keep him or recruit him you kind of feel to kill him or recruit him. You feel more tempted to kill him, but still better recruit him. He's actually kind yep. of evil. Okay, we got uh, Baal. Oh, Baal. The supreme evil monstrous overlord, who is the true killer of Laharl's father, and a terrible monster which keeps recurring across Nifanichi's games. And, yeah, you have to fight him. He is a, a really late-game super boss. Like I think he's like the level 1,000 boss. Uh, yes, the level one one thousand. That'll that'll take you a while to get to. <laughs> and what is the maximum level in this game that you can reach? I think nine thousand one hundred ninety-nine, give or take. Yep. Yeah. Which uh, you know, just in case that's not enough for you, and I sure you actually earn those one at a time. If that's not enough for you, we'll talk later about how you can reset that, <laughs> and you'll want to <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, let's after reaching the maximum level or before. Uh, that's a strategy. Either way you choose. Either way you choose. There's a there's a payoff either way. And then uh, the last one on this list, but I don't think it's the last one we'll talk about. I got Big Sis Prinny. Oh yeah, this is the this is the spoiling game I most don't want to talk about. Keep thinking of the Red Moon chapter, my favorite chapter. Mm. Um, and uh, so let's uh let's talk a little bit about Prinnies because they're kind of a character in and of themselves. <laughs> yeah, dude. dude. Dude, we need to do that because we've been tweeting that all week on Twitter, dude. <laughs> I understand they've even spawned at least one PSP platformer, which we can't Two properly PSP talk about. Platform. Okay, I said at least Two. one because I could I couldn't remember. <laughs> Where you have many, many prinnies because they die with the greatest of ease. Yep. These are your weakest and cheapest minions. So cheap that even if you kill them, you can bring them back to life with the simple, easy price of 1 HL. No matter how much damage, 1 HL. (laughs) They're the solution to all of your monetary problems. It's true. Really? Yeah, if you you don't have enough money to resurrect, bring you back some perennies. Um... And, uh, yeah, they're, they're basically what happens when you've done, uh, if you're a human and you've done a lot of bad deeds, uh, then um, to, then you will probably come back to Hades or Hell or whatever the heck it's called as a printing. The world. The Netherworld. You come to, well, even, you can even go be sent to Celestia as a printing. Really, oh, really? Printings are in Celestia? Printings doesn't really care. Oh. It's just, you know. I didn't know there were printings in Celestia. Yeah, apparently they do stuff like laundry and stuff. Oh. They still work like dogs for cheap money, but they at least get... <laughs> Trying to slowly work off their, uh, trying to work off their their All debt. The bad karma All the bad karma, the yeah, they've accrued. Yeah. There's at least one joke I think to scare too about you know how. Let's talk about you know, it, 
the pennies of the netherworld are underpaid and overworked, and the pennies of Celestia are underworked and overpaid. And I like, um, yeah, yeah, and I, I like uh, I, how one of the bosses we'll talk about later on, he basically uh, gets that option to come back and live his life as a printy to make up for all the, the bad deeds he did, creating such yep. a problem also, for your characters. Yeah, and also Baal, you know, the terrible evil overlord, when you kill him, he comes back as a printy. Oh, and it's, the mo- it's, the, it's literally the uber printy. It's, and it's far more powerful than even its previous form. Oh my goodness. Too funny. Are there any characters that you guys want to talk I about? I understand. And NIS has made this. What's that? Well, I just, I just understand that NIS has made the printy its mascot for a reason. <laughs> yes. These lovable, psychotic, explosive things. Be careful when throwing them, because they'll explode. <laughs> uh, they're mascots for a good reason. They're just hilarious. Yes. In this game and going forward, so yeah. Uh, definitely one of the best parts about this game. Hmm. Well, uh, let's move on, and uh, boy, I don't know if we want to dive into this, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive. Well, okay, talk about characters as a brief aside. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them since the Deepnet Post game, but there are actually a couple of characters from Nippon H's older games who cameo in as late-game recruitable. Well, post-game recruitable. Mm-hmm. Just, what's the shout-out? Oh, right, from like, uh, isn't one of like the La Pucelles? Yeah, like La Pucelles uh, is heroine in her evil overlord form. Ah. Uh, wow. The other one is uh, uh, Marjorie, the, the really bouncy sprite from Rhapsody. Yeah. You know, the, the game for little girls, or at least it seems to be with little girls in mind, which has the really bouncy breasts of a sprite, because that's what you go for with little girl audiences. <laughs> N- never mind. That That's what I remember her for. I'm sorry, but it's... Hmm. I should stop you now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. She's in there. We'll take your word for it, Mike. Um, all right. Well, um, let's uh, let's move on to. Oh, I don't know. We'll talk about so many different things. So there's a lot of there's a lot of subsystems uh, that support Disgaea. I think maybe we'll dive into those uh, before we talk about combat. So I'm thinking maybe we'll talk about let's talk about character creation because you definitely so we talked about a lot of the NPCs many of them which can come into your group but they're not the only people who can be in a group because you can create your own demons and even recruit monsters to your team right Yep you can recruit great many things all yes. for the wonderful process of democracy <laughs> So who wants to explain uh who wants to explain this a little bit better from the beginning of the process to the end of the process Okay, I guess I'll just start. So basically, when you fight, you it, it, for every time you kill an enemy, you get this special resource called mana. Mana is assigned to the character who kills the enemy, basically based off how many the levels that the enemy has. So you can take this resource called mana and then take it to a place called the Dark Assembly, where you can then use it to have people then vote on bills based off of you know various things you propo- bills for you to propose. And if things go your way, you get things done. Now. Fortunately, you don't need to go through this complex process. They can auto, they basically auto-approve really cheap requests, mostly in the form of recruiting characters. Because you have to get them to vote to get you even the simplest of characters. Because everything is democratic in the netherworld. Even it's just corrupt as hell. <laughs> but literally, yes. But... Insert political joke here. <laughs> yes. You can actually bribe some of the... the uh, what? You can bribe politicians? Senators. I've never heard of that. <laughs> and also do other things like... Uh, they have like chloroform, so you can put some of them to sleep and things like or that. Or you can give them, slip them some alcohol and make the drama. Yes. That is a little more extreme than what we usually see in our forms of government. <laughs> Or you know, if you're really feeling vindictive, you can slip them a bomb. 
Yeah, that's bomb. that's something you don't see very often, except uh, <laughs> that Arizona Congress lady got uh, the gunman after her. Yeah. yeah, well, okay, that's that. That was a little more comical. upfront and aggressive than bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, she wasn't a giant dragon like level two hundred seventy-three. Slight difference there. Yeah, I. You know, you did your own private army to take that out, which you have. You, which you have. And thus, yes, if the voting doesn't go your way, you always have the option to subdue the Congress by force. My? This, you probably won't win unless you're crazy powerful, but you can always try. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, not my preferred approach, because every time I look over, I'm like, level 800? Really? Level 700? No, that's not happening. <laughs> you guys win. It's so hilarious to watch them destroy you, though, if you try. Yeah. It's like, you know, the best way to see the highest level moves in the game, try fighting the Congress. They'll show them to you. They'll show them to you personally, yeah. They'll give you the grand tour. Too funny. Um, okay. Cool, cool. So yes, after all this complex process, you can create characters. As I said, fortunately, for the weaker kinds of characters, you don't really need to go through this process. But it's still there anyways, for the, if you really want to create a really powerful character early on. Wait, run that by me again? It makes weak characters or powerful characters? Oh, weak characters you can get by without Congress approval, but the if you want to spend a lot of mana to get a really powerful character, you have to get approval, which... Through the whole democratic process, right? Because one probably involves violence, right? Because one thing, uh, one thing you'll see in the game. So all your characters that you create or you get into your party, their level one stats are considered their base stats. And I know the way it works in other discade games where I bothered to look this up. Every level they gain, they gain half their base. They gain fifty percent of their base stat fi- figure over again. So if your strength was uh, ten at level one, at level two it'll be fifteen, at level three it'll be twenty, so on and so forth. So when you spend uh, more mana or whatever in the assembly to get a more powerful character you get more points to spend uh in between the various attributes that are in the game and uh so if you put uh if you were able to let's uh, say get a five point build or whatever and pump five more points in the strength now you start off with 15 points instead of gaining just five points per level you're going to gain seven or eight points per level and so by the time you get up to level 100 that creates a, a much bigger variance um yeah and yeah so yeah if you can afford to create a more powerful character, um, you're like, gosh, geez, I'm, I'm spending all this mana and I only get three more points or five or seven more points? What's so cool about that? Well, that's because it gets multiplied over and over again as you gain levels. Yeah. Early game, you won't quite be able to afford the 5,000 mana you need to get a really good character. So you'll have to go for the good for nothing in the beginning. You have to take three points away from the base stats. Which, yeah, it's kind of nice to move up from that. And we'll talk a, a little bit more about about uh, reincarnation in a second, because that kind of ties in with that. But um, So what classes do you start out being able to pick from? I can't even remember. It's like yeah, it's warrior and warrior, monk. Probably like blue skull, you know, mage. The, they have... You get the three, all three elemental skulls, all three elemental mages. Skulls being the male mage, mages being the female mages. Healer. Priest. I probably could explain that better. Yeah. Healer and priest, which are the male and female healers. Oh, yeah, healers, yeah. So mm, so you got kind of the basics there, and then later on... Yes, yeah, it's scout and thief, I think. I'm not sure if they Oh, yeah. Do you get, like, some kind of gunner class? Yeah, that's the like, scout. Okay. Yeah, and... And there's the archers. And I know... I'm not sure if it's in the base or not. I think it is. I can't tell you, at least in my deep playthrough of Disgaea 4, which took me so long to get through, um, <laughs> I can't tell you how, how valuable that scout out is that the higher movement speed um being able to get to the exits quicker in item world uh and and the gun with its with its really great range even though it can only fire in in a straight only line fire four directions, four directions yeah. but uh between 
the high maneuverability is usually not too high, and and the higher jump rate. She can jump um, higher yeah. distances. Scouts, scouts and thieves are really helpful for just getting around and doing things. Yeah, and I'm always right. Yeah, the um, and in creating your characters, I think one of the things that was kind of interesting, and again, I'm kind of thinking the series as a whole, and my mind can't go back far enough <laughs> to pull out the specifics of what made Disgaea one feel different or not. But in playing later Disgaea's, you know, you've got. You got your attack, which is, you know, feeds into your, you know, usually how well your melee weapons do. Um, you've got uh, defense, which kind of goes against that. So it's kind of cool those kind of counteract each other. You've got um, intelligence, which powers your wizard spells for the most part. You got resistance, which is your defense against magic. So again, kind of... And also healing spells. Yeah. And then that's what's cool about resistance is it fuels healing spells most of the time. And there's a, one or two moves in the later disguise that it finally fuels, which is like, because back, you know, when you're playing a priest, it's like geez even if i pick up some offensive spells my priest isn't very good because while she has high resistance she doesn't have great intelligence um so it was kind of cool at least in later disgaea games where they finally gave us a, a move or two that would tap into resistance uh, offensive move or two i should say that would tap into resistance but yeah it certainly helps out your healing um and then what is it for uh for like guns it's uh accuracy speed. versus speed or well, there's those two stats of speed and hit guns use speed and hit mm-hmm. fists use attack and speed most other things are attack except bows to attack and so you have to pay very close attention when you're when you're getting into your weapon groups and and seeing and paying attention to what stats they tap into as and as well what yeah. stats your what stats your special attacks tap into. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a lot more transparent in later games. This first game, you basically need to talk to that one guy. who will tell you about the weapons that uh, is their castle. It's the only way to figure out all of this. Oh, but. Because you're yeah you're right I would, yeah you're right something I take for granted in later games but you're right probably in the early game it probably didn't even yeah the first game doesn't really tell you in the actual attacks or weapons what they feed off ah it's a later improvement what about the special moves you kind of screwed there I don't too think the spe- I think the special moves are just entirely based off of the weapon stats one ah okay fair enough uh for and which, yeah there's but there's all the different weapon categories you got swords spears axes bows guns and fists ah and staffs too yeah yeah. And each character has a certain skill rate, skill rank in each of these. We're gonna we're gonna bring you right back. Categories. We're gonna bring you right back there, Nathan. Have a little technical uh, difficulty there. We'll just reset his connection. You there, Nate? Yeah. I'm All here. right. So what were you saying? Okay, so where do you want me to start from? You were just getting through that there was different uh, weapons. You listed all the weapons. Yeah, all the weapons. Each and each, for each of these weapon categories, each character can build up a certain rank for their skill, which you know starts at zero. And the more you use the weapon, the more you build it up. And this is really important because the more you build it up, the better you are with the weapons, the more moves you unlock. And for the case of magic staves, the higher you build up the magic staff, the bigger the, earn, or the ranges you can use for spells. So you can go from hitting one square to hitting like 12 squares. Hmm. And um, and then, yeah. and Individual spells and sk- attack skills also have these ranks, which are important to build up too, because the more you build those ranks, again, the more that move is built up. Yes, yeah, the nice thing about this system is you, you know you can just use what you want to use, and those build up, and you don't, you know, it's not like um, you have to use. Uh, where was I going with this? It's not like you have to use the ones that you don't really like or anything to. Uh, yeah, I mean, characters to have certain get to the other skills or anything. Yeah, uh, characters have certain affinities with different weapons. Like Laharl's good at swords. I forget what else he's good at. Edna's good at spears. Flan's good with stabs. I think like Edna's also secondarily good at guns, and I can't remember. But <laughs> uh, what I also love about the, the the whole magic system is when you power up a spell, uh, it gets increased range 
which just keeps going up and up to some pretty ridiculous uh, yeah. levels. And the range, like the level of the spell and the level of their staff stacked together. So yeah. you build both up. You can get pretty ridiculous. Because, you know, yeah. This game oh, yeah. one, this is the game of mages. Just flat out. <laughs> yep. Mages rock. They're the go-to strategy. In this Enjoy game. it while you can. Yeah, enjoy you all again because they nerf them hard in the future. But. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I was like, a, I don't know, 80 hours into Disgaea 4, and it just seemed like even raising my basic ice magic up beyond 5 or 6 was detrimental for the increased magic point cost. It was just going to fly up the, yeah, just, it just, I got nowhere close to the level of magic I did earlier Disgaeas. Yes. I mean, the first escape game, I think I fielded like every kind of mage and used them regularly. <laughs> and it was worth it. Oh, Later yeah. games, not so much. No. Hmm. Uh, and then, and then the one thing you also keep in mind with uh, elemental mages is when you look at the enemies, you can see what they're weak and they're strong against. And almost every enemy has an elemental strength and an elemental weakness along the fire, ice, and wind route there. And then there's and in some random cases, like you know, they'll be either weak to everything or strong to everything because some of them are just generated randomly. And, you know, randomness gets random. Yeah. Yep. But um, uh, but then there's one type of magic, star magic, which ignores all elemental strengths and weaknesses yeah it's kind of hard to get though so you need to get what's that oh just star magic is one type of magic you can't get to start the game mm. yeah you have to work your way towards it um uh remind me time to escape uh let's see here <laughs> so we kind of hit on the classes the monsters did we talk about how they just kind of came off weak in this one Oh, they're very weak in this one. First yeah. off, they're really hard to unlock because, you know, you kill one monster, and the first time you kill a monster, you get the ability to unlock that monster type for your party. However, it costs, like, 3,000 mana at, like, level 2. You're not going to get that. So you need to kill up to 30 monsters of an individual type in order to bring it down to even a reasonably affordable price. So you need to kill 30 <laughs> monsters of one type to, you know, get it to that same price as a normal character. And for that all that effort, you know, they're not really all that great. They don't. They only learn a couple moves. They don't. Their stats aren't all that great. Magic monsters who rely on magic stats are completely useless since they don't even have a weapon that can support them, and they don't learn any spells. They give no real special skills, so they're bad. And when you get to later systems like reincarnation, they get worse. So they're just really hard to use. The game. They're not really worth it. Yeah, there's, there's no real benefit at all to using them. So just don't do it. Yeah, just make some more mages. Yeah, make more yeah, mages and call it a day. Yeah, make more mages, avoid the grind, because monsters are grind-happy for even the most basic use. <laughs> um, so, so when Though you... there are people who do want that. If you want to grind, take on a monster. Yeah, there's lots of ways to grind in this game. There are probably a bit more payoff than getting monsters. <laughs> I'd about to say, yeah, there's, there's much better I'm ways sure... to spend your grindy time. I'm sure if we look on Game Facts, we will find ancient threads of people saying, "Yeah, I ground that monster up to level nine thousand eight hundred ninety-nine, and look at it now! It's totally <laughs> trash. Uh, a level three hundred, dude." That's like you need to go to the deepest item world to even find some of these monsters. They need to do that thirty times. Ugh. Oh man. So what? Uh, so when you build, you know, you get your characters up, and maybe you build yourself a, a team of wizards, of course, with a with a with a rogue thief, whatever they're called, to to be able to get to X as quickly in item world. Um, then, uh, and of course, you got Laharl and Etna and stuff. You know, one of the cool things is when uh, Laharl, let's say, spends some of his mana to create a a character. Uh, who wants to talk about that subsystem that develops as a result? I guess I'll keep talking. Um... 
Yes, when you create a character, the person who does the creating and spends the mana becomes the master, and the person they created is their student. You'd think that because they're called master and student, that the student would receive some benefits from the master. Nope, but totally no. backwards. The <laughs> Nothing makes sense. Because in the because whenever the whenever the student gains to their levels, part of their stats go to upgrade the stats of their master. Also, whenever the student stands next to the master, the master gets to use some of the skills that the student has. So, for example, if Flan stands next to a fire mage she created, she'll be able to cast fire. If she does this enough, she'll learn fire. This... And thus she'll permanently have fire in her repertoire. And this is a very important technique, boys and girls. This is a very important technique. Oh, it's also worth noting, this goes down two levels. So, a master can learn the skill and stats from their students. They can also gain stats from their students' students. So, yeah. There's, you need to go down that far and get the maximum possible stats for your main character. You ask how deep the rabbit hole goes into scale, boys and girls? It goes very deep. <laughs> yes, it does. And naturally, you want to do this because, you know, for example, Flan, she's got a great magic stat. She has no magic spells whatsoever. Teach a few magic spells, suddenly you have the best mage in the game. In the game where mages are the best they'll ever be in the series. At least as far as I've seen. That's right. So, boys and girls, and that means Flan so rocks. So, if you want the most broken character in Disgaea, teach Flan magic. Yep. Teach Flan magic and let the happiness begin. Oh, yeah. Um, She's fantastic. So, uh, so what happens is, let's say, let's say your, your mage, uh, you know, starts off with, her primary stat's going to be intelligence, starts off with the 20 intelligence, whatever and like i said that kind of grows so by the time she's level 100 for kicks and giggles pulling something out of my rear end here let's say she has a 500 or 5,000 intelligence whatever that math comes out to be um so uh let's talk about reincarnation so i'll, I'll take this one because this is my fit one of my favorite little systems here talk about grind happy Discade just encourages it because uh you can reincarnate that character he'll he should start off at level one and usually by the time you've gotten uh so many levels at least the, and correct me if i'm wrong guys because i'm mostly going off a of newer disc knowledge because i haven't played disc one in like seven years and i can't remember how things have changed but uh but usually by that time you've unlocked some more advanced classes so you might have unlocked the instead of the blue wizard maybe you have the prism uh whatever the heck it's called star yeah. star star wizard right, right? Yeah, well, Star, then Prism, then Galaxy. Star, then Prism, Galaxy, right. Now, the cool thing about the Star, the next step up, is that they're naturally going to have slightly higher beginning stats. But then on top of that, especially if you waited a few levels, you're going to have a lot of mana to burn and be able to buy a higher point buy-in. But if that wasn't enough, when you reincarnate a character, I don't know what the exact formula is, but a portion of somehow a carryover of their stats... However far you've grown them, the more you've grown them, the more their beginning stats are going to be. So where a normal... Oh, there's more than just that. Not only is it based off their previous level of stat form stats, there's also a bonus of stats simply by how many levels you've acquired. Yeah, total so, levels. Yeah, that you've... I think that you've totally reincarnated and grinded the character, right? Yeah, it's like, and that total level can go up to sixty-five thousand. It's it's mind-boggling. Jeez. It's just it's just mind-boggling. And, and I've done this. Uh, like I said, I kind of I really got into this into scale four because I think it's the first game that just to get through the main story, I felt like I really had to to exploit that or just get every character up to level two hundred and call it a day, which I wasn't going to do. Um, so yeah, so by the time you do all of that, your beginning stats are substantially higher than even a a brand new star mage or even a prism mage. And so now in that 
that character's gaining levels, she's getting, uh, gaining intelligence much faster. And while that sounds like a choice, like, oh my gosh, it took me, you know, might take you, let's say, 50 hours of gameplay before your characters hit level 80. It might sound, wow, getting to level 80, that's going to be atrocious. But there's so many mechanisms. We're going to talk about that in combat. But there's so many mechanisms to be able to get those characters back up and level quickly that uh, it usually only takes me, when I was at level 80, which took me like 50, 60 hours to get to, but to get them back up to 80s only took me about five hours. Um, yeah, that's not even the fact that a level 40 reincarnated character is probably about as good as a level 80 character who wasn't reincarnated. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really that messed up. So you want to use the reincarnate system, and reincarnate can be used on heroes too, right? Yeah, they can reincarnate. They can't upgrade in class tier, but they can still get better. They can still get better. So yeah, so even in later just games I've been playing recently, yeah, we definitely send everybody through the reincarnation process at least twice. Uh, by the time I got to the end of that game, I think in just scale one, you could probably probably get away with only one. Uh, one go through of reincarnation, but yeah, this game one's a lot more forgiving of reincarnation than later games. See, you know, as you raise up a class and level, you can unlock higher tier classes. In later games, they required so if you never get the third tier class, you need to level the second tier. Mm. This game one, you don't. Mm-hmm. It's level the first uh... tier, you can unlock all of them by leveling up, so you can jump, skip tiers. So oh yeah, that that that, that would make things. Yeah, no, that would make things a lot easier. Um. All right, so let's see here. Reincarnate, and then and then when you reincarnate into a more powerful class, you're going to get like if you're going to go into a star mage, for example, you're going to get those star, you're going to get the star mage access to the star spells, but you're still carrying over your previous spells, right? Yep. So fire mage reincarnate to star mage, well, both fire and star magic. Yeah. There is a slight problem that when you reincarnate, your skills degrade a bit, so you don't get to keep all of your fire magic power. Mm-hmm. You lose some an edge off of it. Mm-hmm. You need to make that up, but you can make it up just by using the character more and using those abilities. Yeah, and one of my favorite things to do on Layers of Scales is to take my mages and to dual, if not try purpose all of them. In in Layers of Scales, it was I don't know I don't it was it what I don't remember the exact requirements in Scale One of getting Prism Mage, but for some reason it felt like it was harder in Layers of Scales. So. Is it? I can't remember. I can't remember. But... I think Prism may just level up any of the ones up to a certain high level. But, yeah. Or you need to level all three? I don't remember. I don't remember, but here, here's the... Here... It might change on the depending game. Here's the, tri- here's the trick, boys and girls. So... <laughs> So what you do is you start off with a fire and a wind mage, for example. Get them up to level 40 when you start unlocking. Maybe the next tier mage, maybe not. Who cares? But then reincarnate them as another element. And next thing you know, you start building basically your own prism mages. Or I would take my healer and dip her into fire mage. So now I've got a fire mage you can heal. And, you know, so mixing these up actually makes sense because you get more flexible characters. If you just rely on one character or two characters to be your your main, you know, quote unquote healers and you're only reincarnating them as more powerful healing classes. Well, if that one or two healer goes down and no one else bothered to pick up healing spells through one of the student methods or something, you're kind of stuck just using items or your SOL. But if you reincarnate people through different classes, then they can have some of those extra abilities on the back burner uh, when you need to get out of a pinch. So uh, there's something to be said for that. Uh, I did it a lot. I just thought it was kind of cool that before people could normally access prism mages that have access to all three elements, which is very handy. Um, I pretty much had my homebrew prism mages. Um, so being able to exploit the enemy's weakness, which almost, as I as I mentioned earlier, almost every enemy has elemental weakness, uh, is a lot of fun and an easy way to take down tougher enemies that tend to yield more experience points anyways. So... Oh boy, so we talked a lot about character creation, we talked about the skill system, we kind of give you some great tips to make a kick-ass party. Well, I guess we can go ahead and move on to the combat. 
Combat in, the combat in this game is pretty darn deep. I mean, at the surface level, especially if you're just looking at box art and stuff, looks like a typical tactical RPG in the vein of maybe even a Final Fantasy Tactics or stuff. You got you got usually the, these 3D rotatable boards that aren't too large, uh, and you're going to go, you're going to be able to actually move all your characters at once. Uh, you got a little home base. They pop out whatever order you want to pull them out of your home base, start going and attacking the enemies, and then when all your you, you get up to 10 uh, characters out for any given battle. Even if you have 20 in reserve, it doesn't matter. You can only pull out 10 for a battle. And if those 10 get defeated, or if 10 of your allies uh, get defeated in a battle, it's over. Um, if one's really hurt, you can go, you can, if you can get them back to the base, you can pull out a, a fresh one on your roster if you have one there. Uh, I've pulled that tactic every once in a blue moon. Uh, but it's really helpful. Yeah, it, it can absolutely be. Um, or if you just see that you need a different person to do the job. Um, but, uh, but uh, but after all of your guys have gone, then the enemies all get their turn at once. And so that can kind of lend to some of your characters dying really fast since it's pretty easy when they take all their turns at once. I mean, you get to do the same thing, but it's pretty easy to do the gang up method and lose. Yeah. 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 So it kind of you trade flow you trade blows back and forth and it always kind of came across to me like an offensive game. I wanted to take out as many of their characters before they get a turn. Yeah, because yeah, I don't want them ganging up on my guys. Yeah, it's like and, if you leave too many enemies alive, you're gonna really hurt when it comes to enemy turn. Yeah, because they will team up on your guys and take out people. They're so cute. Um, they're not really gonna spread themselves out thin. They will gang up on somebody and take them out. And do lots of other nasty things. But luckily, you have a number of tools and things at your disposal. And we've already talked about all the different ways you can level up your characters and get them more skills and more powerful abilities. But uh, putting all of that aside and just talking about what the combat system brings to the table, you got a lot of options right from the get-go, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, for one thing, you can bend time and space. Yay! you can move a character to an action, have them do something, and then cancel <laughs> the action. Okay, you don't, yeah. As long as they themselves don't take the action, they can still participate in other people's actions. The way nature intended. <laughs> yeah, the game basically lets you cheat a little bit, and almost, and I'm pretty sure that one of the tutorials actually shows you how to do this. So it's, I think so. Yeah, so it's not like it's a glitch or anything. They actually intended for you to kind of cheat. 
Yeah, and I definitely feel in some of my later Disgaea playthroughs, um, and even I think in Disgaea 1, I remember this, um, it's kind of like, you really need to do these cheats. You might feel like you're cheating, but it really feels like the game's balanced around you cheating. Yeah. If you don't cheat, you're putting yourself at a severe handicap. Yeah, it's like, if you're not cheating, if you're not taking advantage of everything you can, then suddenly it's the final battle, you're 20 levels out-leveled, and you don't have any options whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. If you are using all this stuff, then suddenly you've got, like, a tower of people, 10 people high, and destroying them in a single attack, as they can only attack, while well, they can only attack 1% at a time. And that's, uh, so that's one of the ways you can quote-unquote cheat, and it's really great. I mentioned uh, earlier about leveling fast. So you can, you can, when you move one character on top of another, you start creating a tower characters, because they'll literally get on, stand on top of the other guy's shoulders. And you can make, you can take all ten of your characters and make one very gigantic tower of characters that you can use to attack anybody within a decent-sized range by the time the, the tower's that tall. Um, and just whack yeah. the crud out of people. And really only the character <laughs> at the bottom of the pile is vulnerable to the, at least to the first enemy attack um, I mean if he dies on the first attack then the next one on the list is going to be vulnerable to mm-hmm. attack but uh, so what the, the the strategy here is put your strong guys at the bottom especially your tanky characters that have defense and resistance stacked on them and then put everybody else on top of him especially your low level people who just reincarnated and go to town and what happens is when a tower defeats an enemy they all share the experience and you can get many levels up. yeah, you can get many levels up with one board uh, through this method. Uh, when you've reincarnated people and you got them over again, level one, and you know you'll rack up the XP and get them up pretty quickly. And by the time, and, and as as you mentioned earlier, Nathan, one thing you'll notice is that by the time you get to the thirty, let's say you got a level eighty party uh, and you've reincarnated some people, by the time you get up to the thirties and forties or so, they're starting to play almost as good as before. Definitely by the time they hit the fifties mm-hmm. and sixties, they're starting to meet and exceed their some of their stats. So. Mm-hmm. At that point, what I'll usually do is I'll just start soloing dungeons with them uh, when I'm going through yeah. item world and just let them get up you know, really quick that way, and they'll start one-shotting everything at that yeah. point. My own personal method for quickly leveling was basically to send them to do all the... You know, in, you know how in the Dark Assembly they have different fights, special fights you can do in order to rank up the, the number of requests you can make? Well, I just run those battles as far as I could with the lowest level characters, and they fight. I mean, it's a bit above their level, and still get a good experience. Yeah, there's uh, so uh, you know uh, we're uh, we'll get into the geo blocks here. One of the other things in the combat is that you have specially colored areas uh, that are dictated by blocks. Right? It's the block that that tells what powers the colored area uh, has. The, it's, I think it's called geo crystal. Geo crystal blocks are later. Blocks are later. Okay. So the geo crystals will say things like defense minus fifty percent experience plus 50% invulnerability. You just know, you never know how these abilities are going to stack up in item world. Uh, we're going to talk about item world in a minute. Gosh, there's a whole other subsystem. But, so, so many subsystems. But when you're in combat, uh, these uh, these areas, these colored areas have uh, have buffs and debuffs, and they're very strong too. I mean, I'm playing Pathfinder where the party's like, I cast a spell and I get a plus one bonus. Well, woo-dee-doo. In Duskea, I stepped on this square and I doubled my attack power. You know? <laughs> um, or I got invulnerability, hell. And uh, and so and another great way to level up is when you ha- run across those boards um, with invulnerability, stick your guy on there and just let him whack away at everything until they die. Or, um, oh my gosh, there's so many different ways to level. It's, it's just incredible.
example. But yes, so the ge- on top of that, if you throw, isn't there a way to destroy the geo crystals to where you can wipe yeah, things out easy? Destroy a geo crystal, or that usually crystal has an effect where it'll change all the co- the, co- the panels, the, the matching panels of one color to another color. So, for example, if a crystal is on the blue panels, but the crystal's effect on destroyed, it turns into red. Then, if you destroy it, then all the blue one panels will turn red. Now you can move that around so it moves from the blue panels to the green panels, so it'll turn all the green panels red instead. And you can set off chain reactions, so it eventually it's the null crystal, which turns them all to blank tiles. And if it destroys everything, you get a giant nice boom out of it. <laughs> and if the enemies have to be on these panels, then they'll take damage for each wave that comes through. And if there's like seven waves and then the following boom, they're probably dead. <laughs> so there you go. And so that's another way to tear out enemies and rack up some XP. And and so in, in the in the normal boards that you pay and that you play through, they're the same every time you you play them as far as the setup goes. So you can go back and well, with one caveat that they're they're, they're the same for the story mode and the same mode. after we come back. Yeah, but they're not necessarily the same between the story fight and when the return fight. Oh, you mean? Oh, yeah. For the okay, makes sense. But um, uh. So when you can go back and you can grind them, you know, over and over again. So if you got a board that had a plus XP block on it or an invulnerability block that you want to exploit, that's pretty easy to do. And then uh, there's ways to we're going to talk about. The, well, we did kind of touch on the whole uh, dark assembly deal. You we mentioned before that you can exploit the dark assembly to affect how your new characters are made. You can also uh, get them to vote on making enemies higher level. And how many of y'all use this to farm a board that had plus XP on it or plus invulnerability? Yeah, I actually used that. Did you? No. No? I just, like, I don't want enemies to be higher level. I'm struggling with ones at the current level. It's always my mentality. Perhaps it's mistaken, but... Wait, wait, so you always made them harder level, or no? No, I, I always kept the lowest difficulty. Lowest difficulty, yeah, yeah. I was kind of disappointed to see there wasn't a way to make everything just automatically weaker than the diff default. <laughs> uh, you can only make everything tougher. Um, yeah, and I'm like you. I didn't quite run around making everything tougher either but i think there was like one or two boards with experience plus experience points where i was getting kind of frustrated and there's this one oh there's this one board where you have like a group of enemies in a three by three or a four by four formation perfect for my overpowered mages to level extremely quickly so i would go to the dark assembly after they had farmed them so much they weren't getting much xp and raised their levels and gone back and kept farming them because yeah those guys were just awesome beat the crud out of with my overpowered mages to make them even more overpowered yeah just kind of crazy um, so one of the things, so one of the things that I found was a little frustrating though, is you've got all these options. We haven't even touched on them all yet. We haven't touched oh, on them. Okay. Before we go too far, can uh-huh. I just go back to some of the throwing shenanigans? Oh yeah. Sure. Throwing. Oh, we haven't even talked about throwing. You know, yeah. We talked about stacking, but once you got them stacked, how do you get them down? You got to throw them. Yeah. The thing is that, you know, because you can always pick someone up and throw them. Sure. Whether it's an ally or an enemy. I mean, you can't hold enemies above you without taking damage, but you can always pick them up and throw them. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff, like throw allies to a stack, throw the whole stack to so get far more movement than you can normally get in one turn wait but you can hold an enemy over you if you're willing to take the damage oh yeah 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 you just take some damage okay. even while the enemy is trying to bite your arms off you can just do that yeah, yeah. Okay. it's a good way to keep an enemy from attacking on a turn which you just don't can't afford it attacking yeah yeah the, uh, the damage is more is more predictable and moderate than if the enemy pulls out special super move out of his rear end that decks six of your characters I mean, if it's a crazy powerful boss, I'll probably lose the person holding it, but I'll still keep them from attacking that turn. Right. And I mean, there are crazy bosses that will take down five of your characters if they're close enough. Lifting them up only gets rid of one of your characters. Small sacrifice. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, this game is all about managing who's dying. That's right. Yeah. You can't stop them exactly. from dying. It's managing who's dying. I like that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna tweet. That. I'm gonna. In fact, I'm gonna tweet that right now. Just scare. <laughs> it is the Nether World. Everybody's already dead, right? Crap. Now I can't <laughs> well, find my mouse to tweet. They're demons, if not dead. The pretties are dead. So. Pretty sure I've used that lifting tactic to beat the last boss in every one of these games that I finished. <laughs> it it is really big helpful against the final bosses. Also, yeah, it really is. There's other kind of stuff you can do, like you can throw one enemy that begins at another enemy, and you know, if the enemies are the same type, they'll fuse together into a higher level enemy, and this can be useful for AEXP grinding. Or if you're feeling a little more gutsy, you can throw the enemy onto your own base panel, at which point it'll invade your base panel, and everyone in, who's not currently in battle will fight it. And, you know, if it's not in a plot fight, there's a chance of recruiting enemy monsters in the units this way. Uh, guys, I'm sorry, well, to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I need to make sure I get this call right. Tuskea is all about managing... Who's dying? Who, which uh, wait isn't it more elaborate? Like who's dying on your? No, guess just who's dying. Well, yeah, but the implied on your team. It's like all right on your team. I don't know. Phrase it how you want. Uh, yeah, on your out. team is right. important. Gotta, gotta make sure I get the quote right. It's going up on, on tweet right now, it's, it's, and it's getting it's Nathan put on it. About who on your team is dying? Are you on Twitter? Yes, I'm on. I've got Twitter. What's uh? What's your at name? Twin Pollen. When? Oh, gosh, jeez, what are you not one of my friends or something? Okay, finally came up after like twelve characters. <laughs> All righty, there you go. You're you're up there, man. All one hundred nine <laughs> of my followers, man. They saw that. This is gonna crash Twitter like Ellen did on Oscar night. There you go. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Too funny. Um, anywho, throwing shenanigans. I have to admit, I never thought about using it. I'm, I'm glad you guys have brought this up now that I've thrown my controller at the screen in frustration during numerous boss battles. Uh, usually now in Disgaea, I just learn to level way up. Uh, but it never occurred to me to hold the boss up in the air. Because you're right, that would be less <laughs> devastating. And that final, I, I just got through the final fight in Disgaea 4. And that boss, the first couple of times, yeah, just comes right up and whacks down five characters at a time. No problem. Has this move that covers like a kajillion squares. Uh, that that's just gravy yeah it would have been much much better if i had just simply found some lackey to pick him up managed to die properly i love that quote now that that's <laughs> it that's it's all about managing who's dying in Disgaea. probably wouldn't have had to grind like an extra 12 levels if i had figured that out early Disgaea's is not for dumb people boys and girls like me just saying so throwing uh did you talk about throwing them into your home base or am i thinking la pucelle yeah it's doing so yes, did kind of, okay i was too yeah, busy like, tweeting yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I got, got quite to the part where saying, you know, be careful with this because, you know, either you'll your backup party will defeat them and you'll capture them, or they'll defeat your entire backup party and destroy your base panel, cutting off your reinforcements and giving you one hell of a hospital to help the me die. Could they level up if they the guys in the base if you were doing that? I don't remember. Maybe I didn't use that oh, a whole lot. I tried it and found out that it got removed into scale four because I couldn't throw people in my base. Really? That's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, so yeah, throwing enemies can be extremely helpful. Um, I, I you know, so uh, boy, jeez. Uh, okay, we'll get into item world in a bit. We're still just focusing on combat. <laughs> jeez. Um, throwing enemies is helpful. Throwing your friends is helpful. Boy, how many? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes just getting your friend in position, you have to throw them. Especially you're dealing with a melee character mm-hmm. or something, and you want to get them up to the front real quick. Uh, that's been helpful. Yeah, or if, like if you want to yeah. get an item world, just get to the entire item world really fast. Did one big throwing change? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at, as the series goes on, I don't think it's 
as true in no, the original. No. But as the series goes on, there's a lot of maps that were yeah, you to use. They got smart. Throwing. Yeah, they yeah. got smart. Um, we'll talk about that uh, with item world discussion. Yeah. So, boy, okay, is there anything else with the battle system that makes Saskia stand out that we're not thinking of? Um, special attacks can be really flashy and powerful, I guess. That's all I can Yeah, think. they're very anime-influenced when you do some of these special moves, and they're re- it's kind of like... Uh, five- more than just the influence, often they're just kind of random shout-outs to random anime, I guess. Yeah. Funnily, funnily enough, I seem to remember Disgaea got its own anime. Hmm. It did. Yeah, it did, but it wasn't very good from what I hear. It was. It's good enough, I but see. then I don't watch very much anime, so I'm probably not the best judge. What I've, I've heard is I that if you like the if you like the game, you'll be somewhat entertained, and if you don't, then you'll probably just be huh? what? What's going on here? They at least got the same voice cast, so it's not it's not as weird because it doesn't really follow the same story. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I admit all I really know about it is the fact that they created a really fancy trailer for the anime, which has absolutely nothing to do with the anime itself. Yeah. <laughs> This is the trailer. It's actually from the Sky Two disc, I think. Hmm. Um, Let's see. So, anything, yeah, we... anything else about the combat that uh, mm-hmm. that were kind of? There's so many things. Sometimes did it can we, be easy to forget. Did we, did we tackle combo attacks? We did, right? Um, not really. We actually, character. Why skip that? Next to each other, they attack. Yeah, yeah, and your percentage is based like if they're friends or if they're students, you'll have a higher percent chance than if they're just come kind of complete strangers. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And, and using what app said earlier it wasn't unusual for me to have like uh you know have a you know have a guy that i want to attack a bad guy so i have laharl who wants to attack a bad guy then i'll bring out laharl's friends and surround him with his friends have laharl do the attack but since the friends had just moved and not actually done anything they just assisted in the attack and got a free assist attack now i can hit cancel and have them do something completely different Yeah. Or in fact, Paul is a different person entirely instead of that person. Or, yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, just just cheating left and right, boys and girls. Do it. Because Laharl said so. Um, because the game lets you, right? Well, the game lets you and encourages you to be... The ge- yeah, the game encourages you. Yeah. Is it really like, cheating if the game tells you here is a way to win that will pretty much seal the day? But you'll feel... Uh, no, but it, you'll feel guilty the entire yeah, well, time. It's it's definitely cheating, but you don't forget this is a game about where you being demons, so it's okay. Yeah, right. But by, by that strange logic, it, the more demonic you are, the more uh, dishonest and deceitful you can possibly be, the more yeah. faithful you are to the demonic cause. This is actually yeah, really true. strongly reinforcing the scare too, actually. But <laughs> we'll get there and we'll get there. So, all right. So let's move over to a new subsystem. Uh, going back, let's focus just to finish up with the Dark Assembly. We talked about how you can use it to build new characters. We even talked about how you can make you can get them to vote to make the enemies harder. Uh, wasn't there a couple of other things you could use them that was game influencing? Yeah, you can do stuff like printy days for printies to get more experience, or bonus days, or also they can open, unlock bonus chapters, and optional areas, and post-game content. You have to you have to vote on all of those. And there's not too much in the original, but more, later games add a few more things. Can you unlock but, the the dragons? I mean, you get Flan and you know who can summon a dragon, and yet that never really seems to come up gameplay-wise. Because she doesn't even have any attack abilities right away, does she? No, she can only heal. Unless yep. you abuse the master system to turn her to the ultimate page. <laughs> Do it. Abuse it, boys and girls. <laughs> All right. Well, then we'll... But, well, go ahead, Naps. Did you have something? I was going to say, but it, she could turn her into the ultimate mage, but she should be anyway because 
I don't know. Because you fight her as a boss, and yet you get her and she has no attack abilities immediately. Just kind of weird. As a boss, she has no attack abilities. Pretty hilarious. She doesn't? I, I don't remember. I just remember that. I don't that remember dragons, Rebel either. Which is the pain. The dragon's pretty nasty. Yeah. The dragon's pretty nasty. Well, there you go. There you go. It's all about the dragon. You beat you beat her, and you get her, and she can't make dragons. She can't make dragons. Very dis- Sucks. Very disappointing. Sucks. All right. Um, moving on to, let's talk about item worlds. So we talked about before, um, there are a couple of pa- ways to make your character more powerful, including reincarnation yeah. and students and stuff. stuff. But we've got but an item system, right, it's Nathan? It's still an RPG. So it's still an RPG. So in the end, they got equipment. You buy stuff from Rose and Queen. And yeah, it's like you buy better stuff and replace your old stuff and get new stuff and they all have funny little flavor text. But if really buying something isn't good enough, sometimes you just need to dive into the item world, the vast cosmos that exists within each item, and by going down to the item, you can level it up. And as you yeah. level it up, it gets stronger. Level up! And there's different, different rarity types of items. There's common, uncommon, and rare, and the rarer it is, the bigger its item world. And if you go deep enough, you can fight the item gods in the depths of the item worlds and get steal the ultimate weapons off of them. All that kind of stuff. Level and awesome. Each floor, each floor of these worlds is a randomized, procedurally generated dungeon that can sometimes be very unfair. <laughs> but you know, some some of them you will. You'll like. I mean, you'll be going through some. You'll be so as you get deeper, the levels get higher, and so you'll learn to get a feel for. Okay, I, I can kind of go this deep till I you know start running into issues if I'm going to fight things along the way. But there will be times where you'll be like, uh, you know, you'll come across even when you think you're well within your level range, you'll come across a board that'll make you go, oh crap. Either the enemies are much, you yeah. know, much tougher than you expect to be, but more than likely, the, just the way the board is set up and the geo crystals, whatever set up, makes the enemies insanely much more powerful than they normally would be. Yeah. And suddenly, you find yourself looking for a Mister Jinsey exit. Yeah. Did, did we talk about the geo panels at all? Yeah, and the com- um, comic kind of, no. sort of. Yeah, he talked about how they get rid of them all, <laughs> and we talked about how they have different yeah. effects. Yeah, we kind of went through them. Yeah, it's basically okay. just colored panels on the ground, crystals placed on them with give effects. Actually, pretty simple, really. It's just yeah. it's fiendish, and you see the actual implementation within the item world. Oh yeah, yeah. So they really take center stage uh, in the item world and can change, make any battle much harder or much easier. I mean, there's also been times where I know I was getting in over my head in item world, but it was just crossing my fingers that the geo layout or whatever would be to my favor. And yay, there's invulnerability blocks or things that I can exploit to uh, be able to yeah, get through those vulner- boards. Invulnerability block. It's like, you know, Murphy's Law. If there's the possibility of an enemy being on both an invulnerability block and enemy boost times three, eventually it will happen yeah. and it'll ruin your day. It'll ruin your day. Oh, and don't lift. That'll be the be- that'll be the third one on it. Don't lift so you can't lift up the enemy and throw oh, yeah. them off. Because normally that's the way I deal with the- enemies on invulnerability blocks. You just pick them up and throw them somewhere else. Yeah. But not if they don't have, not if they're, not if the geo whatever thingy also has don't lift on it. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, if it's both invulnerable and don't lift, you can't do a thing to an unfriendly geo block combination. Yeah, so. and you can't destroy the the geo crystal either, right? Because the geo crystal also has those oh, characteristics. It's also, invulnerable. it's also invulnerable. So yeah, think about that, boys and girls, next time. But yeah, so item world can certainly feel unfair. But as uh, so, when you're going down the depths of item world, there's generally two ways to clear each floor. One is the clear all the enemies along the way, and number two is just make it to the exit and through throwing people and having a rogue or two in your party, getting to the exit's not usually too hard. I say usually. Yeah, on the, on the way, there's also occasionally things called innocents, which are random enemies you gotta say, you have to save, or you have to kill them. I can't remember which. You want to kill them. 
okay, you want to kill them before the enemies before the enemies kill them. Kill them. Yeah. yeah, and those are important. And by doing so, you, by doing so, you tame them, and each one has special abilities to give the weapon. And once you tame them by defeating them in the item worlds, you can move them around within your weapon list. Right. So you can move off of one weapon and into a different weapon. I think the only thing that bothers to credit on me about those is they have names like. Okay, Instructor, I kind of figure out, probably helps my XP growth rate. But some of their names, I don't know exactly what it helps to boost until I move them around or play around with it a little bit. I, I just feel yeah, like it'd like, be so much handier if they just said, this guy boosts your resistance on your weapon. I, I don't understand yeah, why it's, it's got to be so secretive. It's very goose at times. I also was not paying attention and spent the longest time just making sure the enemies didn't kill them, but not killing them myself. Don't! Yeah. So basically wasting time yeah. in the other world. Yeah. Once once oh. you have them tamed, then you have the ability to move them from weapon to weapon or if it's the same in scale 1 as it is in 3 and 4, you can combine them if they're the same type. And that's 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 great because yeah you start putting together like XP stat boosting instructors and you pile them on the one weapon and you give that weapon to the guy or the piece of armor to the guy that you're trying to level up. Uh, or well, my kind of target ones are the ones that boost the weapon skill growth rate. Considering that's so hard to build up, but it's so mm, important. There you go. So if you ever want to get the EDF soldiers, you need to build up a gun to like level 15 and that's oh, really oh my gosh oh my gosh guys i have to have a take back i have to have a go oh go back i'm sorry go back just going back to the characters real fast i know what we forgot to talk about prism rangers oh, oh yeah. how can we forget that oh my god that was boy we were gonna get turned into printies for forgetting that <laughs> holy cow prism rangers prism rangers oh my gosh uh who wants to talk about prism rangers everyone okay go apps go talk about prism rangers <laughs> Uh, they're basically a hilarious parody of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which makes how them much uh, more, which... how much more in depth than the Axum Rangers from Mario RPG? Um, uh, a bit. I okay. don't. I'm, it's been a long time just... since I played. Since I played less Mario. more comically incompetent. Yes. I mean, like they're the Prism Rangers, but they start with only three guys, and they know like we don't have enough colors, and they spend a lot of the rest of the series trying to find more colors. Oh, jeez! And how they many don't do they succeed. have by the end? I think I, they I have think fewer by the, by the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really have to work to be that bad. That's too fun, and they're just so hilarious. It's just guys, yeah. you got to go and play this just to. All right, so going back to. <laughs> we talked uh, so we talked yeah so the lower you get in item world when you finally get out of item world which i believe you can only get out every 10 levels or if you yeah, got every a, 10 levels they, okay, every 10 levels you find a special enemy which is called like an, I think an item, item general item general uh-huh. yeah uh, item generals is every 10 level every the third level mark you the item king i think if you basically defeat these enemies you get a special bonus to the power of the item but you can also sidestep them and ignore that bonus yeah and if you get the very bottom you can fight item gods at level 100 for only the rarest items and those i think are pretty tough but i've never been gutsy enough to go down to 100 levels in items so me neither yeah. Yeah, me neither. I didn't need to do it to beat the game, so yeah. If I don't need to do it to beat the game, then I just and and, and uh, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. So, anything else we're forgetting about? I um. So, I mean, any. So okay. I think we talked about just about all the support systems now. How to make your characters more powerful. And I mean, in, 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 in conclusion, just to wrap this little subsection up, 
that's what it's you know that's what Disgaea does it brings you it, it just brings you all these different systems that when you start thinking about putting your mind to it, you're like oh well maybe this could be broken if I did this wow this really sounds you know I could really bust out if I do this once you start playing it you start seeing wow magic is really like this and da 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 yeah. it starts you start wheeling and dealing in your head and start coming up you know with these plans and stuff and and that's what the, how the game tempts you that's the carrot that dangles in front of you um, it's I mean, crazy. Uh, we're gonna bring Ben Nathan here for a second. Uh, what did you say, Nathan? Uh, for my part, it's the you know when I first saw this game's mechanics, I thought you know this game's kind of simple. It doesn't really have a lot of the fancy stuff I expected to like, from say Final Fantasy Tactics. But the more you look into it, the more you get into it, it's like this is not a simple game at all. No, it's no, not at all. No, and um, and so uh, yeah, so that that is probably how, how much of what's in Disgaea can clearly be traced to La Pucelle? You know, I've never really played La Puchel, so... You know, I, La Puchel, I played it through. I couldn't tell you only because La Puchel was a game that I could straight shot through without any really sort of real grinding. I got through La Puchel pretty quickly. So I mean, I know, if those system, I know like the color prism systems are in there. Color prism systems, yeah. Randomized uh, bonus worlds are taken from it. I mean, it's basically an improvement off of those. But, but I hardly really spent any time in it because it was it was something I didn't have to spend a lot of time, in, you know, explaining those systems. So in in Disgaea, this is a really cool, you know, this is a really cool thing. You've got so many different ways to power up your characters and so many things you can exploit. But it can also be a bit overwhelming. It can also be a drawback. Where uh, so let's let's wrap this up with some of our. Cl- Including thoughts. I'm gonna go around the table because I think each one of us has a more in-depth story now. Now that we've talked about all the different pieces, let's talk about it each as a whole and what our experiences was with Afternoon of Darkness as our first experience for most of us in this series of games. So I'm thinking, let's start with Mr. Apps. Mr. Apps, why don't you tell us your Disgaea story since you confessed that you have not beaten this jewel, this crowning jewel of RPG awesomeness. <laughs> Uh, well, this was technically the first game in the series I bought. I didn't play it originally. I got it on PSP and started dabbling a little bit. And, you know, it it's kind of hard starting off in this game. Uh, it's, um, you know, once you know the mechanics, you can start any of these, and it's pretty easy. But it just kind of getting a handle of it is a bit hard, especially if your only real experience with one of these games is uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. So I had a rough go of it, but not too long after that, I ended up getting a PS3 and picked up Disgaea 3 to go along with it. Uh, Well, maybe not right away. But uh, that was one of the first major games I bought for the PS3 and ended up playing that one a lot more because it was a lot more polished. And just over the years, I've found it continually harder and harder to attempt to finish Disgaea 1. Which is also because that game requires a lot more grinding than some of the other ones, from my experience. And just, it's... Four has it seems a bit Just telling you four has it, it, Uh, no. I do not agree with that. It took me almost twice as long to beat four as it did one. I beat four in, I think, shy of 40 hours, and I'm pretty sure I put at least 40 hours into one and have not beaten it. Um, it's probably because you're more familiar and stuff with the mechanics now, and mm. I'm just, I, I just, uh, it, uh, it, it seemed I mean, like, four, it seemed like in... Four, if you need to do grinding, you can just create a little map and do so really quick. Create a little map? Boy, that is super cheating. Yeah, because it's cheating. got a map editor. <laughs> that is super cheating. Okay, that's how you did in 40 hours. Wow, that, that brings cheating to a whole new level. Really? 
Well, I mean, I only... Re- well, this, the case for that was I only need to do that for the last chapter. I've had to do that... That's how all the Disky... Grinding, like, every in every chapter in the first one. Mm, I, okay, I'll wait for my turn to talk. I had a different experience. But other than that, uh, I mean, th- there's a lot of fun to be had in the story, and but there's lots, also lots of, like, meandering where it's just like, okay, this is pointless, can we just move on and i just think the original's kind of is kind of poorly paced not as well balanced and polished and everything but uh there's still a lot of good parts about it so even though i didn't finish it i would definitely uh recommend people give it a try um have you tried you know, did you did you tr- obviously were you doing it on your ps2 or psp psp okay but obviously i always point people to 3 or 4 to start off with because, you know, as good as this game I'm sure was at the time, thinking back on what else was available at that time. Um, 2003? Just... What, what was in the tactical market then? Uh, Premission 4. Even... Oh. <laughs> just, uh, just going off of... Uh, yeah, yes, Shining Force uh, That's a couple <laughs> years too early, and you have committed to the cardinal sin of even considering that among good company, Mr. Apps. You should know better, good sir. You are hey, good from to think about that okay. game tonight. Come on, it's a good game. I'm not talking about From Mission 4. I'm okay. talking about Shining Force Neo. Neo. Ah. <laughs> okay. Definitely not the one. The one. I will not dispute this claim. Okay. So, yeah, this guy one's definitely better than a lot of those games at the time, but uh, I think just from obviously kind of going backwards, it it's kind of just tough to go through, and it doesn't have a lot of. Uh, I know the other ones you can't like completely abuse mages and whatnot, but um, apparently you know. can abuse creating your own board, so that makes up for it. <laughs> Dustin Four, <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I just found this one just really hard to get through, and there's a lot of really... And also the map design got a lot better as the series went on, so there's a lot of really boring maps in this where it's just, okay, here's here's a flat area, here's some enemies, bleh, and, you know, like three and four especially, um, I guess with more memory to work with being on the PS3, they do a lot more interesting things with the maps, so... Um, yeah, I just still, when I try and go back to it and try to move closer to the finish, have trouble with it. But, you know, there's lots of fun story moments, so, you know, it's, de- I, I wouldn't call any of it really a, a complete waste of my time, because there's, it, it's still, it's still a good game. Okay. How about, uh, how about you, um, Mr. Nathan? Well, it's, you know, I really like Out of Dark, a fun game, I it takes a while to get through. It definitely, I will say that I agree that yeah, the games get more polished as they go on, which we'll talk about. But still, you know, this is still one of my favorites. Just because I think this is some of the stories, some of the best in this one, for me reasons. But I don't know what to say. Now, did you but, did yeah. you indicate that you had uh, on your first run through that you had originally yeah. quit? Well, this game is one of those games, kind of like Vagrant Story, which is I first tried it. Things went disastrously. I kind of swore <laughs> off of it and only got back to it much later and realized, oh, hey, this is a really good game. Once I, you know, stopped getting to terrible debts to the hospital. Uh, yeah, 
it took a while to really grow on me to get past the grind, but it's a good game. I really like it. There's a lot yeah, to like about it. That's, that's a good point about this first one. It's the most brutal with the hospital bills early on. <laughs> yeah. It's like early on, it's really hard to pay those hospital bills unless you've lost money. Damn hospital bills. It's just like real life. It's like real life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Minky and I were on the same page there. <laughs> Uh, I was just watching, totally unrelated, I'm sorry, but I was just watching, a, when I was working out today, I was watching a news uh, broadcast that was saying that uh, that uh, the cost of having a baby through the, the natural way is like um, tripled since uh, 10 years ago, and the cost to do it through C-section has quintupled. So yeah, those costs are not getting any cheaper. And and the best part is they don't know why, aside from perhaps hospital greed. But there's no real strong indicator saying, yeah, it did need. You know, there was just you know, there's suddenly a shortage of doctors or supplies or something that totally makes this make sense. No, other than you know, trying to screw insurance companies, they can't figure it out. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah, I just try to throw that out. Phil, yeah. I, I think I have the exact explanation why that's happening. Because they're all printies. Because demons have taken over demons, our healthcare. Yeah, taken over the healthcare. Exactly. Oh, oh, I get that. Good one, Mike. Good one. A little political humor. That's we throw that in for free on the RPG backtrack. Now, <laughs> the, the only thing we're not going to do is define exactly what spectrum of the political aisles we fall on. No. So you have to. Guess. You have to guess, right? Um, uh, uh, after all, you have to be one side of the political spectrum in order to cast aspersions upon politics, right? Uh, theoretically. Maybe, maybe not. So, nah. Did you, did you, uh, did you play Disgaea yet, Minky? I haven't, actually. All right. I'm sorry. So that's okay. Uh, we'll go on to my story. So I played through it the first time, and I think a little bit truth in, or a little, not truth isn't the right word, a little agreement there in what both of y'all have said as far as, you know, because it isn't exactly the most refined uh, experience out there. It was their first attempt, you know, and it, things didn't feel so super balanced and stuff. I got a little frustrated specifically towards the last few chapters where the enemy levels really seem to start picking up steam between each board. Cause I'm kind of going through like La Pucelle, uh, Puchel, whatever, where I'm, where I'm just going through board after board, after board, getting fed story at regular intervals. And then I hit this, this brick wall of needing to level or power up my characters. Cause now they're suddenly getting creamed really hard. And that was kind of discouraging. Um, I, now I knew that item world existed, uh, that there were ways to reincarnate. I didn't know exactly what reincarnating did. I kind of glazed through that section. I think they throw so much at you towards the beginning that yeah, it's a lot to take in really early. Yeah, on. it's a lot to take in, and since you don't really need it early on, um, it all gets put into the back burner of your mind until like hours and hours later when you hit this brick wall in your working, you know, full time job and stuff. It was just like, okay, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, hey, you know, God of War that looks like fun. So, <laughs> you know, got put on the back burner but then now later on uh you know one thing i've learned to do at least for me i'm, I'm kind of an impatient gamer sometimes uh, especially with my limited free time but i'm like okay i'm gonna do this game again but this time i'm going to approach it on its on its terms understanding that this brick wall um exists not brick wall but this ramp up in levels is, is going to be there towards the end so that time when i got close to that level i went back and exploited some of those you know plus xp boards or things like that did some extra grind them uh did some item leveling and things like that and then i was able to cruise through and peruse through those boards and finally complete the game and probably got the bad ending from what i understand because i accidentally hurt one of my killed one of my characters probably multiple times i think i read that afterwards too uh nathan we i think we were talking about that off the air no we did talk about that on the air 
year. We talked about it multiple already. endings. Apparently, one of the bad ones. Yeah, and I think I read that on a game fact after I beat the game. And I went up to look up. Okay, so what were the other endings? Oh yeah. crap! Yeah, that was me <laughs> killing off my own people, <laughs> sacrificing yeah. the few to serve the many. You know, uh, so yeah, the needs of the whatever. So yeah, so yeah, it was kind of a it's kind of a mixed bag. And you know what? I've had that experience. I've experienced that t- same frustration and needing to realign some of my expectations in future Disgaea's as well. That level ramp that happens towards the last, you know, one, two, or three chapters yeah, is, it's, it's existent. I mean, I just got through Disgaea 4, and not only do the levels suddenly really pick up some speed there, but they, they start giving you S-ranked enemies whose stats are substantially higher than the level 100 <laughs> enemies you might fight in Item World. So suddenly, it's not good enough to just be the same level or a little bit higher, and maybe you're kicking level 100s in Item World, but in the story mode, that no longer is good enough because you got S-ranked enemies now. So yes, your choices are to either, you know, try to grind out 50, you know, maybe 20 or 30 or 40 more levels, which is, you know, when you're pushing up your maximum level, that's a little bit harder, or exploit some of the systems, the item world and stuff like that. And so that's what I got into the habit of doing um, with Disgaea 3 and then on to Disgaea 4 is just using and utilizing those systems more and playing the game the way that they're really trying to push you to, which is cheat and use reincarnation and use those subsystems and get your characters to be crazy powerful because you're going to need it. Yeah, when you get to that final boss, you're definitely going to need it to be able to take even one hit from him. So... Uh, so yeah, once I learned, once I learned to bring that expectation to the table, it, it was able to get through, uh, get through those final few chapters. One thing I really liked about, and the reason why I went back to Disgaea 1, and, and why I went back to Disgaea 3 after I put it down, <laughs> and why I stuck with Disgaea 4 this time and didn't put it down, is because the character interactions in each of those, in all of the games, is just so much bloody fun, and I'm dying to see what the next cutscene is. To me, that was more important than the plot, and more important than the ending. So, I just love watching them jab back and forth, and kind of growing a little little bit and uh and and there and they'll make me laugh the prism ranges when they first came out i almost fell out of the couch <laughs> i was just like slapping my knee and everything and the cat's looking at me funny you know like what's he laughing at he's he's playing a video game what's so funny about that but this is one of those games like ratchet and clank where the humor is just in there and i'm dying to see what they're gonna say next so um I would definitely say uh, there are better if you only have time to experience we'll, we'll do a final wrap up at the end as far as what our favorite ones are I think we you know some of us would may would might agree it's not the best one but if you got time you know definitely jump into it it's, it's worth your money and um, I haven't played the one on the PSP but um, my personal recommendation after playing the Vita version of Disgaea 3 is Disgaea is awesome as a portable game but in the in, hey uh, Mike in the in the PSP version were they able to get in the voice acting Yes. Yes. Oh, getting a little okay. robo mic <laughs> there. I'm gonna try to reboot his uh, connection there, but it sounded like he said yes. It just sounded like Optimus Prime when he said it. Uh, so that's cool. I think. No, he, he sounded more like uh, Megatron. Megatron. <laughs> yeah. Mega. Better. Oh, much better. Yeah. Just had a reset. Okay. So uh, yeah, you said the voice acting was in there, Mike. Yes, I think believe it's all in there. That would be probably the biggest concern for me. I mean, obviously the graphics aren't the the, the strong suit of it. We didn't even really touch on that too much, but uh, graphics in Disgaea one, two, and to some extent three, pretty bloody similar in quality. And and and, and yeah. yeah, by the time you're like Disgaea but, three, like really? well, you you can look at the screens and you'll probably go, this is not pushing the PS2 or the PS3 to its no. zenith. No. Yeah, it's, honestly, <laughs> I don't think it really pushed the PSP that much. <laughs> well, okay, the thing about the Disgaea games that, you know, if people knock the graphics, I guess we'll get to this later, though, but... I mean, you can, you you can know, talk about it now, because it kind of affects the, all of them. 
Yeah, things like, you know, people, I guess not, it's Effects 3 in particular, but people knocked the Scale 3 for not really pushing the graphics to what they expected. But you know what? The Scale 3 is a game that did, could not work on the PS2. It's like these games have a lot of stuff going on in the background that makes them a lot harder to, for this, these consoles to run than you'd think. No, I absolutely agree, especially on 3, which we'll talk to when we get there, because they just needed more memory for that game. And a lot of what, you know, I... I there, it's not like there was a middle system between the two and the three for them to put it on. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but uh, as far as the Disgaea series as a whole, let me speak to that for just a moment because I feel it's so relevant here. So, what? Uh, there was an interview on IGN recently. I, I posted a link on a thread at rpgamer.com. And what's really you've been reading IGN interviews again? I Phil. know, but they're so in depth. I mean, they know the heart of the gamer. Have you seen the reviews? They're spot on every single time. Well, that's true. Thank you. We always go to IGN, IGN for our reviews. Don't absolutely, yeah. No sarcasm here. Wink, wink. So anyway, I just happened to catch it, not because I read IGN on a regular basis. I'm sure it just fall, fl- fell into my Twitter feed or something. But it was an interview with I forget what his position is, a high up position there in the company that makes Disgaea. Uh, what's that? NIS. NIS makes Disgaea? Yep, NIS. Okay, sure. I'm so bad at these names. Anywho, what what really struck me was he said, you know, because uh, one of the interview questions was, hey, are, are you going to try to expand? You know, you've been successful with these games. Are you going to try to push out there because you're clearly serving a niche market? And he said, you know, so we're trying to do that. We're trying to build a uh, – he said, we totally know our audience. We know what makes them happy. They may not be the biggest audience. And, yes, they are a niche <laughs> audience. But we know what makes them happy. And we're going to continue to cater to them and make the best possible experiences for them. We don't care about everybody else. We're not trying to cater to the world. We're keeping them happy. And I totally applaud that. And and when you understand that passion that they have for, for us, that like tactical deep type of RPGs, um, it's really cool. It just it does mean that part of that limitation is because their studio isn't constantly growing. Like let's say, oh, I don't know, someone who's always trying to make the graphics better, Square Enix. You know that that also. Wait, Square Enix is still growing. Yeah, well, maybe not anymore. Um, <laughs> Problems of acquisitions. Yeah. Maybe. Like, yeah. They're eating items stuff like right. that. Right, and I mean, growing. You know, Final Fantasy and the growth of that series is a complete contrast to the Disgaea series. Final Fantasy, they hit big with Final Fantasy VII, and what happened after that was they were constantly trying to recapture that bigger audience and obviously graphics were a big part of that so they continue to push the technical envelopes and unfortunately you know some of their future you know later on games kind of stumbled in other areas because they lost their focus in is they don't focus much on graphics they don't keep getting bigger they focus on this gameplay mechanic they came up with in the and tightening up with each iteration as we're going to talk about here um, about the future Disgaea. to sooner or later. No, no, it's well, well, it's still early. Well, before we fi- <laughs> before we finish the first game, let's just get it out there. How is the PSP version different from the original? Uh, it's not really. Okay, I think they added a new playable character of Planair. Like she's a cameo uh-huh. character who shows up in all the skate games, but does or the DS version that they're playable? One of those. And I know, yeah. I know with uh, the Vita version of Disgaea Three, you got a lot of the aftermarket DLC content. Did that happen with the PS2? Did you get extra content with the PSP version? I mean, I don't think the, I don't think that DLC content. I know PS2 there wasn't a, no, but I'm saying, were there any yeah. extra? You know, wasn't it wasn't it called? I'm gonna look it up now. I thought it was like the after. No, that's fine. There see was uh, Etna mode. Lord of Darkness is the normal afternoon of darkness with the remake. There, there's Etna mode, but I don't, I don't know if that was in the original PS2 version. No, it wasn't. Okay, so basically, it's it's kind of like a shorter story mode where 
she accidentally kills Laharl at the beginning, and instead, accidentally, the child okay, where she actually succeeds in killing him, and it kind of goes from there. Ah, yes, that's what it says here. On Pretty funny. Disgaea Wiki, the only source for Disgaea, you know, information is the most notable change from Hour of Darkness. It's called Afternoon of Darkness. I knew that like the name or something was different. It includes yeah. hidden content revolving around Laharl's primary vassal Etna, as well as ad hoc and Wi-Fi multiplayer support. Because I don't know about you guys, but after I play the game, I was like, damn that was good but you know what it'd be so awesome if i could play this with other people oh wait no it isn't no no that's okay uh you can also fight adele rosaline and zeta which are from other nis games but you can't recruit them uh plenier is also not available for recruiting uh and a couple of other graphic audio uh, graphic uh, good graphics quality good audio quality full voice acting full voice acting which i think is a is a huge selling point because yeah i like to hear them banter back and forth so i I think i've got the disc on this one so when i do replay it i think i will replay it on a psp um has no printy commentary though oh Printy commentary. Well, there's one other version of the original Disgaea. It's on the DS. It has that. Should anyone investigate that one? It has Etna mode. Yeah, it's it's bad. I, it's bad. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say go for the PSP version if at all humanly possible, yeah. or you know, I fall mean, back on the PS2 version. Because yeah. I mean, that one stripped the out the full... voice acting, didn't it? No, it still got some of it. It was like some of it's, it. It's just it plays weird. It's the it it doesn't really work all that well on the DS. I mean, the whole game's there. It's functional. Um, but kind of only a last resort because it doesn't play nearly as well as the other the other versions. And one other question on this: Did NISA redo any of the localization for the PSP and DS versions just because it didn't do it the first time? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's sh- I'm not sure about like the text or anything, but they did change some of the voice actors. Ooh. I think they changed Edna's voice actress, which is kind of a yeah, real shame, I... since her original voice actress is really good. But her second, even though I like a lot of her, what she does in various anime and shows and stuff and games, but not as good as the original Edna, sadly. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't, I'm not sure they changed any other actors. Alrighty. And it, they also removed that uh, song that Atlas actually added in. Yeah, I think a local Californian band or something. Yeah. A band which everybody now knows because after you get your song in Disgaea, <laughs> that means you just top the charts right there. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, hey, I think that's the only game by NIS that made a greatest hits title. We're gonna take uh we're gonna take a brief break, let you listen to some of that great music that got on to which we haven't discussed yet yeah that we're not going to discuss because we're running out of time uh that that hit the usa top 40 charts for the uh for a few weeks and we'll come back and talk about more disgaea games hold on tight Turned. 
ready to talk about Disgaea 2 Cursed Memories, developed by our good friends at Nipponichi Software, released in North America by NIS America. The release date for the PlayStation 2 was August 29, 2006, and later on, the PlayStation Portable, September 8, 2009, a single-player tactical RPG brought to you on a DVD, ROM, a UMD, or through the PSN download store. Jeez, 2006 doesn't feel that long ago, but it, it really was. was. Yeah. Hey, wait a m- Oh, I know why. Silly people at. You know, when you pull up to Skaya, by the way, on. When you pull up to Skaya 2 on RP Gamer, my review doesn't come up. That's probably because it's the PSP version. And I probably had a different right. name on it. Sometimes we make new pages for ports, and sometimes we don't. I. I think the rule just boils down to whatever who the person who was first classifying the game thought would work. And once again, Phil has been able to find his review faster using Google than the search engine RP. Anyways, uh, so, whoo, all righty. So, Disgaea 2, um, Cursed Memories, and then I played the PSP version, uh, which is called Dark Hero Days. I don't think the story changes a whole lot, just some additional well, content and stuff. Well, the Dark Hero chapter. Dark Hero chapters, yes. yeah, some additional content, right? So we'll talk about that uh, after we talk about the original game and storyline and plot, and to do that is Nathan Schlothen. Well, okay, so, yes. The Skaya 2, it starts, you know, I totally forget the name of the place, but <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I played this game, okay? Uh, Isn't it yes. the hometown of Holt? Yes, Holt, okay. but yes. Well, basically, there's this legend of the great, oh, I forget, the god of all overlords, Overlord Zenon, I believe it is. Just the most powerful overlord of all of legend, who spot countless other overlords, beat them all, who just vanished one day. And so, basically... That's the ancient legend, but for the people of the village of Holtz, it's a bit more of a crushing reality because they live in a world which is conquered by the overlord Zenon, and it's been cursed by his evil power to turn everyone into monsters. So, yeah, all the people used to be normal humans, but now they're turning into demons. One exception, though, and that is our young, hot-blooded hero, Adele, who, well, by some quirk of fate, is not actually turning into a demon. So he believes it as because of this, but he believes it is his fate to defeat the Overlord Xenon and free everyone from their curse. And yeah. Makes sense to, to me. Do this, the pr- big problem with him fighting Overlord Xenon and freeing the curse is he doesn't have a clue where Overlord Xenon is. So his family, well, rather his adopted family, gets the bright idea to summon Overlord Xenon. And thus they throw together a giant cauldron, throw in fancy and summoning ingredients, and perform the summoning ritual. Again, this is making and, total well, and complete sense to me. And, well, they kind of, well, basically something that happens they don't expect. And instead of the Overlord Xenon, they get Rosalind, who claims to be Overlord Xenon's daughter and has the ma- magic symbol to prove it. And she's she's a spoiled princess who knows nothing of the world. But Is she his daughter, all... or does she just claim to be? Okay, well, that's actually really complicated. <laughs> oh, I did, I did, okay, I didn't realize I was going to unload that kind Thanks, of thing. Thanks, Mike. Okay. No. Yes. <laughs> no, that's actually really complicated. But yeah, everyone thinks she's his daughter. She thinks it's his daughter, and that's what's important in the beginning. Okay. So yeah. basically, you know, he says, "Hey, you're his daughter. Lead me to Overlord Zenon." And she says, "Sure." In her haughty, I know everything manner, and then they proceed to get lost, very lost. And then there's this things like them walking in on the 
basically run in, then quickly run into Axel, the former dark hero who is now the host Axel. of a travel TV show, and beat him up. And there starts Axel's whole crazy side story of you know being rejected by his network and having to find his way home and rebuild his reputation. But I see him holding an electric guitar in the artwork. Yeah, that's that's his attack. I don't know what his, he doesn't do actually do much on stage, but he actually has an attack where he hits enemies with lightning from his electric guitar. Uh, that, that's some nasty feedback right there. <laughs> and, you know, I really don't know what to say of the plot. A lot of the plot is them just kind of meandering through with random stuff happening. Well, it as I look here, it seems that Edna moves. comes back. Yeah, Edna comes back. Mm-hmm. Now under the title of Beauty Queen Edna, she's, well, she's had a fight with Laharl, and in a bid to prove that she's actually better than him, she's decided to t- challenge Overlord Xenon, and so she's basically hopped in the game to looking on the same quest they are, except, you know, instead of being a humble guy from the last human of the, of the civilization, she's in fact the level 1000 demon lord who's after the overlord. Who, by an annoying quirk of fate relating to the heroes, she gets de-leveled down to their level. It's incredibly <laughs> mad about that, and in order to make them apologize, she joins the party. At least it's better than the usual, here, I'm level 3 again when I join you in this game, just cause. Nope, yeah, she starts at level 1000. You fight her. She murders you. <laughs> Yeah, the general rule of Nippon Ichi games. If the enemy's level 1,000, you're supposed to die. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the only way you're going to win is if you just spent 300 hours power leveling, right? Yeah, and this is an interesting optional ending if you do this, but it's really a pain. I believe it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine doing the optional. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I guess if you... Um, yeah, I guess... No, no, I can't guess, no. Let's see here. So Adele has a little sister, right? Yeah, Adele has a, actually a little sister and brother. Well, there is adopted family, little brother and sister. They've been turned into demons, and they're Hanako and Taro. And they're actually really useful. They're, they fight as monster-type characters rather than human-type characters, and have a lot of really helpful abilities. And also in terms of other characters, there's Tink, the, well, the childhood friend of Rosalind, who, well, basically, at the beginning of the game, he's, he gets turned into a frog, this tiny little... French accent speaking horrible little frog who is still an extremely useful party member considering he moves far and moves through enemies so he's like crazy useful for getting to the item world I must tell you you will not be thinking about having frog's legs tonight that is a very bad thing <laughs> so yeah Tink the little frog who beats things up with a nail bat and let me think oh there's also the clan of nin- the snow tro- clan of ninja demon well ninjas got turned into demons because everyone's turned into demon I think were they demons in the first place? I honestly can't remember. Well, anyways, they're ninjas. They've got the sister, who's Yukimaru? Or no, that's the name that, of the... That looks right. No. I'm looking on Hardcore Gaming. Although Hardcore Gaming says she's a samurai. Well, she's more ninja than samurai, Okay. I think. She likes saying Zam because it brings out her energy within her or something. So she always ends her senses in Zam. And it says a lot in the middle of senses, too. And she's basically after her brother, who's gone a little bit psycho, because their whole clan got wiped out. And so, yeah, she joins you eventually. Uh, Apparently yeah, her yeah, brother is blind. Game. Really? I forgot that. It's been a long time. Hardcore Gaming usually yeah. gets this stuff right, so I'll take their word yeah, for it. Okay. So, yeah, basically, the game gets a little bit meandering. I can't remember all the details because, you know, there's a lot of filler in this one. It's a big weak point. And, you know, just kind of stumble through the plot until eventually you, you run into the... Well, at some point, you see Edna fighting the supposed overlord Xenon and basically beats him up and kills him. But you'd think that at this point, you know, he should be dead and the curse would lift. Nope. In fact, the curse gets worse. And everyone gets even more demonic. And the hero's <laughs> Adele's adopted father, the, the weird wart on his stomach starts talking and all kinds of weird stuff like that. The wart on his stomach starts talking. 
Yes, and it's perverted. This is reminding me of a psychotic version of Pee Wee's Playhouse right here. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I guess eventually you kind of track down the Overlord Xenon and then you fight him. It's you know The plot's actually kind of really straightforward and it kind of takes a long while to get there. It's kind of its big shame. But there's kind of interesting twists that just kind of come really late. First off, one. Overlord Xenon is not actually Overlord Xenon. See, the guy who currently is ruling that world and turning everyone to demons is, in fact, the fake Overlord Xenon. I don't think we ever really see his name. He's just, you know, he's a guy who's long in the past defeated by Overlord Xenon and really hates Overlord Xenon. So he takes on Overlord Xenon's guys. Yes. However, okay. the thing is, the, the truth is that the original Overlord Xenon basically got tired of it all and reincarnated. Because, you know, that's a thing. <laughs> People reincarnate. And that reincarnation is Rosalind. And so the fake Overlord Xenon basically killed the, the Rosalind's real parents who were actually, you know, Snow Tribe Ninja like the two ninja you see in the game and makes her his so, daughter and her, and makes him his fake daughter and kind of lives in her as a pampered, spoiled life as his own form of revenge. It's like, ha, ah, I used to be horrible, but now you're a childish little spoiled girl. And that's really the sim. Does Rosalind slash Xenon ever rem- remember? Yeah, there's this <laughs> moment where she beats up Laharl horribly when she, her old <laughs> memories come back briefly after you fight Laharl and he kills everyone. Like, she snaps back to Xenon and destroys him. And then she flirts with the train back into Xenon in the very ending. And I think what ending you get depends on whether she stays as Rosalind or turns into Xenon, what have you. But she's crazy powerful and kind of creepy when Rosalind and Mon Power comes out. As I would expect. Yes. Well, okay. That that sounds like a long time to get to a fairly interesting twist. Yeah, it's a long. Also, the the other interesting twist is that you know the whole thing about how Adele was actually was the only human who doesn't turn to a demon. Well, there's a twist behind that too. He's actually a demon, or you know, he's the son of two demons who, is, <laughs> who are human the, the, form of the time. The son so of two of demons demon. is a demon. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a sad story because he never actually learns this, and you actually kill his parents across the length of the game because they're serving the fake Xenon. It's kind of a real tragic thing that they fought Xenon and failed, and were forced to serve him and the kind of thing. Adele's real history and his parents and Rosalind's own nature are the two interesting parts of the story, but they kind of come in only really late, don't really get the central line like they deserve. In the meantime, we get a lot of Axel, who a crazy amount of time is spent at developing his character, but he never joins you. It's incredibly annoying. <laughs> oh, good old Axel. Uh, is this reminding you re- of your experience with it, Mr. Apps? Uh, no, we'll get to... Uh, he shows up in a later game. Ah, which is what I always remember whenever I hear Axel. Pretty much, well, yeah. He shows well, up. It a does lot more. sound like he's a good yeah. enough character that NIS wouldn't miss the boat on that. Yeah, Axel is hilarious. It's just his story has nothing to do with the rest of the story. Just get to absolutely nothing. <laughs> Unfortunate. Which I guess is the part of the problem. This game just doesn't know where it's going most of the time, which is kind of a shame. I really like its characters. I like Adele. I like Rosalind and such. But you know, the story is just kind of meandering. Okay. Well. That sounds like the story. So, uh, what are some? Uh, are there any new mechanics or anything like that that this game brings yes, to the table? Yes, there are. I mean, for one, I guess let's go to the most interesting one straight well, off. Well, if that's... I look at hardcore gaming, it says something called Prinny Court. What could that be? Yes, you see, you can commit crimes in this game, like you know, achieving level fifty. That's a crime, <laughs> and so you must set it with a subpoena. And the subpoena, you must take the the. I'm blanking out its name. Uh, you know, the little thing in item world. 
Innocent, yes. You take the innocent off a subpoena, put it on an item, dive into item worlds, and if you go into the deep enough into item worlds, you can be taken to court. It doesn't matter if the person the subpoena sent to goes to court or not, anyone can get it, but once you go though, you'll be you'll be convicted of the crime. And then they praise you for being a criminal because, you know, being a criminal is a badge of honor in the netherworld. So your job is to commit as many crimes as possible in order to get more and more crimes. Oh. And I'm to get these convictions. I kinda of forget what all the benefits are, but they exist. They're helpful. But it's also kind of a drawback too. You don't like you don't want any of these on Adele, or you can't actually get the good ending. Yes, to have a clean record to get the good ending, and also this matters to another game mechanic, which I'll get into later. But yeah, that's the court. This is one of the things that doesn't recur in later games for some reason. Even though I thought it was kind of fun in this one. Hmm. So if you want to see this, get play Skate Two. Also, another new mechanic is they changed the Dark Assembly because previously it's all kind of scattered, and each assembly member was their own individual. And this time, they've formed political parties, so you need to sway parties into your favor rather than just individual senators. That's interesting. Hmm. Okay. You guys can hear me, right? You're off the quad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. You know, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I played it. I reviewed it. I was really young back then. And um, don't I'm just taking your word for all these details because I I just uh, I didn't remember I probably just didn't spend a lot of time in those mechanics to to remember. So I remember something about subpoenas. I don't think I ever spent a lot of time in the subpoena. Yeah, well, it's a fun diversion to go down to Item World for. Yeah, and yeah, political part. We'll bring back Nathan there in a second. Got a little breakup going on. Yeah, I I never really got into this one for no particular reason. So. Uh, I mean, the the whole conviction thing seemed pretty cool. Just, uh, I don't know why I couldn't get into this one. Probably, I think I kept trying to play it while I was, like, in the middle of 3 and 4, so those took priority. Yeah, I can but understand that. It definitely sounds like, mechanically, this one's a big improvement over 1, and that was my yeah. brief experience with it. I mean, for one, they another thing they did is they added special abilities for every character in mo- or in your class type and monster type so now they've got those things like you know Laurel and Flan were pretty they had their abilities and their stats but they didn't have the special things to set them apart now stuff like you know Adele has this crazy powerful ability that he boosts his attack power whenever he's fighting an enemy higher level than himself and this being to scale that happens a lot and so he's constantly getting this gigantic attack power bonus every time he fights an enemy is it enough to make the crucial difference when you're fighting that much higher level yes it is in fact okay and there's also stuff like Rosalind you know she boosts the stats of any male character sitting next to her and stuff Sex like that. Sex appeal, right? <laughs> yeah, and I and I can't speak to Disgaea two, but in like Disgaea four, where they carry that over to, it's huge. It really does help with a lot of the tougher fights. Yeah, there's a these powers are really powerful, and this is where this system is carried on for the rest of the games forward, and it starts here, and it's a great addition. Uh, also, they do stuff like monsters are better now, a lot. Get out. I mean, for now, for now, they can learn magic skills. They have magic weapons boost their magical attack power. They're a lot easier to recruit, and so forth. So they're much better. Okay, that helps. Mages are weaker, though. That's the thing. That sucks. They, they rem- we like our yeah. They remove mages. the basically they remove the ability of stabs to buff the overall t- effect range of spells. So now you only get the effect of ability of spells themselves. It seems like a minor change, but in the practice, it's a really big nerf to mages. Hmm. And I can't think of too many more major changes off the top of my head. Oh wait, there's also Dark World. That's another thing I think fairly unique to this version, this game, I think. And that's, at some point, you can meet, an, instead of Friday, the normal archer girl who handles the dimensional gate, you can meet Friday Mark II, her shadow doppelganger, who can send you into Dark World versions of different areas. These Dark World areas, areas have much stronger enemies than normal, and they also have a strange thing called the Dark Sun. 
which is this thing which hovers around the sky buffing monsters. Now, it's basically unwinnable unless you get rid of the Dark Sun, and to do that, you need to launch your characters into orbits to fight the Dark Sun. Unfortunately, this process means they can't return back to the battlefield, but you can take out the Dark Sun this way. Uh, the big problem about them is that, you know, if they have convictions on their record, they'll actually heal the Dark Sun instead of hurt it. So, yeah, that's the Dark Wolf. Use lightness to fight dark. Sounds Pretty much. That's what I'm hearing. Now, because my stupid internet cut out for a second, I didn't get to hear if Prinny World was discussed, or Prinny Court, whatever it is. Yeah, it was, basically. Okay. okay. Um, anything else you can think of? As far as differences, or do we miss anything well, on this PS2 version? Um, the PS2 version, is they added a lot to the PSP thing, including mechanics from Disgaea 3, actually. Right. I think. Yeah. So... I I mean I hear that's a better version. I haven't played it myself though. So so okay, let's talk. Uh, well, if... It's also worth mentioning that you know in the grand tradition of every ga- in the Nippon Ichi game after Disgaea having Disgaea characters a cameo, this is part of that. And so you can actually recruit Laharlet and Unflan in this one if in late post game if you can defeat them at level twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. So Disgaea two Dark Hero Day starts a tradition that I've uh, a pattern that uh, was carried on with Disgaea three and from what I'm understanding Disgaea four where when you read re- wait for the portable version you get more content and it's portable. Yeah. Um, so um, let's uh, talk about Disgaea two Dark Hero Days. So uh, I believe that one has some uh, some extra content in it, right, Mr. Apps? The PSP version? Yeah. Yes, it's got a, the whole Axel extra story. Did you play the Axel extra story? Do you remember Axel extra uh, story? I did not play it. Do you remember Axel uh, extra story, Mr. Uh, Nathan? Did you? I didn't play it. You, you did or did not? No, I only have the PS2 version. Okay. Sorry. So I will use what little notes I can find here on my my, mem- my my notes from my own review uh from many, many moons ago. Um but yes, there are there are new chapters at the end starring Axel. Um and and like Mr. Apps kind of alluded to, I can only remember Axel from his appearance in a future Disgaea game. <laughs> uh, but yes, during one of the one of the chapters in the original the, the game that I played through, because uh, I had to play through the original game and just to get to the bonus content and then i played through the bonus co- or the extra content at the end for the review that i did for rp gamer but in the original content from the ps2 you uh you do meet axel and and he's on a sound stage or something he's an actor he's bombosterous and kind of like mid-boss almost in a way that he but except he hasn't even had that class um he just yeah he's yelling out to people set the stage etc etc so um I, I don't remember spending much time in the main story with him. Do you, Nathan? In the main story, do you remember Axel? Yeah, I do pretty well. Was he like a? He has a lot of story scenes. He has a lot of story scenes. Okay. Um, like I said, been a long time. So in, in the in the expansion or the extra, the bonus content, um, he has his he has fresh new story sequences that revolve around him. He's actually the main character you control. Um, he, the bonus content there has its own hub world. That's uh, that's where uh, they have its own dark assembly, its own item world, story missions, and um, and the such. So and that's where I think you get uh, get to play with a magic change feature for the first time from uh, from uh, Disgaea three. Yeah, we can talk about more Disgaea three. I think. Yeah, we'll talk about that in Disgaea three. Yeah, yeah. But that extra content on there was cute. It was kind of zany. I did it once, and I'm not burning to go back and do it again. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, it's definitely if you're going to play uh, Disgaea 2, uh, I think picking up that PSP version for that extra chapter content at the end is a, is a pretty good idea. I think if I remember correctly and somebody, you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I think there were certain main characters that were not brought over just like my most of uh, i think of course all of my created characters were brought over into that expansion but i think a number of the story characters were not brought over into his story which was a bit of a bummer if you spend a lot of time focusing on them uh yeah. you know one of the things about the skia games is they almost encourage you to to, to they, they give you all the smorgasbord of options of build and so all these classes and stuff and you want to go ocd and just and just build this big ass party of all these different characters but in the end you're best served by focusing most of the time on no more than 10 definitely and uh you know but probably like 10 to 15 probably some extra backups uh for like item world and stuff come in handy yeah actually you know the best strategy overall for this case probably focus more like on three characters but you can focus on three yeah and get all the experience the, you're right that's probably the fastest way to get to the games you know the simple for this game is that you know if you just focus on very few characters and let them get all the experience you go through pretty quickly, if you want to see everything, try unlock all the classes, try everything, it can take a long time. You're probably right. I would love to hear, have you ever done that before, Nathan? Just take three, you know, or focus on three. Have you ever actually done that? Nah, but it sounds, really it sounds like it would work so well in theory because I can't tell you how many times it's, I've had like one, main, one or two main characters really pull ahead in levels for whatever reason and they just continue to dominate. It's like we were talking about Ogre Battle, how it was so easy to let, you know, a couple characters get overpowered. Yeah and they become evil and crush everything. <laughs> yeah, or it's like, you know, like Pokemon. You know, it's a lot easier to just focus on your starter rather than trying to level up every Pokemon you catch. Yeah, yeah. you got to catch them all, but you don't have to level them all. So I'm <laughs> uh, just like, I would love to hear the story. By- so if you're listening to this podcast and you've done this before, we would love to hear your story. We're going to remind you uh, on the final lap uh, segment at the end here how you can uh, contact us and uh, get your story over to me, jcserventrpgamer.com. Okay, I'll throw that out there. Um, Twitter.com forward slash jcservant. But let us know. Yeah, I would love to hear some stories of someone who just took a few characters or something and just crushed the game because at that, you know, in fact, that that would be the other way that Mr. Apps could convince me he got through a 40-hour run on Disgaea 4. Yeah, Phil, <laughs> I did it with just the two main characters. Hello? Uh, yeah, why did you waste time leveling like 10 characters for? What a waste, Phil. So... Yeah, yeah, that makes me feel better. All right. Yeah, I didn't do that, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, I think, I think. Uh, well, I don't want to speak for uh, you two. What did you all think of um, Disgaea 2 Dark Hero Days or Cursed Memories? I should say the first one and then Dark Hero Days' is, uh, PSP version. What are what, What's your thoughts there, Nathan? Uh, you know, I have fun memories of the game. I like it, but I can still say that, you know, it's a big improvement mechanically over the first game, like a big one. But story-wise, it really is a big decline, sadly. I mean, I really like Adele and Rosalind, but, you know, the story just doesn't go anywhere, sadly. Mr. Apps? Uh, I mean, like I said, nothing really grabbed me about it other than Axel being hilarious. Um, But it's probably more for what else I was playing at the time than the game itself, because mechanically it's definitely better than the first um, you know, which, given how mechanics-heavy the series is, that can kind of, you know, get around the story issues. So um, I'm going to have to give it another try at some point. Uh, ditto on that. I mean, I felt like the plot and the character interactions were just a, a smidgen down from before. And when I wrote the re- – here's the thing. When I wrote the review, I, 
I love uh, uh, one thing that struck a chord with me as I read through my review again is it started feeling uh, it started feeling like more of the same old same old and it kind of felt almost un- I guess because it almost felt a little uninspired the mechanics were tightened up sure but I was mostly I think one of the things I mentioned before the, uh, with the scale one was that the character interactions really drove me through um, so with the plot being a little bit more bland you know not really you know kind of going hill hum and the character interactions not being quite as good there was less motivation for me to pull through um the uh the extra content at the end though was a was a little memorable because like so i would say if you had to pick between the two go for the psp not to mention just having it on the go i cannot tell you guys enough i played uh i played three and two two and three on the go and uh oh my gosh having having no especially three on the vita in your pocket that should be illegal you know people are screaming people are screaming (laughs) because in colorado they've legalized marijuana and they're like oh my gosh that's addictive people shouldn't be able to do that it it ruins in washington yeah it ruins productivity and stuff what they really should be screaming about is to scale three in your we're going to talk about it (laughs) as soon as we come back we're going to talk about the new marijuana We'll be right back after uh, these commercial messages. to talk about Discaea 3 Absence of Justice developed by Nippon Nichi Software published in North America by NIS America this was released on the PlayStation 3 North America August 26 2008 later it came out on the Vita with some other content that we'll talk about April 17th 2012 and then most beautifully of all not very long after that came out for free for PlayStation Plus members OM freaking G I'm telling you guys Discaea I mean uh, PlayStation Plus it's a really great deal they come out with some really great titles on that plan anyways this is a single player tactical rpg and uh, another Discaea game. So uh, I remember this was one of the first games I got for the PlayStation 3 because it was one of the early RPGs out of the gate. Uh, yeah, really one of the things that made me get a PS3. What's that? It's really one of the games that made me get a PS3. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and you know... I- well, let's see. 2008, that's back when the PS3 was still struggling for its library. When, <laughs> yeah, when especially... When the 360 honestly looked like... <laughs> It might Christmas be your RPG destination. Deal. Especially, yeah, yeah, especially in the realm of RPGs. I mean, what else was there around Discaea 3? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, think about that for folklore. a minute. Folklore. You're right, Folklore. Valkyria Chronicles. 
Uh, came out a little bit later, I think. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, Enchanted Arms. Yes, you know, Enchanted <laughs> Arms was an awesome game. In Biz- we're gonna have to have an episode devoted to Enchanted Arms one of these in days. Bizarro <laughs> World. Everyone has, everyone's full of love for it. Uh, yeah. So, Disgaea, yeah, Disgaea three. You know, to, to talk about we talked about the graphics a little earlier. Now, the one thing I'll say is, while the graphics in like the combat stuff, they're using almost the I swear the same exact sprites from PlayStation two, and that's where it maybe oh gets God. some flack. Yeah, because they are uh, the 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 the, I, the the cut scenes and stuff, and I believe the backgrounds were uh, were all sharpened up. I mean, they they did they look nice, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought I liked it. I remember liking it. Um, it went on the PlayStation Three. I'm trying to remember because I got I got the PlayStation Three version more to support NIS than anything else uh, because I didn't have the time at the time to actually sit down and play another Disgaea Three uh, Disgaea game. And I was still kind of a little burned out because I had just finished uh, two uh, not that long ago. But uh, okay, so let's uh, let's jump in and talk about the story. Now, apps, have you played this one recently? Do you want to talk about the story? I've actually played through this twice, so you can talk about the story. Yes. Go for it. You're on stage. Uh, Here's the mic. Get so it, this Mike. Is another, ah. This is another game. This is another game starring the son of an overlord. It's time Mao, who um, angry wow. that yes. Is, does he have the last name Zedong? No. No. Okay. Thankfully. Uh, so there, there is absolutely no reference to uh, communism in China under him. Do you right? really get the feeling you're not uh, going to get it's much? More of a, it's more of a spin off of Mao. Do you get the feeling Apps is going to get heckled through this whole thing? I mean, is he, <laughs> I think so. Is he ever going to finish a sentence? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll stop. And I can't recall any uh, Chinese communism references. Yeah, so Nathan's it's, probably it's, right about the origin of the name. Yeah. All right, so continue before we think of some other jokes to heckle you with. So he's the son of the Overlord and angered that his father stepped on his game system, which uh, I can't remember what the heck it was called. It was was so freaking helpful. It's basically his play disguise. Yeah, it it was a play on the PlayStation. I forget what it was called. It was whatever they made. And that had me so cracked. It was like, the reason he's pissed at his dad is because his dad's like, stepped on his his demon station or whatever and yeah he lost all this data you know it wasn't about the game he lost all of his data yeah it's like yeah. the data it's like the amount of hours he claims to have lost total stuff like more than a hundred years I yeah think. <laughs> um so in in this quest to defeat his father he uh finds a hero uh whose name is escaping me at the moment I I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember. Uh, you gonna make me look but, it up, aren't you? Yes. Uh, but basically, instead of using the normal method of I don't know, actually becoming a hero, he tries to literally. Almaz. Yes, Almaz. Yes, Almaz. Thank you. He thank tries you. to literally steal like Almaz's title of hero. Like uh, the story actually uses like the game mechanics as. As part of it, which is pretty pretty funny. Yeah, it's like the skill series as a whole always openly refers to stuff like titles and levels, like they're just real things that happily talk about level one hundred characters and such. Yeah, part of the course. But um, as you might expect, that doesn't go well, and all kinds of shenanigans happen, um, such as all of the characters having to go inside Mao's heart to retrieve that title that he stole, and which turns Mao briefly into a babbling idiot like literally for that whole chapter all his battle uh, uh, voices are replaced by like random babbling yeah, I uh, want baby noise, I think. yeah baby noises yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 
Yes. It still rings uh, in my head. Mamu. <laughs> it's sad. Or you know how you defeat the saucy mouse and he loses his love of sauce. Yes. Yes. Um, where does the story go from there? Uh, and you're kind of fighting like. Uh, so let me rewind for a second. The, the the setting for this overworld is basically a a school. Yep. And it's it, demon high school. Demon high demon high school. So going to class is bad. Yep, skipping class is what you're supposed to do. Yep, you're a delinquent if you go to class. <laughs> Following the rules is what the losers do. Yeah, exactly. That's what the rebels do. <laughs> the people are cool for going to class. <laughs> but yeah, Looking at hardcore gaming again, your nemesis appears to be Rasbarrel, who goes to class and obeys the rules, and so she's... She's a delinquent. She is yes. a delinquent because she goes to class and goes to rules, and she reminds you of this everywhere where you, you know, Mal goes. She sees them as friendly, your friendly competitors, you know. So uh, she's always gone to every class. I think she ends up being the only one who's ever graduated. Yep. Halfway through yep. the game, she graduates, and that's when she joins the party. Yeah. Yeah. As the yes. Valley Victorian, naturally. <laughs> so Don't think she had much competition. Not- <laughs> So there's lots of crazy hijinks. You fight school administrators and whatnot. Um, but eventually you discover that, hey, Mao's father is actually already dead. And the superhero that kills him has actually been hiding as your butler the whole time. And He was an awesome butler, too. Yeah. He was. Also very evil. You, you knew there was something yes. going on there. I mean, it wasn't a total surprise. It's like that guy was never completely on the up and up. I mean, seriously, it's like he's the it's like, it's like, you know, like how the characters are setting around wondering, how are we going to find the enemy's main base? And he says, I've prepared a portal to the enemy's main base. It's like, wow, that's <laughs> awfully convenient. As always. <laughs> Most butlers aren't that good at things that don't involve butling. He is the evil version of Alfred. That's I'm just putting yeah. it out there. He's just... Yeah. And, um, yeah, Jeffrey. And and he's and he's yeah. got a little secret. He's, who keeps making noise? Stop making that noise in the mind. Um, yeah, it's like a final crackle. Oh, you can't make me go away. Um, but, uh, and of course, uh, and, and even Mr. Butler, not only is he, not only does he have his secret plans, but he's also got a secret alias. He's not really who he seems to be. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Go ahead, uh, no, Mr. Apps. I didn't want to steal, no. completely steal the spotlight from you. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, he's he is the superhero who has apparently killed Mal's father, and you have to fight him in the final showdown, and then you get him as a character for the post-game stuff, uh, where he is yeah, super that, powerful. Yeah, there's actually something pretty hilarious with the ending for that too. But um, the whole thing is like, you know, as a butler, he's just he's just trying to raise Mal as the ultimate demon, and this is actually true. He wants Mal to become the ultimate demon because he wants to fight Mal as the ultimate demon. Yeah. Yes, he didn't get enough satisfaction for killing Mao's father because Mao's father was far weaker than he should be because he was desperately protecting Mao at the time. Yeah, the superhero so, knockout, never got the fight he wanted. And you know, there's actually a lot of subtle, serious stuff in the story as has shown up in some disguise in the past. And yeah, you know, uh, this story really uh, grabbed me, and I and yeah. the character interactions especially are often quite hilarious. Yeah, it's like, the character of Almas, for example, is a great character whose all of his ups and downs change his perspective and such. Yeah, Almaz is fun. great. Yeah. He's also like, a ridiculously good tank in the gameplay, so I'll say that now. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best tank. Yeah, I tanked him a lot. 
also, I guess it's Sapphire we should mention, the princess. Yeah, the princess that he's trying yeah. to save, who doesn't yeah, the really princess particularly need his help. Yes, you know, Woman empowerment! Oh, sorry. <laughs> she's good at crushing things with an axe and healing. Pretty good. Yeah. I think shooting things with a gun, too. I can't remember. Yeah, I want to say she does, too. Yeah, the yes. gun. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, like she, like, you know, she's her first introduced walking to the school, the house, the school of demons. Like she runs to the demon, they they try to attack her. She kills them. She's like, "Whoops! I'm sorry for killing you. I was, I will never make friends at this rate." Kind of. <laughs> oh, such like, a great cast. Stop jumping at me and making me kill you because I want to be friends. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good game. Um, yes. Yeah. So this is the this is the game that really got me into the series. Obviously, because it's the first first one I really played through. Um, but uh, I, I just think this cast of characters is so entertaining. And just um, the chef, especially. Oh, the chef teacher! Boom! Yes. <laughs> hey, every every like every third sentence had to end in a boom. Yes. It just it just just because just because we gotta get that in there. Yeah, and he always spoke in cooking metaphors. So freaking hilarious. <laughs> he's like he's like the demonic version almost of a nicer chef Ramsay. You know, just yeah. just uh, just a lot of fun. You just want you always. I mean, his dialogue. You want to stop and listen to it. And at first, the boom struck. You know, he would say everything in a boom. Uh, it kind of struck me as being a little gimmicky and stupid. But but later on, I was like, you know, I was looking forward to every time he talked. Yeah, just, he does a really good job of that. Also, you know, he's just really awesome all around. I mean, he's got great attacks. Yeah, great he attacks. Early. He doesn't. You don't have to wait too long for him to join. He's really helpful, a nice mentor figure. Yeah, he's like, he's a solid character through the whole thing. He, like, yeah. reminds me of, I don't know, like, Dunban from Xenoblade? Or Sitan from Xenogears? Like, you know, this awesome, great older guy who's a mentor figure who just joins early and kicks butt the whole game. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's more comical than them, but this is just gay, so that's expected. Yeah. So, um, okay, any other cool characters, plot thingies? Um, Rust Barrel has some companions. Um, the ninja, but, the kind of the ninja duo there that yeah always talks to him about. Oh, my lady, she's just such a good student. She's so awesome. We can only hope to be like her. Yeah, they're kind of secondary. So, um, they, although they, they, they are special moves, but yeah, they're they're featured a little bit more in the post game content on the Vita or the DLC, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, um, which uh, wasn't spectacular yeah. no. I've never stopped because you know okay I'll just say it right now you buy the game it's kind of a really fun game but then you look at the DLC and there's a ton of it well yeah you look at the price tag for the combined version of all the DLC and it's more it's expensive, expensive than the base game no yeah. you're right you know what's funny was um, I was flipping you know I just noticed that on the PlayStation because I got the, the Vita version so I never looked back at the, the, the game content but I was just farting around on PlayStation Network on my PS3 and put into Skaya and and just because I was wondering, because I saw the four uh, Discaya fours coming out in the Vita in Japan, I'm sure they'll bring it out to America with the post game content. I was like, well, what if I just wanted to buy it? I mean, I played it through already on my PS3. I've got my save game data on the PS3. I'm not sure I really want to go through the same story again without that content. Or you know, oh my gosh, look at how I, what the mother <laughs> beep 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 <laughs> ampersand yeah, ampersand and, exclamation yeah. mark yeah. And what's crazy about that, considering how expensive all that is, is that the Vita version that comes with all the DLC has extra DLC. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's just one thing. I mean, NIS, I don't know if they understand. They're training me to just wait for the portable versions. They're, they're starting to train me here. 
Yeah, I don't know if I have the courage to wait that long, but... Yeah, yeah normally I don't, but I'm wait. starting to be trained. Starting to get there. Well, so at the same you... time, though, it's like some of this DLC I have to complain about. I mean, come on, dragons are DLC? There's been a comic enemy type since the first game. They're DLC in this game. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of uh, characters from the older games is DLC. I saw that, and some are cool. Like they have soul nomad characters in there, which I thought was like I gotta get those, and I totally will if I ever go back and actually play the post game for three. So, um, okay, anything uh, anything else as far as the story, character, plot things that you can think about for three that jump out at you? Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I really agree with you, though. I mean, just really enjoy the story and the characters. Uh, the interactions and everything were just top-notch. Yeah, um, and I think kind of the, some some of the issues with uh, 1 and uh, maybe 2, obviously I haven't finished that one, were uh, a bit too much focus on the secondary characters, and I felt this one kind of put the proper amount of focus on Mao and his story. Um, uh, this is um, a complaint that I'll come back to with four, but I just felt like the secondary secondary characters were great. They got the amount of time they needed, um, but you know, just the primary cast got the right amount of attention, and you yeah, know, no one that's... no one really was there and too much and got annoying. Yeah, that's one thing I'll agree with. That's like you know, I've got my problems that I I think Mal could have been a bit better of a main character at times. Some of the main central revelations part him come a little late, but. At the same time, you know, the combined interaction between him and his character development and Alas, his character development, is all intertwined very well and constantly progressing, and it works really well. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the just the whole game is paced pretty well. I was able to finish... I think this one kind of has a better difficulty curve. I was able to finish it in, like, 30 hours, and this was my first Disgaea, Disgaea game, so... Did you build um, your own rooms? Uh, this one doesn't have the map editor. <laughs> I yeah, just had to, I had to throw that in there. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I don't think I quite get them through as fast as you do, uh, but maybe because I probably do too many characters. I probably do like 15. Um, because, yeah, because I like to do long runs through item world. And if one guy yeah. dies, I like to have, you know, a couple of guys die, which tends to happen on accident sometimes. Uh, I like to have backups. So uh, not to mention, I'm like, you know, it's, it's so funny, but it's like what Nathan said. I want to, I want to make sure I unlock all the classes and they give you so many characters plus the classes oh. I want to unlock. <laughs> I mean, unlocking all the classes in this game is so complicated and hard. I mean, oh, I had I to FAQ it. From- I mean, yeah, I had to look up on the guide, and I've got my notes right now. It's like a whole page of notes on, okay, to unlock the Geomancer, we need a level 20 either martial artist or martial artist girl plus a level 20 priest or cleric. While the moon is full. And But that's the thing, you know, like, I don't know. It's like the Ronin requires a fire, level 35 fighter and ranger, but ranger itself requires a level 15 fighter and priest. In other words, just level up everything, and eventually you'll get more stuff. I mean, that's what I... <laughs> yeah, but it's... It is terrible. It is, so many, it is terrible, yeah. and it's not very intuitive, and um, I, I'm not even sure it's even explained anywhere outside of an FAQ. I had to FAQ that, and I agree with you. Um, so that's probably why it takes me uh, it takes me a bit longer. Again, if you focus on a few characters, boys and girls... Um, I think I prob- what's I focused on the main cast and you know a selection of created characters and never used like uh, reincarnation or anything like that. I think I think so. I did do one round of reincarnation on this one because I just hate hitting those walls of suddenly everything's three levels higher than me or five levels and starts killing off my people. Sure. So I was a little bit more proactive this time in playing through it the the second time. It is one of the yeah. 
But again, I was also pl- oh, I was also playing the Vita version, which had extra content. I wanted to make sure I was prepared for that as well. So I actually, I think I had a much easier time getting through the ending on this one because I was, I had reincarnated once and did a few item level runs and such. But by the time I got to the post King content, I was able to get through the first, the lower um, DLCs, the lower level ones, which was, you know, was like level 80 to 100 or 80 to 110. Those are the lower ones. And I got through those relatively painlessly because I had done that prep work and had done the reincarnates one time and stuff. But there was the later post-game content. Uh, that will sit on my Vita for another day. Because, uh, yeah, <laughs> that gets in a like to 200, 300 level range. And I'm yeah. sure you've got to reincarnate a few times to be able to really tackle that. So definitely for more hardcore peeps. But reading the no, FAQ, if you guys ever want to get a headache or feel like you've gone to Cornell University and back, go read the FAQs on some of the leveling guides or the uh, the item world <laughs> guides especially and unlocking. Like we haven't even gotten into the, the some of the content that you get when you really grind into this, such as there are item pirates that will – Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't really gotten to the gameplay yet. But there's a lot of gameplay changes to talk about, but pirates are definitely one of them. All right. So let's talk about the gameplay changes. Okay, okay, so I guess honor. So pirates, they're awesome, kind of. Actually, they're really annoying, but they can be interesting. <laughs> if she were Basically, here, I'm sure Becky Cunningham would chime in to say that yes, pirates are awesome. <laughs> well, they're well, awesome until they show they for like the fifth too, time, and you know, like in the tenth out of ten boards, and you're like, oh, really? I'm already exhausted, and really? Yeah. <sighs> yeah I, I forgot they actually started appearing in Scare Two. I forgot that, but the mm. three they get even more crazy and. Just, you know, randomly look into Adam World, pirates will invade. You have to fight them off or annoy or avoid them or steal their treasure or whatnot. And yeah, all kinds of crazy events can happen in Adam World. It's unpredictable. And just wait till they go on this guy at D2, which we won't even talk about. So, well, yeah, I need to play that. I know, me too. Are you not talking about enough tonight, Mr. Abs? Do you really need to bring another Disgaea well, into the mix? Uh, <laughs> they're, just, they're just talking about pirates, which are. <laughs> extremely prominent in D- D2, whereas um, you might never run into them in 3. Must we call you, it D2? If you're not spending... Then we get it mixed up with D2, the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yeah. We we have to? It's a, That was the first concern that came title. to my mind. Well, just so long as Emilio Estevez didn't voice anything in the game, correct? <laughs> not to my knowledge. Alright, so what other gameplay changes? Well, for one, the Master Student System is completely gone now. I don't remember if it's even around in two very strongly. I guess it was a little bit, nor near as important as it was in one. But by this point, it's completely gone. As is the entire weapon skill system. People no longer build up ranks of weapon skills. So you don't have to build them up. You don't worry about losing them. And they basically changed entirely how people unlock abilities. There's a yeah. lot of major gameplay change in three. Yeah, uh, so. And, well, yeah, so you have to use skill points to unlock new skills and level up skills. Yeah, which... well, you spend mana, actually. The same points yeah. used to Sorry, make mana. Dark you can now spend them to get things called evil teeth, which are special abilities you can equip on characters, which are improved versions of the abilities from two, because yeah. they're more flexible now. You can buy abilities, upgrade them step by step, it's also, and such. And it's really hard now to level up mage skills. Oh, I'm so It's really hard to, you know, really nerf things. Yeah. 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 yeah but I, I mean, mages especially because level yeah. increases the the range and area, which you really yeah, need you really for need a those. mage to be 
powerful, yeah. But I think what ticks me off... Yeah, the the magic point usage goes up almost exponentially, and it affects... So normally, you know, normally a one... If you're going to cast a spell on one square, it costs, you know, 10 magic points. On two squares, it'd be 20. Well, when you level up and you unlock the third square, instead of that one just popping in as a third option for 30, no, 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 no. The one square has to go up to 15, and the two square option has to go up to 30, and now that new one you've unlocked is now 55 and you're like what the beep <laughs> really and oh but i get an extra five percent damage oh as long as you get an extra five percent damage that totally justifies why the magic point cost is twice as high yeah that's a really yeah. great scale and on top of that made you have to buy so many spells and if to level up each one individually so you can't just level up them all at the same time anymore it's you know, you can only afford love, like building up one spell and leveling it out up a few bits, and it's and you can't if you do that, you can't really afford the mana needed to buy a few more spells. Really, kind of a pain. A lot more balanced and interesting, but kind of a pain for mages. Yeah, note the sarcasm in Phil's voice. Not happy. <laughs> and yeah. to uh, speaking of another gameplay change here is they let you combo skills similar to the way you combo attacks. Mm-hmm. So now basically. To- now, for example, if you have a Mothman do one attack and their spears are another, they can combo together to combine spear moth move. So, like, or have one character's laser beam fuse another person's punch to get a laser punch. It happens yeah. all the time with attacking. Lots of cool animations, but sorry, no combo with mage spells. Yeah, mage spells don't think they can combo. Again, nope. just totally jacking <laughs> up my poor mage. I mean, come yeah. on, people. Yeah, but kind of at the opposite end of the pendulum, as mages get weaker, monsters get stronger. So yeah. monsters are far better than they are even in 2. 2 is a big improvement over 1. Yeah. Because in addition to getting more powerful abilities and stuff, now they can magic change. And yes. magic change is ridiculously fun. Yes. And okay, it's a great... Well... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, it's kind of limited by the system I haven't really gone into about the classroom system, but, you know... You can take a monster, like say it's one of those wolves with a sword out of its head, and that, you can have it stand next to a person that's compatible, and it can transform into a sword that the person will then equip. And thus, the kid, that monster's all of its combined stats, like maybe half that or full thing, I forget which, is converted into the stats on the weapon that the character's equipped. So now you've got one character with a power of two. And in addition to that, unlocks the most powerful attacks in the game. It's unique magic change moves. And you can do some crazy stuff with this. Sadly, the monster will basically disappear after three turns or so, and you lose all, both this, all of its stats and the monster slot, the character slot it was occupying. So you have to be very careful when you use this, but it's incredibly powerful and useful and kind of cool and fun. Yeah, really and the, the monster gets all the experience for anything he killed, so mm-hmm. um, considering how powerful those can be, it's... It's a great way to level two characters at once. Or use a powerful character to level up a weaker character. Yeah, or that. Or that. That's, that's yeah, true. that. Um, but and the skill combo system in general is a great, great way to do that because you can kind of combo a weaker character's skill with power, more powerful skill. And, you know, they'll both get the experience so you can level that way too. There's just, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of that in this game. Okay, any other... New mechanics yeah. y'all can think of? Well, I guess I mentioned it briefly with the classroom system. It's basically, in this game, you kind of, all your entire party is laid out in a giant seating pattern in one giant classroom. And in order, to, you need to expand the number of available seats in the classroom in order to get more party members. And where, how they're arranged affects their, how well likely they are to combo together. In addition to that, everyone has a club. 
they can assign them to clubs, and then each club has a special ability that gives to all members of the club, and also people within the same club get bonuses for, for each other, and that's the kind of thing that only people in the same club can actually matter to change. So, like, if you have to put a wolf and a fighter together in the same club for them, to, the fighter to wield the wolf as a sword, the wolf can't be a sword for anyone who is outside of that club, so that's an annoying limitation, but you can still work, work aroundable. So there's a lot of ways to develop your characters with this system. It's kind of interesting. Mm. And of course, doing anything in terms of creating new clubs or uh, herbs or expanding the classroom involves the Dark Assembly, which is still around, still has political parties that are deeply divided and easily bribable. <laughs> or, you know, expensively bribable. <laughs> yes. I actually think three interests in the system right now, they have a favorite item, which is, you know, if you don't give them the item, they're not going to like you too much. So you need to, instead of just giving them the cheap candy like you could before, now you need to dig de- de- deep into the expensive swords for bribing. Hmm. Happy bribes. <laughs> okay. So the, the the other gameplay change here is uh, the geo. What are they called? Geo cubes or geo blocks? Geo blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just crystals, now you have blocks. So the crystal blocks work just the same way as crystals when the geo panels are around. And that you can destroy them, and they cause chain effects, and they apply their properties to every all the same color. But in addition to the, unlike crystals, now they do an additional effect. That's you can get giant stacks of these blocks, which kind of yes. work like panels, except you know every block has its own property, and they can do chain collapses in three dimensions. And there's whole, kind of mind bending. There's whole maps like completely made out of the things. Yeah, that's um, the, the class world. The, this is just the item world. Now you have character class world, which you can dive into the character's soul and by destroying lots of geo blocks, power them up directly. <laughs> Yeah, but in general, yeah, that's a with, great uh, way to get lots of mana. You really yes. Need. In in general, in this game, with, now with those geo blocks, the the level designs have just gotten crazy and more complicated. And there's this kind of like bizarre in some cases. Yeah, there's some really cool uh, stages in this, so that uh, uh, some of the some of the stages are even just like puzzle levels, even um, like trying to figure out, okay, how do I use these geo blocks to uh, unlock certain parts of the map, and maybe not all at once to deal with you know certain groups of powerful monsters. And there's just a lot of cool things. I, I remember one especially where it's kind of like a, uh, a, a multi-dimensional air map with like uh, limited pathways where um, it's like a if you if you end your turn on this panel you die instantly. So you kind of have to use like um, throwing people to get up to where the, the block is to destroy and get rid of that effect. And there's just a lot of cool maps like that. Um, well, like, you, you know, have to giant... use... Yeah, go on, sorry. I was all set. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's like the giant tower, which is like, you need to... You start at the top of this giant pile of blocks, and you got to work your way to the bottom fighting the monsters. So you need yeah. to selectively destroy blocks to get down further. And yeah, that's definitely go... one of the... That's one of the best in the game, for sure. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, how do I go down without going down too far, but not too slow? It's, it's yeah. kind of mind-bending. <laughs> uh, and really, I think this is what made it so hard for me to go back and play the previous games, just because, you know, those level designs aren't necessarily always bad or anything. It's just that it's so good in this game that, you know, I was probably just looking for more of that. But, you know, there's just lots of crazy stuff they do. And you know, just some 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 of the like the uh, backgrounds for some of these stages using the uh, the school motif. Uh, there's a lot of pretty funny stages. So, um, it's, 
you know, obviously the game's hit up for the PS2 sprites and whatnot, but they really took advantage of the extra memory of the system. You know, it, it, it this is not a game that could have fit on PS2, for sure. Not even remotely. No. I'm going to guess that if you look closely, you'll see tons of detail in the visuals, right? But, well, the sprites are pretty pixelated. But... Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean, a lot of the maps, there's, there's some details, um, and... Um, some of the story sequences where you've got like the big sprites, they look pretty nice and for the Vita version they actually made those animated so they look a bit nicer. So, I mean it's not really a super ugly game to look at by any means. It's a fine looking game. Don't sit five inches from your TV screen, Kane. (laughs) (laughs) Give it more space than that, but yeah. Listen to what your mother said. Sit at least three feet away from the TV or your eyes will go bad. All righty. So um, I think we like this game. I think we like it a lot. And uh, again, if you're a PlayStation Plus member of uh, like five or six months ago, you're very happy right now. Yeah. If you're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If if you're not, let's just let's just oh, take a look. Oh, Phil, Phil, Phil. We haven't done a price roundup for any of the earlier ones. Why would you do it now? Let's wait because, for the Because it's just game three. It's worth playing. I mean, the other ones are going to sort, but this one's really <laughs> worth playing. And so you're saying the Disgaea Four isn't worth playing, or we're going to do a separate uh, price roundup for that? We'll do a separate. I just want to say that. <laughs> I just want to say, like, like Disgaea Three for the Vita, it's like thirty bucks or so on eBay. Um, I, I can see one copy for twenty five plus shipping and handling. But uh, so if you're a PlayStation Network person, you see one. Just say, be a PlayStation Network. Do it. Do it now. If you got a Vita, there's no reason. Um, anywho. No, it's okay. 30, 30 but 30 bucks is, is so anyway. worth it. Yeah, 30 bucks is, if, is so if, worth it. If you don't have the the Vita, I'm pretty sure the PS3 version is really cheap. Yeah, oh yeah, jeez. The DLC isn't, though. The D- that is the yeah, problem. That's, <laughs> that's the problem. Yes, warning. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's why I say get the Vita if at all possible. But if you can't, then yeah, you can get the you can get the Disgaea Three Absence of Justice for uh, PlayStation Three for about fifteen bucks. All right, we're gonna take another break and we will wrap the segment up with a discussion on Disgaea Four. talk about Discia 4, A Promise Unforgotten, developed by Nippon Iji Software, but you didn't see that coming, released and published by NIS America on the PlayStation 3 in North America on September 6, 2011, and then later on on the Vita as A Promise Revisited in, oh, well, in January 30th, 2014, if you live in Japan, uh, hopefully coming out here, I guess it's been announced because I see uh, summer 2014 here. Um, so we might, uh, might definitely have an American. Do we know what kinds of extra content have been 
placed into it now? Additional content in the post-game. Uh, someone takes over. Fear the great... Oh, no, that's additional... Wait, is that... wonder if that's additional comment for content as in just stuff you get to do. In the post-game content, someone else takes over. Fear the great and starts changing the world, resulting in various people becoming the president in a world changing to fit their wants and needs. These are Axel, who becomes a big star, Flan, who gets the demons to spread love and peace, Razbarrel, who gets the demons to do volunteer work, Edna, who gets the main character to become her servants and continuously praise her nice body, Laharl, who tries to defeat Falva Torres to become the main character of the game. After defeating the culprit, finally gains full control of Fear of the Great and reveals the identity of Azagi, who wants her own game. Uh, they defeat her and she joins putting an end to the post-game story. Other optional bosses are Prini Curtis, Pringer X, and Zeta. Well, well, of course Asagi has to lose, or else uh, NIS would have to give her a, a game to herself. That That's clearly never going to happen, right? Yeah. So I just remember reading somewhere. I'll see if I can find the reference. I just remember reading somewhere that the PlayStation, the Vita will have the DLC story content, at the very least, um, added in as part of the, uh, as part of the cart. So, anywho, uh, while I'm looking that up, I'm sure somebody would like to uh, discuss the plot of Disgaea. Okay, let me do this one. I haven't done one of these in a long time because I rarely actually play (laughs) any of these, you know, on these main events, much less the game all the way through. Disgaea 4 follows the story of Valva Torres, a vampire who loves sardines. Because it's all about sardines! It's all about the sardines! Oh, he is so freaking cool. He was once a tyrant who was feared, but he made a promise to a woman many, many centuries, 400 years ago, that he would not drink blood until he could instill fear in her. But she died before he could do that. So he ended up somehow ended uh, ended up with with a job in Hades where he became a pretty instructor! And he takes his job so seriously, too. So seriously. Uh, he takes everything seriously. He takes especially sardines. Sardines. And um, um, so, as we mentioned before, those printings are dead dead humans that have been sent to, to serve off their sentences. Uh, he trains them. But at some point, the government, uh, the what's it called? The evil government down there? The uh, corruptament. The corruptament, yes, the corruptment gets a hair up its ass and decides to exterminate all prinnies, which since Valtori takes his job so um, so strongly, and he had just made a promise that he was going to finish up their training or something along those lines, he gets pissed when the government, the corruptment, gathers them up. He's like, whoa, 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 hold up here. I made a promise to those prinnies. You can't take them. I don't care if you're with the corruptment. I always fulfill my promises. So uh, he rushes into battle uh, with Fenric at his side. Fenric is his loyal sidekick werewolf who strikes me a little bit like the butler from uh, Disgaea 3 because you swear he's so loyal. All is for my lord that you're just wondering what in the hell is he really scheming? I don't think he ever actually, I don't remember him ever twisting anything too bad though. Well, I think it's kind of a complicated thing like Valvatoris beat him in the past or, or like beat him or saved his life something. It's a kind of complex psychological for him that, you know, he is really insists on Velvatorius both being strong and but also, you know, serving him. Yeah. Yeah. He's really honestly straightforward. It's you know, it's like 
his scheming is pretty transparent and like the whole stuff like the whole like we are rebels and like everyone says what when did we decide that and Valvatore says oh of course it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's naturally it's like you know Fenric's completely manipulating Valvatore's at every turn Valvatore's kind of knows this and kind of accepts this kind of, yeah, yeah yeah like you know it's important for my butler to do schemes for me kind of thing the uh so so you know as they chase down the printies they find out that what's happening is uh too many souls are being sent down and they're running out of printy bodies. And so, in fact, one of the girls that you run into, not there, uh, far thereafter, she's just, she's still a human, but she's just kind of dressed in a printy jacket with a hat. Yeah, she's got a printy hat. Printy hat. Printy okay. hat. Her name's Fuka Kazumatsuri. Yeah. Fuka. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you got the collector's edition like I did, I've got the little statue of Fuka. Maybe I'll take a picture and put it up on the forum thread. But I got my little Fuka with her bat sitting right there next to uh, next to my Persona figurine that I got after reading the review on RP Gamer. So, um, <laughs> RP Gamer, your source for all news. Um, uh, anyways, uh, so he finds out that Corruptum is just, just what, what the, why, why are all these souls coming down here? It's because people don't fear anymore. Demons aren't doing their job. They're not instilling enough fear into people. Something's got to be done about this so Valvatorius and Fenric battle across the netherworld to get support from the masses um, along the way they meet uh, like you mentioned Fuka uh, the, the the human girl who died and technically became a printy but kept her human body due to the lack of printy bodies uh, they they run into Desco a, her sister who's a monster uh, created on earth to be the final weapon uh, based yeah and who Fuka, Fuka believes Desco is the one who killed her in the first place, even though she doesn't. Fuka still kind of denies being dead. So. Yep. It's a- and one of my one of my favorite characters, Death Measle, because because this guy he's supposed to be Death, but he's looks like a, a little teenage <laughs> punk who absolutely has no yeah. backbone. He grows one through the story, so it's nice seeing his character develop where he finally actually gets to reap a soul. But the whole time he's like, "I'm Death Measle. Have you actually?" Have you actually killed anybody? Well, no, no, no. But I'm I'm the president's son. Damn it. So uh, yeah, just uh, president's only son. Uh, he he's so wishy washy that he, the the president just basically turns his back on him and declares him dead. But I'm right here in front of you guys. Oh well, the but the media said you're dead. So clearly you're dead. But I'm right here in front of you. No, we're pretty sure you're dead. Uh, and the, he gets so mad about this, you invade the media and take over their headquarters. Take over the media. It's so hilarious. Uh, so uh, finally, Valvatores and his his allies assault the Corruptiment with all the support that they've gathered and defeat Netherworld President Hugo. But he, he was really a, an anticlimactic boss battle. He went down pretty easy. Uh, but they discover that the fear energy, the power source of all the demons, uh, has run dry ever since the humans have become uh, less superstition and began fearing each other more than the monsters and demons. So, um, and they find out that all... I forget an important character in the meantime who's the mysterious angel Volcanus who even though she t- bears the name of the really scummy fat old guy from the first game is in fact actually a beautiful young female angel with pink hair who is also going around basically confiscating all the money in the netherworld for the, some unknown purpose <laughs> yeah that kind of gets yeah that gets a little revealed a little on but yeah um 
But um, uh, but yeah, that they find out this is engineered by Mr. Judge Nemo, who runs both Earth and the Neverworld from behind the scenes. He's the kind of mysterious person who you see in cutscenes early on, uh, you know, uh, barking orders a little bit or pushing uh, Hugo, President Hugo, in certain directions. So they end up going to Earth to stop Judge Nemo and his plans for destroying, um, uh, ending up uh, running into Des X, the final version of Desco, and uh, Fuka's mm-hmm. original killer. And so that's where the confusion came in. Yeah, she looks just like Desco, except she might actually even be even stronger, which is something strange. Desco is pretty crazy powerful. Yeah, yeah, she's she. I used her throughout the whole the thing. I mean, yeah, she just yeah. decimates, and yeah. it's yeah, give her give her a high attack monster object and just let her go to work. Uh, and even better, give her to, as a magic change on Fuka and just watch those sisters destroy everything in their. Oh, path. It's, it's just so wrong. Um. So, uh, so, you know, because, because Hades and, and Earth is not enough for a Disgaea game, uh, they end up having to go to the moon, where, uh, Judge Nemo plans to crash land the Earth, uh, the moon into the Earth, and, uh, now they get a little help from, uh, an angel named Flan at this point. An archangel. Archangel. He's now to been promoted. Now. <laughs> yeah. And she's the one that reveals that Volcanus is, in fact, uh, who's been traveling with the party for a while, claiming to raise money for whatever purposes, um, is really uh, Artina, the angel. And uh, that uh, ties back into the promise that Valvatora has made. Yeah, in fact, she's, in fact, the girl he promised long ago that she didn't scare her. She, uh, that he'd only drink him in blood if he scared her and drink her blood. Yeah. Yeah. So who also thinks that it's also revealed that she has a straight mysterious connection to Judge Nemo, who actually loved her when she was a human way back when. And yeah, because she was she stuff. was like healing him. He was left on a battlefield mm-hmm. or something. He was the enemy. Um, so he can never quite let that go that she died or something. Um, she was such an innocent, and uh, and so he held on to anger, and that's kind of what drove him to become the, uh, the the nasty person that he was. He eventually ends up getting assimilated by Fear the Great, a machine designed by God to use the malice of all living beings to destroy the world in case things just got too bad. Kind of a fail-safe. Um, yeah. In the meantime, there's this little alien invasion you need to deal with. I, I can't even remember what... Well, the aliens were on the moon that. as guardians to the machines that were designed to... to to catch to crash drive it so yeah the aliens kind of a yeah. te- um, uh, tercetary characters or whatever but yeah they're kind of throwaway yeah. but yeah they're they're protecting the there were some tough battles with those aliens so i had to grind up for them i mean that by that part of the game it got into the normal disgaea okay we know you've gotten through so far with only one or two trips in item world but now you need to really seriously I'm... consider some leveling before you take on these levels stud muffin because yeah these powerful bio armor soldiers and androids that are really strong and when you're what when you're mousing it. over them and they got the letter s next to their name you know you're screwed you just know <laughs> you, yeah because they are superstars or super somethings and they got super stats s stands for super stats because for some reason their stats are much higher than anybody else at their level so uh yeah well i mean they're basically this game's equivalent to the machin which are the super post-game classes from the last time around so last few games so yeah they're pretty strong so maybe i wasn't sh- uh shape-shifting though uh f- um 
uh, uh, Des, uh, Desco enough. Uh, maybe that would have helped me. But there was times where, yeah, I was I was like getting to them and trying to go all offensive on them and just not being able to kill them in one round. So then they would get the counterattack and wipe, you know, wipe out a good chunk of my group. And I'd be like, damn it, reset. Did that like three times. Damn it, time to go into item world again. Uh, yeah. And, and I think, I think this game, uh, the, it goes up to the main story. You end up, uh, by, with fighting enemies at level 100, I think towards the yeah, end. Like, earlier this game games tough around like 50 to 70. Yeah. Yeah. It de- that's that. what I'm saying. That's why I was like, that's why it's to me, this was a hard, this was a longer game because higher, higher level of the, of the, uh, of the enemies, more, more kind of what I want to call mini bosses, but a lot of characters walking around with an S on their name, which means that they just have super stats and can kick your ass. And then, uh, yeah, and, also the, and then the boss was the, no cakewalk either. And also because the scheme actually does a couple fake outs so you can almost believe you're fighting the final battle a bit earlier than it actually really is. Oh my gosh. How many, I mean, like, the, <laughs> this is the final, final episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's the thing. They go well past the final episode when considering that, you know, Hugo is actually the same level as most Diskaya final bosses, so it's, it's the, the end of all the battles yeah. we've fighting so far. It's pretty believable he could be the end other than the last little questionable things behind You know it. what, you're right. I was like, gosh, this this is going to be like kind of a short game. Uh, this is actually going to be a short Diskaya. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh nope. yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a final episode. This is, all right, now this is a good sign. Oh, wait a minute. No, nope, not done yet. No, nope, got the final, final. Ep- no, nope, got the final, final. This is the final re- really is the final episode episode uh yeah that was awesome so uh yeah so they traveled into the fear of the great they defeat judge neil force him to face his hatred and the fact show him that adina's still alive and kicking as an angel that kind of cracks him up a little bit and at the end um as Judge Nemo's soul was about to vanish, uh, Valvatoris decides to send it to Hades so that Nemo can reincarnate as a printing and atone for his sins, which only makes sense. So I can imagine how big that debt is going to be. It's going to be off. That's what, that's what they were like, say, but you will be working off this debt for hundreds, no, thousands of years, but we'll make it count. <laughs> I'm just, and he's like, yes, okay, <laughs> that sounds great. Like, wow, I think I would have just, no, just go ahead, throw me into the abyss or whatever, make me disappear. That sounds like more. So, yes, uh, yes, now that uh, Mr. Apps has reminded me that you can, in fact, build your own world, apparently, and power level your characters. I guess I know how to beat it faster next time if I have to play it on the Vita. Uh, yeah, and also, this is a game with a very big, very powerful cast of main characters, so you could probably just rely yeah. most of them. Yeah. Yeah, why, I mean, why did I... Uh, really, I think the only reason I felt that I had that helped to have those secondary characters for spells... Um, I always like monsters because you know magic change. Magic change, the best magic change. Ah, you know, probably would have been better off just focusing on three. I'm telling you, somebody has played this game (laughs) with three characters. Write your write your email, tell me how awesome that was, or write on forums, rpgamer.com. Click on the forum link on the left and tell us about your three character run through of Disgaea Four. But, uh, you know, we all know that I couldn't possibly do that being the obsessive compulsive person I am. I so know. I actually unlocked all the classes and built everything up. <laughs> That's how we are, Nate. You and I were birds of a feather. <sighs> yeah, it's like, this is why I've never beaten a Pokemon game. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Jeez. Plus, that main cast out right is now, just so but... powerful. Yeah. You're going to want to level them. The who class is so powerful? The main the main characters. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they just totally carry the thing. So uh, let's talk about some of the uh, – we talked about the storyline. How about some other char- – are there other characters I didn't run over that jump well, out at you? Uh, Fuka's uh, father. I mean, it's like he's, yeah. you know, he's kind of secret behind her whole plots. And the real reason for why everything's going as it is is utterly hilarious. And out of nowhere, it really made me laugh. 
but I won't spoil it. And um, and he, yeah, just so much fun, so funny. I think you're for. I think you're forgetting. Um, what was his name? Some sort of dark hero or something. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Some, jeez. Something that begins with an A. I mean, yeah, Axel. He is so freaking hilarious. I mean, he never joins the party or anything like that, and but he just keeps trying to barge in. As he reminds me, mid boss. He keeps trying to barge in and get respect. And at one point, he becomes the president. But it's just only because you know the real heroes, uh, villains, whatever demons are out, you know, taking care of business. And as soon as they get back. He, I, I believe I remember somewhere part of the ending, he didn't stay there long. It was like his presidency was the shortest pres. No, they actually deleted the records. <laughs> Something like that. I remember I was laughing at that ending. More importantly, he gets a whole chapter devoted to him. Uh, where uh, the underworld gets infected with the A virus, which turns everyone to into Axel. Axel. Oh, yes, oh yes, God. that's too funny. Yes. And, and so, the main characters are struggling going... Oh my god, did you... Oh, I forget what Axel's catchphrase was, but did you just use Axel's catchphrase? <gasps> You're getting it too. Yeah, so like every battle in that chapter is just Axel's. Yeah, it was... All Axel. And if, 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 you, if you fail at the uh, the final battle against him, you get a another ending where the the cast does turn into Axel's. <laughs> oh, man. And it's pretty funny. Yeah. So, uh, but the go ahead. But that last battle is is just hilarious because they they just fill it with it just a rid- ridiculous number of axles because they just throw in a bunch of lower level ones just to have a bunch there. It's just that chapter is amazing. A lot of creativity. Yeah, yeah. So, any other characters? And for me, I forgot. I forgot Axel could have forgotten another big one somewhere. I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. So, uh, yeah. what about gameplay? Oh. Uh, gameplay, well, it continues to trend that things get slightly better each game. And yeah. for example, this game it has a version of something like like the classroom sim from the previous game, except a bit more flexible. And you don't have the strict club limitations. You can actually have it's basically you're spreading out your dominion over the nether world. That's how it works. Every time you clear an area, you get that area on your map, and you can put someone in there as a slot, as it fills up as a slot for your character, for place of characters, or building giant buildings you can assign to people, and so forth. It's very flexible and complicated, and it's really fun to mess around with. Mm, yep, yep. Also, yeah, absolutely. And it's also like Magic Change is just as awesome as in three, except now it doesn't have a stupid club limitation. Anyone can Magic Change at any time, so it's even more powerful. <laughs> it doesn't just last for three turns. I think it still does that, but <sighs> you know, there's some limitations on the incredible power of Magic Change. Uh, but hey, it's still really useful. And um, I don't think you get it till the post game, but you get the ability to uh, combine two monsters into a giant monster, and then yeah, they combine. Can... Then they can match change into a yes. giant weapon, which is ridiculously hard to put together. But if you actually manage it, it's an insanely powerful weapon. Oh, don't even forget you can also dual magic change. You can one person two magic change weapons yes. at once, or yes. you can find two four two monsters, two four monsters and two giant monsters, and have them dual magic change. So one person is <laughs> willing two giant weapons, which is <laughs> ridiculously complicated and a lot of uh, character slots. You're going to lose quickly for that battle, but, but the power. Yes, you'll probably just annihilate everything anyway. Uh, and and of course the obviously quote unquote biggest gameplay change to this was uh the graphical improvements. Um, yeah, 
High resolution sprites. Yeah, they finally did high resolution sprites. Although I, I felt like some of the actual like environments in this game and and a lot of stuff outside of those sprites, uh, not quite as good. But overall, yeah. it's a good looking game. Yeah, it is. The um, yeah, and uh, this new sprites, they're on record as saying that this should carry them through the PlayStation Five. So uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so um, anything. Anything else as far as gameplay mechanic differences and stuff? I, uh, I can't think if they thought of some new way to make mages worse, but yeah, uh, I swear mages short in the stick. I don't, I don't think so. Although I don't think I used mages outside of uh, a meal. Yeah, like you use the main character of magic. Yeah, I mean they really reduced the number of classes compared to Scale Three. Three has a lot of classes, like male, female, yeah. everything. Uh, this one they've scaled back on that a lot. So how do you to unlock them all? How do you teach your character much. main characters spells in this one? Uh, same way as three, you spend mana at the evil tea shop to unlock the ability. Like, but what if what if what if they don't have fire? on their list. You know, I think this is a loss from scale one, but I don't think we have a way to fix it. You don't that. have a way to, that's what I was thinking. I think that's why I kept making mages. Cause I kind of was like, Oh, I really have no way of doing elemental magical damage with most of my main characters though. I mean, you, well, okay. And measle is, is a really yeah. kick-ass fucking caster. <laughs> yeah. Actually there yeah. is a way to learn abilities outside of that. And I think that's if you, the special option, uh, the special shop at the bottom of class world can get you abilities you don't normally have. Uh, there you go. I think you might be able to share skills depending on how you have things set up in the whole home yeah, base maybe thing. I mean, I know, I think I remember being next to a certain character and being able to, maybe it was my student or something like that, kind of like to scale one where I could use their spell, but it wasn't like I could learn their spell by doing it multiple times. Yeah, like I couldn't I just scale one. Use the skill, but there, there's no more skill learning system by use. How so rude. You can't learn it that way. Backstabbers. Yeah, though, though maybe that comes back in the next game. Bad, bad. Bad perhaps. people. Bad. Perhaps. Perhaps they bring that back in D2. So. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Just perhaps. Yeah, they did. It sounds like you might know something that could be no, a benefit. I, I didn't review that game, <laughs> I think. No, that you're absolutely right. That that game has no bearing whatsoever on what we're talking about here. Tell you, I tell yeah. you, and I, I, it felt like to me this game had not only because the level, not just it, it felt like it had more story, more content. Um, but, you know, not just, uh, not. I mean, when you got to level 100, it wasn't because they just, you know, where other games only got to 70 or so. It wasn't because they just made the levels ramp up that much faster. It's because there were that much more content, more dialogue. The story went on longer, but it was fun. Yeah. It was a fun ride. One thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, generally, I don't think this game's story hits the same high, say, some of the previous games do. But at the same time, it's far more consistent than the, some of the previous games. Yeah. And this is the only Disgaea game I really played from start to finish in one real burst, rather than, you know, taking like a three-month break. A three-month, yeah, to get frustrated. <laughs> no, I agree. I did the same thing. I was like, this I'm going to play it right. And, no, I did the same thing. I got through it at, at one, well, not one sitting, Lord only knows. But now, <laughs> now here's where I'm sure I'm going to get you to disagree with me. But this is just Phil. And anyone who's listened to RPG Backtrack know how Phil's, Phil, Phil feels about certain things. So one of the things that they did in this game, which most people will say was an improvement, is that a lot of the boards in here using the geo cubes or whatever have you feel a lot more puzzly. 
to me that i mean it was kind of ramped up a little in, in three and four i was just like oh my gosh if i see one more puzzle board where i have to really think about what i have to do with the geo blocks of of happiness to, in order to get you know that killer enemy down to where i can actually reach him and hit him or something along those lines i'm gonna kill somebody because i don't <laughs> like puzzles in my tactical games I love them. loved it jeez yeah this is a good game it's a good game it's just a good game it just felt like they were unnecessary speed bumps in my time quest to get through the story (laughs) i mean this is a game they've been doing since like i mean it just feels like it's puzzles for a long time it feels i know i know i know i'm not saying it's something new that came out left field and knocked me upside the head i just feel like it was like i think a lot of people agree the puzzles there are more of them and they're done better which means you have to think harder which is an improvement for most people, but Uncle Phil is tired, works a full-time job, just wants to come through and grind and beat a bunch of crap up. Doesn't want to have to think they has to pull this red brick over here, turn it to green, you know, by jumping over here. And then, because there were some really <laughs> nasty ones that I got beaten up like two or three oh, times yeah. before I figured out, oh, you have to take this block and move it over here. Oh, I'm playing Sudoku. No, I'm not. I'm playing Duskaya. Yeah, you know, so, but that's just Phil. That's just Phil. But they were very well designed. And 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 it's like every, every time you ran to a different one, it was a different puzzle it was creative it wasn't like we're recycling the same ideas over and over again with these puzzles um they were they there were a lot of creative thought you know put into a lot of them i felt i felt like the variety was better than Disgaea 3 for some reason um don't know why can't don't have no scientific facts to back that up it's just a feeling as far as the variety of the the boards themselves the t- tactical situation they put in and the variety of the puzzles despite the fact that it went on longer it didn't feel like it was getting long in the tooth um as much because every board was something different every time I, even when i was at the end i was like damn what's this next board gonna what's this next board gonna make me do how's it gonna have the enemies arranged what are the geoblocks deals gonna be i just i just hated the ones that were so geoblock centric that unless you were literally 50 levels above the enemy you weren't going to get through them without figuring out the puzzle it just or the enemy like there was one where it was one where i was level appropriate and i had already reincarnated once or twice but the there's four big enemies on color blocks on all sides of you while you're on an island of geoblocks in the middle where your entrance is at and any of those enemies are quite capable of knocking most of my characters out in one hit because they're on these killer ass geoblocks so you oh, that, that stage is easy uh well if you're overpowered for it with your with your kick-ass room of <laughs> I, leveling up then i suppose it was i was not overpowered. Uh-huh, sure you just, weren't it was very careful yeah sure uh, you know well that's where the thinking part comes in and after you know yeah. 12 hours of work uh, my 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 cylinders are not all running so i understand yeah Anyway, but but overall, I had a really good time with it and stuff. So sometimes I have to put it down. I hit one of those puzzles. Think about what well, was at I work. I seem to recall that you have finished this game, which I finished them all. Yeah, I finished them all. Go me! Yay! A fact checker. I finished all the games in series. Yay! I'm so happy. It's like my birthday. Go me. Yeah, I actually finished this one up. I, not that I was actually trying to time for Disgaea Backtrack or anything, but I was like, oh, this game is more than two years old now. I like Disgaea. I like tactical RPGs. Let's pop this bad puppy in. And uh, got through that. And uh, yeah, so it's all good. Now I just got D2 on the backlog. So, and then I'll be caught up on all those guys. Anywho. Until, until NIS makes another one. Yeah, D3 and a half. Okay. Or until four for the Vita comes out and you have to play it again. All right, so yeah, right. Uh, so let's uh, let's do our let's do the pr- the price wrap up, shall we? They they they're, they're all cheap. Oh, I have one more thought on four though. 
Scale 4 is like 20 bucks. They're all pretty darn cheap. You're not going to, you shouldn't be pulling out your left lung for these. This isn't, uh, this isn't, uh, Earthbound. But, but Phil, Phil, what if you want them brand new in the shrink Even wrap? Even brand new in the shrink wrap, they're like 20 bucks. Yeah. In fact, I would prefer to buy this one in the shrink wrap because the used copies aren't that much cheaper. And when given a choice, a few bucks difference, I'm going to take the new every time. So get, might as well get it and open up. Ah, fresh shrink wrap. Ah. Mm, the manual smells like new. Yeah. No matter which way you go, even if you go with the Vita versions uh, of the ones or the PSP versions of the ones that have those, uh, you're you're in the same ballpark for just about all these, between 15 and 30 bucks. So uh, what did you want to say, Mr. Maps? I uh, just wanted to talk briefly about some of my main gripe about the story in this game. Uh, ampersand, ampersand, the ampersand, main... ampersand, 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 ampersand. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the main character is awesome. Uh, there's no doubt about that. The issue is the game spends way too much time on Buka and Desco. Like, way too much oh, time. Buka and Desco are awesome. They are awesome. I'm not going to deny it at all. It's just that they they yeah, soak up story, mean, way though. too much of the story. Yeah, I think so, uh, there's a lot of interesting stories in this game. They, just, they have, don't have a great connection to each other. It's like yeah. it's not like, you know, it's clearly Valvatore's story or Buka's story or something. It doesn't tie together well like Freeze does, so it... A little disjointed there. Yeah, that, that's kind of my issue there. Uh, the, the characters themselves are, are fine, just that, you know, how it all fits together, how much time is spent on each character when is very disjointed. So, uh, that, I mean, that's, if you go back and look at my review, that's really my only big gripe with the game is that the, yeah, the, the story has some issues. Uh, but yeah, it's like, just about it's everything like, else is great. Yeah, it's like, it's like they've got Velvetor's story, which is a great story, but a little underdeveloped. They've got the measles story, which is interesting, but you know, fit too small part of the game. And then they've got Fuka's story, which could be a great story of itself, but it's just the rocket to a side story. And it's don't really combine together very well. Yeah, I think so. she was holding on to the whole. Uh, I'm not really dead. This is just a dream shtick for like way too long. Uh, that continues on into DLC. Oh, for the love of all that's holy in my entire <laughs> life. That that was just playing itself out a little too thin uh, for my taste. Yeah. yeah, just a little too much focus on the side characters, certainly. I can agree with that. Um, yeah. I mean, they're not bad. Uh, by no, anywhere. no, but but it's like, yeah, there's just they're, the main character's called the main character for the reason. He should have. Yeah. I think, you know, the problem is like, you know, it's, it's not like that's any real interesting interactions and connection between some of these side characters and Velvatore. Velvatore is so off in his own world that it's not like, let's say, <laughs> Mao and Almaz who, you know, interact and play off each other very, very well all the time. It's like, Velvatore is just so out of it. He only cares about yeah. sardines and Artina. You know, it, it, he doesn't really play off his sidecast very well, probably. He's awesome, but, you know, sometimes you wonder how good of a leader he is. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, wrap this up. We're going to go around the table, and I want you to tell everybody if you could only if you could only buy one Disgaea and play it, or if, if you you know what would, uh, what would you which one would you play? And uh, we'll uh, start off with Mister Apps. Three Vita version. All right. What about you, Mister Nathan? I don't know. Four, maybe. I guess. Yeah, got some story issues, but it's a lot of fun. Ooh. Oh man, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm in the middle of both of you, uh, but I'm gonna go. But wow, that is tough. Wow, wow. But it is. I mean, I have like we, have we forgotten so. that Nathan is always right, Phil? I, I thought oh, that was the, oh, that's the right. Nathan's always right. 
<laughs> right. I happily accept it. Yeah. Well, he must be because I said three Vita version, even though I gave four higher a higher rating than three Vita version. I, I I I will tell you. I mean, I you know what? I wish I had it with me. It's upstairs. I would love to look at my gameplay time on that one, but I can I can almost promise you I have spent more time in three Vita than four. Um, if for no other reason that having it in the palm of your hand is just wrong the whole i'm gonna grind out a few dungeons and item world while i'm on my royal throne room is just too easy a temptation to pass up i mean it's just well just wait for four vita oh my gosh and then four vita yeah so you have four vita as well i I don't know though when i get into post game content and it really just becomes more about the the grinding and the subsystems and stuff i i think it you know at that point the story kind of really takes a back seat uh, which one? Which one do you guys think for um, you know battle systems and stuff? I mean, if you're gonna go four. into that post game content, and that's four. why I picked four. Yeah, yeah, four. It's gotta be four. Gotta be four. Um, obviously, uh, three is I mean, my okay. sentimental pick. Okay, but four yeah. has the better mechanics. Okay, uh, absence. You've played okay, th- it. I'll oh, go ahead, uh, Nathan. I was three. It's like uh, you know, the DLC looks like there's so many great characters I want to buy for it that aren't available in four, but. That's the only thing for three. Like four is the better mechanical game. It's just a nice improvement over all the previous entries. Right. So, uh, absence. You've played. Um, you've played uh, D two. What if I throw that one in the ring? Uh, two is uh, interesting because uh, I don't want to. S- the, the mechanics are kind of. I don't like using the word simplified. Um, but I can't really think of a better word for it. Retrofied? Yeah, that's probably... That works. Streamline? Uh, Streamline! Streamline works. (laughs) Um, But it's not quite as deep and complex as the other ones, but it also makes things smoother, and um, even though I was absolutely bored with that game's story, I just wanted to keep going because it was so fun. So, um... uh, But is it better than 4? No, uh, it's definitely not better than four. Um, but the ways they've streamlined things out and made it really more accessible and made the item world uh, something that just about everybody will want to play now, instead of just you know all of us that love digging into the depths of these games. Um, there's just like a lot of interesting changes there that are are, are worth playing and i'm really looking forward to hopefully a lot of those changes showing up in the next one but um okay, if there is a next one it was kind of a sad question but... yeah why wouldn't there be a next one? Oh, because most of the main staff behind the scale series left nipponichi recently. oh why um mostly i think because nipponichi wanted them to take wanted them to basically change shuffle things around so they lost all their seniority and took a lot lower pay hmm. something really scummy corporate move like that so a lot of the main talent behind the scale series left the company yeah. Mm. Like, not good. Not good. No. And, and for we, people, and I love NIS, but they've also made some crappy games before, and they they've also shown that not everything they they release is super awesome. So I hate for them to get some bad talent and start releasing crap. That'd just be a tragedy. Um, yeah, it would be. Um, alrighty. Well, I think uh, I think we haven't even done the final lap yet, and I think we've already exceeded our record on the RPG backtrack for show length. Or if not, we're very close. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna we're gonna call it at this. Boys and girls, go out and buy discas. Lots and lots of discas, and uh, we'll be right back after another musical selection to wrap this up. 
with what I anticipate will be a lengthy final lap. And we have returned and we're ready to wrap this up which with what might be a little bit of a lengthy final lap this is the part of the show where we read your comments answer emails uh, tell you what's coming up and tell you what we're playing and occasionally get sidetracked into pointless debates uh, so our last sh- only occasionally only occasionally um, our last show was uh, number 112 Your Real Ogre we talked about Ogre Battle and I have to say uh, the outpouring of opinions and support was just was just right up there with our robot Tyson war show. Just um, amazing. So uh, whew, so we're gonna I'm gonna try to do these comments justice, but I will do for the longer comments. Try to to abbreviate them or whatever. I'm gonna tag team with 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 Mike here. Mike, you got that page pulled up. If you don't, yeah, I've got okay. Me, I'll I'll start you off. Tell me which ones you want. We'll, we'll me just and I'll we'll go just alternate it. every other one so it doesn't sound like a film monologue. Because uh, even though I get like three comments a week saying we love our film monologues, you know, we just we we don't want to give them too much of a good thing. So Von Beerly says in Ogre Battle. Well, also, also, this gives a chance for Nathan to chime in because his technical difficulties last time were most heinous. Oh, yeah, that's right. So my even though Phil has has officially agreed that whatever you have to say was good. It was good. Oh my god, it was so so freaking good. What you were about to say that I have no idea what it was. I'm just telling you, it was good. I'll make sure you understand how good it is. Oh and uh, and I'm still enjoying Bravely Default, by the way, because because your help so there. The Thank you so much. Well, we're going to talk more about that later on, but uh, let's read our comments and definitely if you if you two the other uh, my uh, our two guests on here, if you guys uh, as we're reading the comments want to chip in with your opinions or thoughts, uh, absolutely do so. Uh, so Von Beerly says in Ogre Battle, I remember getting the three High Knights and Golf and one group with my hero and just destroying every enemy group after that. Pretty sure I got every ending in the game. That sounds like the way to get the evil ending. myself. I, I don't know, but I, I'm just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit evil ending of that one. Yeah. Might have got the evil. Good job. You have probably won ogre battles. Like you win ogre There are battles. many shades of evil in that game. I remember uh, that was the thing. Like I, I figured out pretty early on that would be an easy way to win. Just do a focus on a couple of groups and level. You know, the levels mean a lot in that game. But that was also an evil, like, your alignment would go through the floor, your reputation would... Anyways, go ahead, Mike. Lol Whoops says, 
Ogre Battle 64 is one of my favorite games and one of the first strategy tactical RPGs I've ever played. It helped make that little niche my favorite. You know what? I can understand that. I bought it on the Wii shop and played the crap out of it, but I would much prefer to have it on my 3DS just because my Wii is never hooked up. I remember exploiting glitches to duplicate items because my main teams were so strong that they all tended toward chaos, and when I wanted something different, I had to pump the nature-changing items into my groups. Also, I cheaped out and made my weaker characters stronger in a mostly vain attempt to keep my forces balanced. I want to play it again now. I mean, that... You know, I'll like echo the whole, you know, it'd be nice to have a 3DS version of the series. Just, you know, maybe a new version of the series. It's been too long. Hmm. But that was part of the real fun was when you wanted to try to keep everything balanced. Um, yeah. Tough, tough, tough. Uh, let's... It's like, go ahead. Yeah, the problem... Keeping everything balanced is hard by Mission 2. I can imagine how hard it is by the really end game. Now, now Mr. Apps, I understand you did try Ogre Battle once upon a time, right? Briefly? Yes. Did you have uh, any thoughts that you wish to impart? Uh, I mean, I played it a lot way back in the day, uh, but I did play Ogre Battle 64 not too long ago. And your thoughts... Uh, it was pretty awesome. Okay, that but was the. I got dis- distracted. Uh, what? And what? Distract? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. We we seem to have lost you on the on the call. Um, uh, don't know what's going on there. Uh, just just sometimes you just can't project the internet. Uh, sorry, we seem to have lost my gaps. We'll try I'm to get them back here. on. Just can't hear them or anything. Uh, anyways, drag. Uh, I mean, uh, ogre battle guys. Awesome. Go play it now. All right. Let's see here, uh, Gaijin. And with the with the Wii Virtual Console, you don't have to pick up a Nintendo sixty four to play Ogre Battle sixty four. What are you waiting for? Buy it now and reskin your Wii to become just an Ogre Battle arcade machine. Period. Done. You're you're happy. Uh, Gaijin Monogatari says, "I'm really am- was one of our guests last time. He was, and he has a comment. He says, "I'm really amazed that companies haven't been converting the better N64, PSX, or PS2 titles to the 3DS and Vita. There's got to be money in it for Square Enix beyond the current spate of Dragon Quest remakes." And speaking of Dragon Quest remakes, where's our Dragon Quest Seven remake? I want to play that on the 3DS. Seriously, I want to try that game. For the that that would be pretty cool. It is. Um, I do have that one somewhere. I remember trying it years ago. It would be much better as a handheld game. Much better. Uh, Wait, this next comment. I'm not sure I should read it, Phil. It it seems to be from you. <laughs> no, no, because that's just me saying, "Yay, Gaijin, you're right." Go on to the next one. All right, from Goat Guy, Goatee Guy. I'm I'm not quite sure how that how you pronounce your name and. I'm sure you'll tell me eventually. Ah, yes, another fine episode of RPG Backtrack. I found Ogre Tactics years ago while in college and could only get, like, 30 minutes into the game because it made no sense. If this episode had come out four to six years ago, I would have had a much better go of it. Now I need to find it again and play it on my laptop. In regards to the comment of my dedication being tested by episode 28, Super Robot Tyson Original Generation, it was actually pretty good. It wasn't a hard slog at all. Nathan? We may applaud his dedication because this fellow clearly likes what he hears. Yes, Unfortunately, he can't say the same of episode 33, Harvest Moon, which was shorter but surprisingly more dry. And... Ah, I like that fact track myself, but I guess Stan's getting bored of me complaining about A Wonderful Life. <laughs> uh, you know, I might have to replace those first few sentences with a very long, Amber Stan! I just don't know why. 
but it <laughs> sounded like he was not praising Ogre Battle to its fullest, and unfortunately, that's not acceptable. All right. Yeah, it sounded like his memory was failing in certain aspects, and obviously that is completely unforgivable with regard to Ogre Battle. It, it burns itself into your mind so strongly that allowing it to forget is either a most heinous personal lapse or the first sign of Alzheimer's, which you really should attend to as quickly as you can. Indeed. And don't, don't blame him if he has Alzheimer's, Phil. I've had relatives with Alzheimer's. It's not much fun. Uh, Shaman says, shame you couldn't get Mac and Glenn on for this one since they covered these games in the second back. See, people are quoting, which, which backtracks. I don't know how you guys do this. I can't remember what we recorded like four shows ago, and you guys can remember what happened five and a half years ago on episode number two. You guys rock. Um, anyway, shame you couldn't get Mac and Glenn since they covered the aims of the second bad track, and I'd be interested to see if their views changed. I actually replied to that and said, yeah, Mac, Mac tends to be super busy, and Glenn doesn't love me more because I was an ogre to him. <laughs> Anyways, we all, we didn't, we, the reason why we... Let's see. Then Mac actually responded on the forums to say that his thoughts are the same now as they were then. Glenn might have a different opinion on them, but I'm at least glad Tactics Ogre was remade, even if he hasn't gotten around to it yet. And then Glenn responded. He said that he replayed Ogre Battle 64 a couple years ago and was pleasantly surprised that he still had a blast. Remains one of his favorite tactics games. Of course, his latest playthrough reinforced all the positive opinions he'd expressed on it in the past. And then he played the Tactics Ogre PSP remake and didn't think it was all that special. Finished it and had fun, but wasn't floored oh. by it. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you're, you're breaking up, Mike. Oh. Uh, I'm having trouble. I'm not, these are not you, my you know, words, um, I, oh. Also, I'm talking about something that we haven't technically talked about yet. We will be talking about it in the future, but we can't just do the Ogre battle and then the Tactics Ogre immediately subsequent. That's, that's true. That's, that's not the backtrack way. Uh, yeah, but like, that's a quick preview to the Tactics Ogre Backtrack, I will say they are very different games. Yes, very, very different. different. Oh, yeah, yeah. We kind of touched on We'll We'll definitely... Um, but they're, they're awesome. Go do it now. Um, anyway, um, and that's why we didn't have Mac and 7th, ultimately, is because we just knew they were just going to come on and say they were both awesome. So, uh, they already had their chance. Uh, we had a new generation of people saying they're awesome. Alright. Uh, Sephirin Kitty Cat... Seraphim kid. Oh, okay, whatever. Uh, lure, me, ooh, lure me back into RPG backtrack listening by using the magic words uh, Yasumi Matsuno. You are fighting dirty, sir, but I'll be adding this podcast to my playlist for my walk tomorrow. By the way, didn't uh, uh, RPG backtrack already do it? What is it with you guys? What, 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 I, honestly, what are you guys do? Are I, you? I wonder. Should should I tell him that much later this year we will be doing Vagrant Story? What, what is it with you all? You guys, you guys are awesome. I just oh, oh, you're crazy, but you're awesome. I love you. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you already said on the forum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, why don't you try? Uh, why don't you try summarizing what uh, the kitty cat said next? Oh boy. You know what? I'm, I'm not even going to bother summarizing. I'll just go for the gusto. <clears throat> what I liked about Ogre Battle March of the Black Queen is that you are the aggressor. The Black Queen approaches Zenobia about forming an alliance before Lotus arrives, and Zenobia betrays her and tries to take over the Zedaginian Empire. They manage to get all the way to the Zedaginian capital before she's forced to make a deal with the Dark Maiden. 
believe that you mean Dark Mage there. Rashidi, I may push you all the way back to Zenobia, finally killing Zenobia's evil king that started it all. It's nice to be a part of the evil empire for once. My favorite part of Ogle Battle 64 was taking the special characters to certain towns to see their backstories. You hear that Biscay is a werewolf serial killer that your dad finally stopped if you play the lawful route. If you go chaotic, you can take him back to the church and you find out that your dad was there killing nuns and clergy and Biscay tried to fight off your dad and the soldiers and did manage to save many of the nuns. He even got an ending where he runs off with Lilo the Archer after the war and gets married. Which is rare for werewolves. They usually don't find love. A small correction. There's still a princess class in this version, but it takes a long, long side quest about a man who dies and wants you to find his long-lost love. Most classes, once you've found one set, you can make as many of that class as you want. Special classes and black knights will require one specific item per character you want to be that class, so you can get more than one lick, but you won't find more than two rings of the dead. My second favorite part. If you take the non-Zenobian route and go extra evil... After the last battle, as the credits start, they'll be interrupted by a battle where Zenobians try to assassinate you. I think the battle description is just, the road is blocked by units the likes of which God has never seen. Which does mean a lot. Of course, sticking with the evil theme, I'd use the love and peace item to recruit satyrs and ogres to make my own ogre battle. I think I've beaten the game on both paths and watched my wife and friends beat the game numerous other times in front of someone clicked tutorial and I got to see Deneb in Ogre Battle 64. So she's in every ogre game with Gilbert coming in a close second with all but Knight of Lotus. Wait a minute. This next post looks like... You might have written it, Nathan. How could that yes, be? Yes, yes, I did, yes, I did. No, hold on. Can I have a little problem here? Let me get Nathan back on the line there. And Robo Nathan. Robo, Robo Nathan. We're going to reset his connection. Which would there. be completely appropriate for Super Robot Tyson, but not necessarily for here. Yeah, so what were you saying, Nathan? So, yeah, this is me. Hello. <laughs> Uh, do you want me to quote it? it like, as you choose. Whatever, well, whatever yeah, floats your boat. Quick summary. I said, it's too bad I couldn't hear anyone else and thus couldn't actually talk about it. And then, yeah. like I did enjoy Sokobot 64 quite a bit, even if waiting until that one hour per month and you can buy an important item and actually missing it somehow. I don't know how. It's kind of annoying. Also, it really needs to be said that legions are useless. Uh, but still, also, I need to play both these games more someday. I never quite beat either Ogre Battle or Ogre Battle 64, but they're fun. And I want to get Th- They're my favorite games that I have not beat. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but when you say Legions, I keep thinking of that thing you fight in every every other Castlevania game that's composed <laughs> of body parts. Well, you know, these Legions are less effective than that one. <laughs> Which is saying something, because as long as you yeah. can dodge the Legion, you can kill it. Yeah. Which... Yeah, just... for the Legion Circuit Ball 64, as long as you don't dodge them, you can kill it. It's just you hit once and it just falls apart and it's a mess. It's so pathetic. That's a pathetic Legion. Yes. Uh, it... the Romans are sorry they ever introduced that word into the vocabulary. G uh, Mustang nineteen sixty eight says, Ah, yes, I was mistaken. There is a princess. I wasn't quite as. Refreshed on Ogre Battle 64. Also a guest on our last episode. Mm-hmm. As on MOTBQ. Yeah, well, Mother I of the told you that was a princess. I totally remember that part. Yeah. That was a quest I got. St- I couldn't find. You need to find the princess cloth. That's the item I was complaining about because you need to buy it in this one store this one time, this one day of the month. And I waited there. It didn't show up. I don't know why. But I couldn't get the princess because without that. And- and yeah. he says, and Glenn, I think Square Enix did an excellent job on the PSP remake. For the most part, proved Tactics Ogre 
from the PlayStation 1 version. Clean up the dialogue, more special abilities, no need for training, etc. I'll just chip in and I'll go into a lot more detail when we get to the show uh, when we talk about it. But I'll chip in and say, oh yeah, he's right. Remake PSP 1, awesome. Much, 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 but much better than the PlayStation. Just saying. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, yeah. But when we get to that show, I'll go into details. Uh, more kitty talk for you there, Mike. Crack the knuckles. Let's go. <clears throat> it was easy to forget with how long the side quest is. One run through, I stuck my lone princess, lone dragoon, lone grappler, bod, and two licks in a party. Just like the original ogre battle, if you're using more than one lick princess in a party, you've hit the overkill point. If you're going to replay it and you'd like suggestions on fun combinations, let me know! With Sheen's silly hat, you can farm a lot of love and peace items, letting you grab satyrs and black knights. Satyrs can lead an army and become and become healers if you give them a holy hammer. You can face neutral ogres on another level and recruit them, or kill them for ogre blades. So you can have an army led by a satyr with two ogres, and the satyr will keep healing the ogres up while they squash your enemies. The gallant doll you get for viewing your birthday has stats based on the main character, so you can have one doll master slash enchanter that's super powered too. There were so many weird, quirky things about that game. I'd, lo- I'd like to see people play the game and get items that I'd never seen before. Watching my wife play the same route I'd played, she had different encounters based on her being extra, extra lawful at that point, instead of just plain lawful. I need to finish all the post-game content and tactics Ogre let us cling together before I dust off Ogre Battle 64, but if you're already heading that direction, I can tell you what I'd try out. Sarah from Kitten, let me just say, if your wife also plays Ogre Battles... She's a pretty cool woman. That's a keeper. Just putting that there. Keeper. Uh, My Lost Swing says, All this Ogre Battle talk is really making me wish there was a new game in the series, especially in the Ogre Battle or Ogre Battle 64 style. We have to kind of put that out there because... Yeah, we all kind of agree to that one, I think. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But, you know, at this point, Square Enix, kind of, you don't... Have, you can't really put your hopes up much for anything out of it these days, sadly. Aside from Bravely Default, what have we gotten from Square Enix that wasn't a port and was on a console lately? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's Lightning it. Returns. Good. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> let's hold on to that thought for a little while. I think we may have material on that subject in the very near future. Gonna fast forward a little bit Strawberry Eggs and Galleon both chipped in and said, hey, we need to snag up these games. And that's what we like to hear. I actually love it when people say that. Go out and do it now. Do it. Ogre Battle. Yay. Uh, And then Sarah from Kitty says, hey, Mike, when is the new Tactics Ogre Backtrack? I'll tell you in the future. We're trying to give a generous birth between ogres, because otherwise we may just cause a serious technical difficulty across the internet from too much ogre talk in too close a time span. Please, understand this. This is for the benefit of all. If we put both of them subsequently to each other, then we have created a horrible problem for ourselves. We must spread the awesomeness out. Uh, Understand that this is for the benefit of all. Uh, and I will let you justify that further, Phil. Yeah, no, you know what? Mike's in charge. I'm just I'm just here for my good looks. Um, wh- what did you laugh for? I heard that. I, I, I know where you live, okay? Um, I know where you live. Yeah, it just kind of went off. The, the, the conversation kind of winded after that. It little, went a little bit off track about some Super Mario 64 stuff, which that's not Ogre Battle, so we're not going to talk about it. 
Um, <laughs> I got uh, I got a couple of Twitter comments from uh, I, I uh, it's N E I G I N Nigen. Um, so um, he uh, he says that um, he wonders how many screams of terror would happen if we were to announce that the next backtrack was Dark Tower and the Angra series. Was it? Was Dark? I, I don't know. It was a, uh, I think for the DS, a dungeon crawler game of some kind. I think Atlas published it, maybe, but they didn't. Isn't that it. Dark? Spot? Oh, he said it! Oh! oh, my ears! The horror, the pain. Nine. Okay. Nine. You want more oh. of that? Didn't we tell you enough about that? Damn oh my, Nine! You cut us a break, man. Didn't you? Didn't you hear Here, enough? I will. I will dig up the freaking episode in which we talked about that. Oh. I will find it, and I will tell you to go listen to that right now. Oh my. God. Gosh! Oh man! Here, episode forty-three. Go listen to that. We talked about the dark spire in that episode. And and as if that wasn't bad enough, Mike, he follows up with, "Beware the faceless ones. They will force you to play through Dark Tower for the Twitch." You want to? Well, I also address that he wa- he wants an episode on Agarest, Mister Apps. <laughs> Let, let me oh. check the Steam file here. Yeah, I'm at 116 hours on goddamn Agarest. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's closing in. I think I go through a dungeon now where the guy who turned traitor on me in the fourth generation, if I just let him wail on me for seven turns, will rejoin me. And then hopefully I'm close to the end of the game. Hey, we could combine that with the Mugen Souls episode. Oh! Have an idea factory episode. (laughs) Toss your ideas straight in the garbage factory. (laughs) Toss your ideas in the garbage factory. And it will be filled with loathing and hate and scorn. If you want that, yeah, it'll come. I don't know when, because I've been playing Agorist since October! I can't stand to play it for more than maybe an hour a day! Why? Why do I have to kill so many stupid, worthless enemies every freaking time I play? There, there, you want a preview of that episode? You just got it! Are you freaking happy? I hope so! Wow. That that was a performance, Mike. Um... Wait until we do the actual episode. The hate will have that long to fester within me. Wow. Well, I think I'm backing off now and moving over to another comment I got. Wait until I come up with the review for this thing. It will be filled with despising comments. Idea Factory, why do you still exist? Why is this company making money from people who... Give it away! What is this company doing that makes it worthy of your dollars? Why? Why? <laughs> oh, oh, hey, that sounds like me after I finish Mugen Souls. And all I have to say to that is, Mugen Souls, for all the terror, for all the horror, 
was not over a hundred hours. It's true. Wow. Nathan, I'm so sorry. Nathan, to try an agarest. Yeah, I want to try one. I guess. I want to try one. I get out. Actually, Nathan. Don't do it, man. Don't do it, Nathan. Zero is on Steam now. Tell Mac that you're willing to review it. <laughs> I, I, I eagerly await your reports. I'm sure it'll be fascinating. Wow, you know, Nathan, I'm... Well, I'm, I'm one of those Luddites who hasn't gone into Steam yet, so that's my excuse. I'm pretty sure that's a trap, Nate. Just just saying, man. Well, I mean, you could you could always play the original PS3 or 360 version. Yes, you could, so that you can find out what you've been missing. <laughs> well, maybe someday. I don't know. I played Time and Eternity. I just wanted to give that a try. Yes, so I guess we can try anything. Wow. Is that Sam sent you? Yeah, you got the free copy. Just because I'm the only one willing to say, hey, I guess I'll play it. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it, the fact that I deleted it off my PS3 in order to make room for Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> Ooh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Gosh, uh, it's like her review was spot on or something. <laughs> uh, you see something that could have been a decent game if they maybe changed the main gameplay mechanic of your switch between the two personas and you completely remove the main character. Again, Agarest goes with an interesting concept. Let's take Fantasy Star 3. Let's do it again. Let's do it in the modern way. Only let's do it in, with an execution that would make retarded monkeys exposed to radioactive materials throughout their pregnancies seem like intelligent game designers. Okay. Well, Mike, uh, I'd hate for you to um, expend all of your festering hatred before you actually got to that show, so we'll move on. So you have something in reserve, because I don't know how you can have much in reserve after that, uh, but uh, I'm sure Trust me. you do. I haven't even gotten into details. Uh, 16 bloody hours, there are a lot of details. So, why, If you're going to use character artwork, why can't you actually have the full character artwork? It's so obvious that you chopped the top of it off when it didn't fit the screen. You stupid people who programmed this game! <laughs> wow. You see what you caused? Need you win, whatever your name... You see what you did? You see? I hope you're happy now, because you may have been able to have the option to turn down the volume when Mike started yelling like that, but since I'm recording this thing on my software, I don't have that luxury. So I really hope you're happy now, okay? I do. Alright, and yes, that was sarcasm, with a capital S. Uh, moving on, I got a I got a message on our forum through the private message system, uh, which I don't always do a great job of catching those, but uh, I, I have been lately, and it's from uh, that Gota guy you were talking about earlier, and he said it's, it's either Goat guy or Goatee guy. Goatee guy, Goat Goat to who? I'm not really sure. If you were going to go with Goatee, then you should have a, sep a second E in there. I'm just saying. Mm. Because now I d I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry. So he wants to provide us a backlog update. 
Now, this is not a backlog of games he's played and is on his backtrack or whatever. No, this is an RPG backtrack backlog up to. He's actually got our episodes on a backlog somewhere <laughs> to listen through. And he said, I guess this would be the best place to tell you about this, although forum posts may be better. I just finished episode 33, Harvest Moon, earlier today. And to date, I finished episodes 1 through 34, 50, 61, 63, 66, 71, 76, 97, 100, 102, 104, and 109 through 112 for a total of 48 episodes. Best episode so far, in his or her opinion, would be a tie between episode 66, Kingdom Hearts, and episode 28, the infamous Super Robot Tyson Show. Um, he says, I have a warm, fuzzy spot for 102, uh, Legea, as it was my first RPG. However, worst... I, I think Nathan understands that warm, fuzzy spot, right? Yeah, somewhat. I, I always have fond memories of my first RPG. He says, worst uh, so far was number 33 on Harvest Moon, only because the game series just didn't take a hold of him like he thought it would. But not a bad episode by any stretch. I just had to pick one. I, I would recommend, uh, if you wanted to give Harvest Moon another shot, uh, there, uh, uh, you know, I think in that episode, or maybe it was a later Harvest Moon episode, we talked about some of the better ones in the series. Uh, then there's the Rune Factory, which adds a little bit of an action element, kind of a Zelda feel to it. It's not as tied as Zelda, obviously, but the fact that you're switching between farming and then going into caves and finding more places to farm inside the caves as you're beating off monsters mixes up a little bit, and, and I found the Rune Factory graphics to be pretty enchanting, but I'm by far not the Harvest Moon expert. So um, so thank you guys so much uh, for your comments. If I miss somebody, uh, I super apologize uh, it's, there was a lot of comments in the last couple of weeks, and I try to do my best to organize them all. You can, you too, can join in on the conversation. Head over to rpgamer.com, click on the forum link on the left, and uh, find the uh, threads where we're talking about RPG Backtrack. We we also link those up right with the show no, uh, when we post those shows on the front page, so it's usually pretty easy to find them and if you can't find them let me know you can also contact me through twitter at twitter.com forward slash jc servant or at jc servant to send me a message facebook uh, is also uh, facebook.com forward slash jc servant and um, you can write me an email directly at jc servant at rpgamer.com and uh, let me know what you think about these shows or what you're doing or anything and we'll go ahead and share it on the show in- unless you make us talk about that Mike's walked away. Unless you make us talk about that one game again. We're not doing that again. No, that was bad. Um, Alright, so let's see here. Our next show that we're going to be talking about is number 114, Destined to Win. We'll be discussing Fallout 2. So uh, look forward to that. And let's see. I guess this is part of the show. Now we're just going to go around the table and see what everyone's doing. Okay, quick, since we're talking about Fallout 2, I might as well do, ask for the quick preview version. I've played Fallout 1. I'm not really liking it too much. I've got Fallout 2, thanks to that GOG's nice deal of giving out both for free that one time. And mm-hmm. Is that any better? You like, said it's better? Like one. I'm sorry, what did you... He's asking if it's better. Oh, than is it better than one? Oh, oh, jeez. Uh, I don't think... I, I, I didn't get to two. Um, okay. Mike just got uh, it. I don't know if he's had a chance to play it yet. No, I... <laughs> I, I will have a chance to play it before we record again, and I can tell you about it. Uh, right now, all I can say is it's supposed to be a lot more open-ended. That's okay. all I know so far. But if, if like, the minute-to-minute gameplay didn't really grab you, it plays pretty much the same. So okay. just be aware of that. Eh, I'll consider myself warned. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so let's, uh, since you're already uh, talking, Mr. Nathan, uh, what would you like to share with everybody today? Do anything fun for the site? Playing anything interesting? Well, I've been playing a lot of Bravely Default. You are awesome, by the way. Have I told you? You rock. <laughs> oh, yeah, that game. Man, boy, does that sound familiar for some reason. I can't imagine why, though. Did you um, review that or something? You know, Mike, I don't believe... <laughs> no, I couldn't be. I, I, I no. You know, I, I don't believe uh, that you were the one who gave me the special knowledge to get me through the game, so I think I only care about Nathan's opinion. <laughs> uh, so, Nathan, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. I'm about... I think I'm almost at the end of Chapter 2, so I vaguely think that's roughly halfway. I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Have you gotten the Red Mage asterisk yet? Yeah, that's the most recent okay. one I got. Yeah, that was a surprisingly intricate side quest to obtain. Yeah, there's a lot of side quests in this game. I kind of wish the main quest was a bit more elaborate. That's, I, you know, I'm not liking the story as much as I thought I would, which is kind of a shame. But I mean, the gameplay is really good, though. I still really like that. I just okay. I miss the Final Fantasy three five way of giving out jobs, it's just, especially the five way. Like, if this is Final Fantasy five, I'd have all the jobs by now. Which like, I really like the other five. Bravely Faults kind of giving that bit by bit. You have to do a side quest for every last one. It's kind of annoying. And it's kind of, true. You're gonna you're gonna have more side quests in chapters three and four, and then yeah, that figured. will that will almost cover it. But there will be one more. And you will get that through a surprisingly lengthy side quest in Chapter 6, of all places. Okay. Well... Whether you want to get it, that would be the Conjurer class, and I'll... Uh, don't tell me. I'm, don't want, I've been avoiding this information. Come on. Respect the guy if I tell you the name, spoilers. it doesn't tell you anything. A Conjurer, what does that do? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> conjurer, <laughs> of course. Yes! See, uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about what it does or how you get it. I'm just going to tell you that's the one. Okay. So. so if you're if you're wondering what that big question mark is still on the job classification system, it's the conjurer. There you go. Okay. I was uh, I will put out there. I'll I'll definitely I, I'm behind you, so it's not the spoiler for you. But um, I was a little frustrated with one of the chapter one side quest where uh, it said go to place X Y Z. I kept going around to place X Y Z. Nothing was happening. It said you know go there a certain time. I went there a certain time. Nothing was happening. Yeah. And it after the lack of a yeah after wasting two hours on it I finally FAQ'd <laughs> it and realized oh no Phil it's not because you can't tell time or go to the right place it's because of something completely uh, you know other you know outside that that's not dependent on it at all it's arbitrary that they need to yeah it's, there's a little disconnect there on some of the side quests and stuff yeah. they they that's the, yeah I think it's kind of a victim of the fact that originally I think all these side quests were part of the main story and they changed it for the for the sequel version which we got. Mm-hmm. Is it made a lot of the main quests into side quests, and they do so, and I think it kind of messed the flow a little. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. That's, that's that's my guess. I don't know too much about the differences. All right. So, what else is on your mind? But yeah, I kind of got confused by that too. It's like, okay, it told me to go there, and I should be able to yeah. go there, but the blue exclamation mark is gone. Yeah, that means it's over. Yeah, so. yeah. You should have seen how pissy Phil is getting. Yeah, I was just man. Anyway, so, uh, but uh, it's not my time to talk. It's your turn to talk. What else is on your mind? Um, well, let's see here. Bravely Default. Still that. I'm still on my break from Fossey 14, considering it's nice to be on a break from it and play other video games after playing it for nothing but it for months. It's that but good, I'm huh? still being lured in. It's like, I don't know when we get back, but it keeps calling, it's calling me. calling you. Probably not good. Do it. 
I'd say that means Square Enix did something right, though. It did. It's a good game. I just, you know, waiting for it to get a little bit better before I hop back in. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a valid MMO strategy. <laughs> Anything else on your mind? Mm, no, nothing comes to mind. I'm pretty boring as usual. <laughs> pretty boring. Uh, we're all exciting people. That's why we talk about video games all day. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Mister Apps? Is that exciting? Is he huh? there? Did, did I lose him? Did I lose Mister Apps? Uh, he looks like he's oh, on no, the call. Oh, oh, oh Robo Apps! Robo Apps! Whoa! Whoa! Johnny Five took over. Wow! Number Five is alive. Hold on, we'll get him back on the line there. <laughs> Oh, that was too easy, Mike. Even I can make a movie reference out of that. Uh, you there, Mike? Yep. Oh, now that's much better. So, uh, what's on your mind, bud? Uh, well, um, hopefully everyone has seen the cool redesign of Q&A. Now the RP Gamer mailbag. In case they haven't, why don't you tell us a little more about it? Well, I basically had nothing nothing to do with this. Um, I hope you all... Uh... Alex Reimer is doing, right? Uh... Alex Fuller, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. I drew a blank for a second there. Yes. Uh, he went ahead and did this whole re- cool redesign, and it, it's a welcome change from the old Q&A template, so that looks a lot nicer now. Uh, a lot more modern, and uh, it's a lot easier to work with, too, so... Yeah. Well, Q&A design dated back to, what, 2000? Uh, GeoCities days, you know, just... <laughs> it, it dated back to when I was still in high school, which was a long time ago. Nice. That's about the same time I was in high school, so yeah, that... That was, that, that, that was back when everybody was concerned about Y2K, I think. Yeah. So. Wow, yeah. Old. But, yeah, it looks a lot nicer now, so um, whoever eventually takes over Q&A is going to have... I think I'll keep calling it Q&A. Whoever eventually takes over the mailbag will have a much easier job than had they done the old Q&A template. So, yeah. That's been fun, and I've also been playing briefly default, although I'm not very far at all, because I've been playing Lightning Returns, and oddly really liking it. What? Get out. Everybody hates Lightning yeah. Returns. I, I, <laughs> I posted like, on my... Even Adrian didn't like it very much. Yeah, and that's things. I posted on my Facebook page, I was I was just going through my YouTube subscriptions, and by following one of the links on one of the videos, it was this video of this guy who swears up and down he loves Final Fantasy. He, he said Final Fantasy VI was his favorite, which automatically gave him credit with me. And uh, he w- he played like for two hours on Lightning Returns, uh, kind of like a Twitch thing, and uh, just showed how it broke him into millions of pieces. <laughs> uh, and he now swears off the series. So so what what did you like about it? Well, not the story because the story is really dumb. But you know, I kind of expected that going in because it's Final I Fantasy. Really hate... <laughs> no, because I really hated thirteen two story. This is true. Uh, but yeah kind of just ignoring that as whatever uh, it, the combat's actually really fun and it's really open you know it, it's got the whole 
13 day countdown and you have to finish these certain number of missions but wait why did it have to be 13 days hmm that's a good question wow there there must be a reason i don't know I realize that I've asked a question that cannot reasonably be answered by anyone, but I just it's had true. to throw it out there. It's true. Uh, but it's just kind of neat and fun, and you can kind of just mess around um, instead of like instead of like switching between different job jobs, quote unquote, like you did in the first two Final Fantasy thirteen games. Um, you kind of just make your own set of three schemata, uh, each of which have four different abilities, and um, you find, like, uh, clothes, basically, that have abilities built in, so um, it's kind of more an advanced version of uh, dressing up the monsters like you did in 13.2, so there's just a lot of stuff to mess around with. It's kind of... Um, just weird and fun, and combat's a lot of fun, and probably has more saws than thirteen two, which automatically automatically makes it better. So, does he still have a bird in his head? Uh, I haven't gotten to him yet. Okay. I talked to probably. I was talking to a friend, and uh, they said they wouldn't play Final Fantasy thirteen. They were Final Fantasy fans, but when thirteen came out, they cut it off. And I said, "Well, why is that? He had played every other one." I said, "Why is that?" Oh, because they're triskaidekaphobic. Uh, no, it's uh, it was because uh, he said. That guy with the big afro. Big afros just turned me off. And then he had a bird hiding in it. You. But he was the best character. I told him that. I said that exact same word, Epps. I said, look, you need to play it because he's the best character of that whole 13 series. You need to go and do it. The most emotional and best scenes in the game are the Saws. Yes, Yes, they are. Absolutely. I totally. (laughs) He's. He's the comic relief and like and likable. Has the best emotion. Yeah. He's the most likable. What, what I've seen reminds me of uh, Danny Glover in the Lethal Weapon movies. He's getting too old for this stuff. Did the, yeah, I think he actually says that line in the game. Yeah, I think he does too. Right actually, the yeah, stuff yes. Or, uh, the, the other word for stuff. Um. So, you know, I, I, I will say, uh, Mike, you're not the only one who feels that way. I watched the game trailers review, and they specifically said, this is one of the best combat, you know, RPG combat systems we have seen in a long time. It just deserves a much better story. Yeah, but, you know, uh, honestly... Coming after 13 and 13.2, does one really expect the storytelling to suddenly pick up to such a degree that uh, it will... <laughs> I, I well, I mean, thirteen had some issues, but the character dialogue and all that was really good, and that took yeah, thirteen a deep... had some good story moments. Yeah, please, please understand good... when I say this that I'm completely talking out of my hat here because I haven't played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you guys <laughs> haven't noticed that Minky, who does not own a PlayStation Three, has suddenly become an expert. <laughs> <laughs> there is well, no shortage of possibly fallacious information on the internet regarding these games. You may have noticed this. Yeah. I mean, 13 is a game which gets a bit too much flack. It's got its good points other than its problems. 13-2, its story is... Wow, it's, it couldn't possibly start off on a worse foot, I think. Yeah. But It starts off bad, and it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. Yeah, but I mean, 13 is actually... It, it's... I'd call it very good. It just has some issues with how it's told, namely that 
the lore the lore behind a lot of the story that would make things make a lot more sense isn't directly told to you which is a big issue because you know uh, who wants to sit and read through a bunch of data logs Ooh, I do I yeah, d- oh wait no I don't isn't there an yeah, encyclopedia that that you're supposed to consult? what's that isn't there an encyclopedia that you're supposed to consult that constantly fills up with new information as you go yeah on? yeah um, but despite that uh, just enjoying the tale of the characters is actually a lot of fun like because ignoring a lot of the main plot 13's cast was just a lot of fun yeah that's that's I mean for me 13 was definitely yeah more cast driven especially Saz, yeah. Saz Rocks which was the immediate problem with 13 too because they threw away that cast gave each and character and Snowball who Yes. Really Snow, the one person that you're like, oh, I hope I don't get... Oh, crap! <laughs> well, well, Nathan, then you may be pleased to know that one of the first things you get to do oh, in Lightning, Ret- Lightning oh. Returns is beat the snot out of Noel in a boss fight. That sounds appealing. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cathartic. It, 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 was, it was just great, I have to well, say. Well, Mr. Apps, I have to ask this. Of the yes. other Final Fantasy games which could have gotten a third installment, that being 4, 10, and 12, was 13 the most deserving? Um, I don't know. Like, um, Obviously, we're not going to get this kind of budget for a Final Fantasy 4 Part 3 or whatever they would call the sequel to the After Years. And we're certainly not going to get a ten three, well maybe we would I don't know. <laughs> or uh, I weren't there rumors of a ten three? Yeah, I don't know what ever became of them. Um, or or there's a, whatever a sequel to uh, Revenant Wings would be now, and I have no idea what that would be. Twelve two probably three. the next Fantasy Tactics game at this rate. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it was the most deserving. Like, I know a lot of people liked thirteen two. I I did not. But um, I don't know that you could have made a game like this with a different third entry. Like, I don't think you could do Final Fantasy X-3 and make this kind of weird kind of amalgamation of a lot of different things. Like, I don't know. Some, you, some, Yuna, some of the Yuna designers back. like... George and um, uh, Sin has come through a time warp or something, and there's not much time left. And uh, Pain and Riku are uh, there. There are. Is he really going here? Am I hearing this yes. right? Is he really going here? Let, let, Consider it a challenge, Phil. Construct a scenario in which Ten Three would operate along these lines. Uh, Go. Let's just take a step back. I don't think the designers of a third entry of any other Final Fantasy would have had this much freedom, assuming that they did. Because, I mean, it's just just weird, and, you know, if I found out that Kawazu was secretly behind this game, I would not be surprised. But... Yeah, what's he been doing lately? Uh, I think he's kind of like in more of a managerial type role, and not. I mean, I've been saying like, maybe helping out with Fossil Fourteen. Yeah, I, I don't think he's really been directly involved in development recently. Too so. bad. Which is a shame. Yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, 
We are Leicester for the absence of making awesome games. It's true. But yes, uh, Lightning Returns is just an odd game, and I've even enjoyed just some of the returning characters just for the heck of it, you know? Because I, I, I really did, I, if it hasn't been clear in past online interactions and episodes, that I really did love 13, and, you know, it was just disappointing to not get to enjoy that cast again for the second game. So it was kind of fun to see some of those characters again. It's um, true. I, I've picked up on your love for 13, and since yes. all, all I can do is parrot hearsay, which is helpful to no one. So I have no stance on it. <laughs> so yeah, it's a weird game. Definitely worth trying. Okay. Anything? Um, what else? Uh, other than Lightning Returns, um, I kind of was in an RPG malaise after Valhalla Knights 3 and was playing a lot of first-person shooters. Um, and, I, and I also went through the uh, update of Tomb Raider for PS4. Oh, yeah? yeah. How was that? It was, it was a lot of fun. It definitely, the graphical updates were really nice. There weren't really any additions other than that, but heck, yeah, it's a nice game to play on PS4 and could remote play in Vita, so... Was it pretty on your Vita? Yeah, it still looks great on the Vita. And I was just playing earlier the new Thief from the Vita, mm-hmm. so remote play is so good. I know they they did a really really good job, much 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 better than the PSP crappy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Does not have any of the issues that that did, and I was looking forward to trying the uh, Final Fantasy fourteen beta with the remote play, but I haven't gotten been able. I was not able to get that to work at all. The uh, stupid beta kept giving me errors installing. Hmm. Okay. Technical difficulties, the bane of everyone. Beyond, yes. beyond our control. Technical. We all hate the technical difficulties. Mm. Everybody knows them. Nobody wants to talk about them. How about you, well, Mr. Mike? You got any technical difficulties going on? Uh. Well, I can segue into that. For, yes, One Piece Romance Dawn crashed on me a total of five times while I was playing it. Ah. I'm not sure why. And then you crashed on us earlier here on Backtrack, so that's pretty cool. Isn't that a 3DS game? I don't... I don't know why. I, I, I don't even recall downloaded too many the digital 3DS copy. Well, I don't recall too but many five 3DS times. crashing. Wow. Five times it just froze for a little while. Three times it was in the middle of a loading screen, which I assume was direct port from the PSP version. And twice it was, I encountered a group of enemies, the screen freezes, and five seconds later it just boots me back to the main 3DS menu saying, there has been a problem with this software. All unsaved data will be lost. Oh, wow. Fortunately, save points are not scarce in the game, but it did make me very cautious. And, yeah, as long as I'm talking about One Piece Romance, Don, nobody else here reads or watches One Piece on a regular basis, right? I, I do not. Chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> well, I resisted it for a long time, but then I took the plunge. I read every volume of One Piece that comes out in English. I'm sure volume 70 will be arriving for me shortly. It's 
it's a laugh and a half most of the time. It's a very amusing series with a unique artistic style with a definite humor sense. And I'm happy to keep reading it because this is a fun series. It's got some really good shonen action, certainly, but I just I just enjoy reading this thing and learning more about this incredibly goofy world which somehow has snails as the major means of inter-island communication. Yes, transponder snails that carry signals around the islands. And this game could have been a good RPG representation of it because honestly it's a really long series. It would have taken it up to the point at which the author took a month-long break to go vacation with his family in Hawaii and skipped the characters two years ahead and Look, it's it's the typical shonen formula where the characters constantly get stronger while going through ever more challenging fights, so that easily makes for an RPG. But it just doesn't work very well in this game. The fights are fun. The dungeons are boring. They feel like randomly generated stuff, even if they're not. Wow. And honestly, yeah. I, well, yeah, you, you've seen one. Look, here's another. Here's an optional dungeon that looks identical to the one you just went through for the plot with the same enemies in it. Go find some more items, kill everything in your path, and go fight a boss that is not worthy of being called a boss. You can take it out in a couple of attacks. Not exactly the cheapest, most creative thing then, sadly. No, I like the combat engine. I want to give it that that much credit because the combat engine is good. You move your characters around. When you're in a position that you want... You start attacking the enemies, and depending upon where your characters are, you may be able to hit more than one enemy, or if you choose the wrong attack for that situation, then you may miss entirely. And a few of the battles it comes up with are worthy of coming from the manga. Mostly the boss fights, of course. Mostly, though, you're fighting the same few enemies over and over again in the same group, so once you see those three zombies, you can get used to seeing those three zombies all over the place in that area, and you know exactly what to do. Uh, and One Piece has such a good visual style, it's so kinetic and fascinating to watch, that reducing most of the story to... Here are our, here are our character portraits. They do not really vary, depending, regardless of what the characters might be wearing based on what you just saw in the action of the game. And they're just going to yammer text at each other endlessly. It just doesn't work for One Piece at all. Uh, and the inventory system is awful. You can carry ten of each item. That's fine. Except when the enemies start bequeathing three of every... three of this thing, I don't know this bracelet memo or whatever which you use to fabricate improvements to certain types of equipment and then they just drop it after every single fight and suddenly crap I've, I'm up to the 10 max I can't carry anymore and then you have to go find a snail and deposit everything you've got and you, even then you've got a limit that the snail can hold it's just it takes up so much time it's really annoying and the dungeons are boring. The visuals are honestly not that interesting. The last part of this game takes place 
during a massive clash between thousands of pirates and marines. And how does this game handle it? By having you go through the same defined paths that you've seen everywhere else in the game, and the backdrops, the places where you can't go, are conveyed by, here are marine and pirate figures. They look like they're cardboard cutouts, and they kind of wobble a little bit as if there's a breeze. That's how it conveys this massive battle between thousands of participants. It's just embarrassing. So, unless you're already a One Piece fan, I can't see you investigating this in the first place. And if you are a One Piece fan, then you'll probably go, Jeez, couldn't you have done better? And the answer is, of course, yes, you could have done better. So, it, it was with sadness that I had to grade it as low as I did in the review that went up just two days ago. But I did, and I stand by it. Very sad. Very dispiriting. Not long after our last episode went up, I put up a second opinion for A Link Between Worlds, which garnered very little comment on our boards, which I must mean presumes that everybody who read it supported it. That's always the way these things work. But if you haven't played A Link Between Worlds and you love to Link to the Past, play it. That's right, because you only get lots of comments when you create controversy. And I also put up a review for Victim of Zen, the RPG maker title that I reviewed, mostly because the creator of the game came to our own Sam Marcello and said, will someone on the site review this? And I took the plunge, and I'm surprised it got this many comments. Half of them apparently derived from, wait, you're still, you're covering RPG Maker stuff? Why? Yeah, I, I found that, I found that pretty interesting, that whole conversation. That was, that was pretty funny. It's like, yeah, occasionally uh, we do. Um, we've, you yeah, know, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but RP gamers run by gamers for gamers, and uh, you know, if if something tickles one of our fancies, or maybe somebody sends us a game, it's still a question of whether or not somebody wants to play it. Uh, but yeah, we review what what we want to play, either because we think it's going to be a cool game, or because you know, in the interest of covering our our uh, hobby, some people will suffer through bad games for that reason. I don't know who any of those people myself. Um, so yeah, wait, how did we get the review for Cross Edge again? You know, I'm not really sure. Do we have a review cause it? I'm not even sure that's on the site. I just don't know. Yeah. Anywho, so... That that even came from a certain developer of whom we have spoken before, didn't it? <laughs> I can't imagine who, though. Can't imagine who. Hmm. So, anywho. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty much along those lines. So, yeah, the... We do cover everything from indie RPGs to, you know, RPG maker stuff and everything, you know, of course the more professional ones and everything in between, but like you, we're probably going to gravitate a little bit more towards the Zeldas and the Final Fantasies before we get around to, what was it called again? Victim of Zen. Yeah, you just happen to get around to it. And as for me, um, well, like Apps was saying and Mike was saying, I've been playing some been playing Bravely Default. That's uh, that's definitely a little addictive. I, I agree uh, with Nathan there. Uh, the storyline is certainly not revolutionary. Uh, the dialogue between the characters uh, feels a little... What's the word? What's the adjective I'm looking for? Trite? I'm not really super sure. It's cute sometimes, but it definitely is kind of trite. Uh, but um, but I, I like the uh, combat system and the things you can do with that. Uh, I got in, you know, they got the invasions that go on in your town, and uh, I found out those are pretty tough. Even if they're your level, they're super tough. So I'm very careful about choosing those guys until I'm like ten levels over them. <laughs> you, you done any of those invasions? 
What? Did you do any of the invasions in the town from friends? Oh, the Nemesis fight? Yeah. I, I've challenged them. I've died horribly. Mm -hmm. That's most of my experience. I beat it once at great cost, and then, you know, decided to not keep that data for various reasons. But yeah, it didn't seem like the payoff was was super worth it. Well, yeah, it's you can get stat up items, which are kind of nice. I don't know if you oh, get better items from doing higher level okay. ones. Okay. Uh, they're challenging fights. Very, very challenging fights. And that's all I can say. Makes me kind of tempted to tap into the. RP gamer friend list of people who have like thirty thousand damage attacks I can borrow, which I'm like I've been too afraid to dodge. <laughs> but okay, clearly I'm jumping into the middle because Suddenlink is terrible. I hate you, <laughs> Suddenlink. Um. So yeah, we were just doing some more bravely default talk. The um. I I can contribute to that. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Uh, so yeah, I just been. I just I can tell you, I can tell you that there's some awesome boss themes at the end. <sighs> really awesome. I mean, I like the Nemesis boss theme. It's like a nice throwback to Four Heroes of Light. That's like, oh hey, Four Heroes of Light music, cool. I I could even tell you the super super cheap means by which I triumphed over the last boss. But you know, I I probably shouldn't. No, yeah, you probably, probably shouldn't. shouldn't. Yeah. So. Um, I've also been playing. You know, I got I get a number of free games to do. I've I've pimped the PlayStation Network deal before, PlayStation Plus, uh, where if you subscribe, you get you generally you get two games a month on your PS3, your P, uh, PS uh, Vita, and one or two games on the the PS4 has been my experience. And uh, uh, on the PS3 a while ago, I got Kingdoms of Amalur, which I thought about buying, but I never got around to picking up. And I've been playing that like every night for the last week just pumping an hour or two into it and that's that's pretty cool it's kind of like oblivion but uh the combat's more fluid it feels like more combo-y you're moving around you're dodging a lot more um i haven't gotten too far into the crafting system yet just kind of picking up wild style quest and knocking those things out and found out that if you just kind of go through the main story it tends to out level you so you really sort of should do some side quest i'm not a big side for uh, side quest uh maniac but um but it's okay if I need it to level, so that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, and, but that's that's been pretty cool. The only I, I like the way my character looks. I like the way the armor, unlike let's say World of Warcraft, where I was low level, my armor looked like crap. Uh, this one's pretty styling and kicking, and um, it's a little disappointing sometimes you pick up a piece of gear and it's still the same look. But when you finally get like a different look, it looks even more kick-ass, and that's awesome. So um, definitely been enjoying that. Working on a wizard who. Uh, specializes in making potions and stuff. Um, so, uh, end up buying more potions than I make, though, because... Holy crap, Phil! We have a new comment on our last episode thread! How can we have a new comment? We're recording a show. Because we record in real time, and people can comment in real time. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? That's the beauty of the internet, right? I know. I know. I'll only, I only felt like addressing it for the sake of completionism. Okay, well, since you jumped in, you might as well finish the thought. <clears throat> Shaman has just written in to say that eShop cards don't work on the Wii Shop mode, and Wii cards have dropped off of the face of the earth, unfortunately. Until Nintendo gets the entire library moved to the Wii U store, which will happen in, oh, about 2019. You're stuck with it, Phil. I, I just, I just don't, I've never, I've said this before, I don't like Nintendo's 
online. Xbox and Steam had this figured out like 12 years ago. You give somebody a sign-in, they make purchases, it's tied with their sign-in. If their hardware dies or whatever, you, you just you just you sign in, you re-download it, and, uh, and, and Sony pretty much does that with some limitations, strict limitations, but I haven't run into those yet. But but here with Nintendo and this whole, uh, you know, now it's like, oh, but here's the eShop. Oh, I'm thinking, finally, they're going to with the 21st century. But then I read the small print. No, they're, they're not quite there yet. You still can't. If you lose your device, you still don't have the easy option of just logging back in and re-downloading your software that you paid all your hard-earned money for. And, and unfortunately, I'm one of those people that occasionally drops or loses my my DS. Uh, I've done that with my old DS a couple of times. Let's see. Yeah. It was Dragon Quest 4, wasn't it? That you oh lost my gosh. And because somebody stole it? That was the real pain. Was It wasn't the it wasn't the $50 or so DS. It wasn't the $30 cartridge. No, it was the 30 hours I had in Dragon Quest 4 for like the second time. So uh, yeah, that was that was pretty painful. But I couldn't imagine losing my 3DS, where where because of the ambassador program, I do have a fair number of games on there. That would that would suck because everything I've read sounds like that 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 process to get that restored is rather painful. Probably is. I have never heard that that Nintendo and its online protocols are anything but annoying. Yeah. So. Um, Anywho, uh, so Kingdom's Amalur, uh, super, super fun. I've actually have put it on my Steam wish list because while I'm enjoying it, the only the only knock I have against it is there's a lot of pop-ins, and um, depending on the angle, the graphics look kind of bad uh, for my taste. So I'm wondering if the PC version doesn't look a lot better. It's kind of hard just by telling me the screenshots. you got to really kind of see it in action. So I figure if the game drops down to a, you know, a sale price for 5 or 10 bucks, I might just snatch it up. And and I think that's really all I've been, as far as playing games, just those two mostly for the last couple of weeks. Um, I think once I do Cognum's Omelette, all this uh, Skaya talk might get me to jump into D2. But uh, I still may hold off until it's like close to two years old, so it makes more sense to talk about on the backtrack. We'll see. Uh, we try to use that two-year rule as much as possible. The It's our only rule, because Lord knows we have no rules about spoilers <laughs> or anything else. So... Uh, so I, why should we? Well, we, should, we just, we just, yeah, because it's silly to have spoiler rules on games that are this old. So go right, figure. I, I spoil movies that are. Wait, no, no, I, I tend not to spoil movies that are fairly recent. Fairly recent. So fairly recent is, of course, subject to my own ju- judgment and no one else's. It is a sub. You know, when you make a statement like that, it's completely subjective. So. Bad. Okay, let's see. Uh, the the horrors of Sudden Link's nasty internet connection issues interrupted me while I was trying to say something about Victim of Zen, as I recall. And where was I? That uh, the story of the game. Yes, if you're going to have a story-centric RPG maker title, it is a good idea to invest more in your lead character than. I have been turned into a girl, and I want to be turned back. I don't care about anything else. I just want to be a guy again. That seems fairly one note to me. Maybe it doesn't to others. Maybe there are people who have, in fact, been turned into girls in the past and empathize with this particular character. Maybe. But, you know, it, it could happen. Also, when you're going to send me on a... On a 
what, what is the technical term for this, Phil, when you're suddenly told, here are a bunch of locations around the world with the mystical item that you must collect all of. What do we call that? Just the fetch quest? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to do that, and some of your fetch quest locations are in, oh, I don't know, a an island that happens to float in the air, you might want to do more than just have me, I don't know, get up onto the floating island with absolutely no dialogue explaining, what is this thing? Why does it float? Who built it? Fight a couple of people who say, what the hell are you doing here? We're guarding it. Get off. And after you beat the crap out of them, they go away and they never appear again. And you get the item, and then you leave. I'm sorry, floating islands deserve more explanation than here are a couple of people guarding it after you beat the crap out of them, they go away and you never address it again. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm just old fashioned and that I like just being a little floating. picky there, Mike. Just a little. No, I don't actually. Okay. I think this is entirely reasonable to address. Um, and let's see. In case you couldn't guess, I slowly, slowly persevere with agarest. But I, I, I may have actually said enough to let you know where I stand on that title earlier. It's entirely possible. So I'll just say that about. I'll just talk briefly about the other thing I've been playing lately, which is the very first Ark the Lad. How are you doing with that? I kind of like it. It's, you know, it, it's an early PS1 title, but it looks like a Super Nintendo title. Mm -hmm. And that's good. That's very, very good. Mm -hmm. Oh, you get no complaints uh, from me. You know what I think about those PlayStation 1 3D polygon graphics. Damn straight. Uh, the story is a laugh and a half. Ha ha ha, I am the evil minister. Oh, I am, I am blatantly advising the king against trusting you because I am evil. I am talking to the evil mirror in the other room and scheming to destroy you. That's pretty much how it happens, too. Yeah, and so far, I'm, I haven't actually tried counting, but it seems to rack up a whole lot of the, uh, the JRPG cliche list. You get your ass kicked in the first battle. It's not even a first battle. You just lose when something comes across you and picks a fight with you and you lose. And then you gain the power and suddenly, well, you're, you never really fought anything before, but you're suddenly able to beat everything else in the world. Because <laughs> you're a teenager with spiky hair. But anyway, it's it's a fun it's a fun combat system. It's a very quick tactical engine where you don't actually have many menus. You just hop around. And I kind of like the way that you can, with the, with the jump statistic being high enough, you can jump over things like the scenery or enemies or your friends and alter your position that way. That's kind of a good... That's a good idea, actually. I like it. Um, and I like the music. And the visuals, because they go for the sprite look instead of the, the 3D PlayStation 1 look, have aged much better than usual. And it, wow, is it blazing along fast. I love the idea that the characters have just said, wow, it felt like we were gone for a long time, didn't it? No, it didn't! You were gone less than an hour in real time! 
anyway, it, it's fun. I, I can't say too much more at this point. Hmm. Well, um... But with a game this short, that's actually a significant commitment of time. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I'll, I always do. I mentioned a few movies. Phil, did you see RoboCop? Mm-hmm. Many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> right. Because I saw the new RoboCop. Oh, wow. Were you blown away by its awesome newness? No. <laughs> I was blown away by its rem- relentless adequate Adequateness? Nature. Its adequacy is outstanding. If you were to just come up with a list of movies that are completely and utterly adequate... This is it. This is it. It's right there on the top of the adequate list. But you know what the original RoboCop was? It was a lot better than adequate. Which means that as far as justification for remaking it goes, this thing has failed. I'm sorry. The original RoboCop is damn memorable. No matter what you think of it, and I don't know anybody who thinks it's a sucky movie, it's memorable. This thing aside from apparently trying to make a case for cameras being in every private home of the United States so that they can record everything so that the, so that law enforcement can act without any questions whatsoever uh, no there's whatever it does here may is interesting sometimes is okay for most for the most part but if you've seen the original, you have no need to see this. Just go watch the original again. There you go. Um, and let's see. Let's go for... Oh, yeah. Let me give a big, fat, ugly thumbs down to what to expect when you're expecting. I hated it. Oh, I saw I the box it. cover for that. I was like, oh, no, I'm not. No, no, there's no way. No. And it's not just because I'm a guy. No. <laughs> I like some romances. Romances can be really well written. This is just garbage. Somebody concocted this excuse. Let's have a bunch of women who are getting pregnant or might be about to be pregnant and let's just throw their stories together and we'll title it after the the pregnancy manual. So now we get Cameron Diaz as some kind of reality sports instructor and we get Anna Kendrick. She hooks up with some guy who's running a lunch stand and then she has a miscarriage because that's fun right miscarriages are exactly what people go to for a fun time at the movies oh yeah absolutely and let's have three babies being born at the same time at the climax because that'd be fun only it's PG-13 so we can't really show anything I hated that I hated the millions of dollars expended to it. I hated the millions of hours of the human race taken away from either creation or viewing of it. This is a worthless piece of crap. Yeah, I'm not even going with mediocre. It's garbage. It deserves to be destroyed. Now, um, let me me praise something. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's a good movie. Paul Newman and Robert Redford. They're good together. That's a fun movie. And this means something, because I generally hate late 60s stuff because it's aged so badly. This has actually aged pretty darn well. So this means something when I praise Butch Cast and the Sundance Kid. I'll also praise In Cold Blood, 
which is a completely different kind of movie from the late 60s, but it has also aged beautifully. And one more. One more. How about... How about... Oh, yeah. Tom Jones. Not the singer. The movie. Which won Best Picture for 1963. And it's... Uh, it really hasn't aged that well. The narrator is funny. That's all I'm going to give it. Oh, and that introduced Albert Finney to the world. There. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I have nothing else kind to say about it, really. There you go. Um, aside from the couple of games I've mentioned, um, still doing a lot of drawing and uh, writing. If you're following my Twitter feed, you get uh, you get all the updates on everything I'm doing from Backtrack to my fictional writing to my theology writing to my um, DV, my pictures on DeviantArt that I post up and stuff. So, uh, you know, that's the way to kind of keep uh, keep on top of everything Phil is working on, so to speak. You can follow that at twitter.com forward slash jcservant. While we even recorded the podcast tonight, I drew a picture of uh, one of the uh, characters from my wildlife comic. So you can check all that out and let me know what you think. I actually uh, started uh, rewriting. I wrote, I drew and wrote Wildlight, a wild comic called Wildlight. For those of you who don't know, um, probably about almost ten years ago. And just like Spider Man, it needs a reboot, right? I mean, that's that's the cool thing to do with superheroes after like ten years. So every ten well, years, you got to reboot them. Yeah. Hey, hey Spider Man isn't even being rebooted anymore. He's getting a sequel to the reboot. What what the hell does that make it? Have I told you that? Oh, you know what? Speaking of movie review, I never talk about movies, but I actually finally watched that Amazing Spider Man. And I went back and watched the Toby. It was it was when I was on Christmas vacation. Uh, I was putting building some furniture and stuff, so I stuck on all the Spider Mans. No, actually, I watched uh, Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire, and then I watched uh, The ama- uh, Amazing Spider-Man with the other guy. I don't know it, which I would put first, honestly. Spider-Man 3 had some good parts. Amazing Spider-Man, I just... Uh... He's... I, I don't... I, I think they just totally have lost... As somebody who's grown up reading the comics and, uh, and the such, I think they've totally lost the character of Peter Parker... You know, well, is it just me, or while watching it, did you think, why does Spider-Man not care about his mask? Doesn't he care that people would know who he is if he keeps it off so often? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't seem to worry about that. Uh, I think, but, but because at the beginning, what smacked me the wrong way? Because I mean, this is the one that gives you like the thirty-five minute origin story mm-hmm. of Spider-Man, which is okay if you want to retell it and do it on a slightly different twist. But if you're going to take so long to do it. Uh, you better make sure you you do a good job of establishing Peter Parker's character, and and oh, and did, did Sally Field just seem a little off to you as Aunt May just because she she has black hair? I've never seen Aunt May with black hair. <laughs> so so uh, what, what bothered me about him is like Peter Parker in the in the comic, especially go back to the original one. He's your he's your typical wallflower nerd who becomes superhero story. But he's totally square as square can be, and that's how he starts off. And and Toby McGuire does a pretty decent job of conveying that in a more uh, modern sense, with a modern setting or whatever have you. But this new guy, whatever his name is, it's like the Andrew Garfield. Thank you. He's like the Twilight version 
uh, of, of Peter Parker. He's like, oh, he's a pretty boy, not a whole lot of personality, except for the fact that he's a little sarcastic and jokes sometimes, uh, as Peter Parker, which Peter Parker really didn't do that. He kind of grew into that as Spider-Man once he had powers and no, more confidence. No, he, he did it as Spider-Man. And then he, even then, right, he only did it as Spider-Man. Um, as Peter Parker, he still retained that meekness in order to protect his identity. But but that was his original character. That's who he really was kind of on the inside. Um, so the fact that they started him off is pretty much – the one of the first scenes he's uh, in school. He's, be, he's, he's trying to take on, I think, Flash Thompson or whatever to defend this one kid who was getting bullied on. Original Peter Parker was a wallflower. wouldn't stand up for anything, you know, because he would always get his ass kicked. Um, so it was just a total like yeah he's already kind of a hero even though he's he's more of a hero because he's getting into fights to stand up for the helpless even though he himself is going to lose this fight so that's very heroic he's heroic before he even got his powers he's not a nerd he's actually someone chicks would dig he looks good he he he's confident he jokes what the hell this is this is not the the same dynamic you saw with the original peter parker who then got his powers later on and then you know it it was such a it was and it's that dynamic that suddenly he's got power suddenly he's got he's going to have this source of confidence that he makes that critical mistake of uh you know of, of letting that overconfidence you know that confidence become overconfidence and totally forget who he is and that's what causes uh his his you know his uncle's death um, it, it just be without that dynamic there, that story doesn't have as much impact. So we, you basically oh, oh, and d- didn't you love how long it took for him to listen to the voicemail from Uncle Ben? Yeah, yeah, but you basically took a lot longer to give me a sappier version of that origin story. Other details aside, which are fine, I, I could care less about the Oscorp tie-in or whatever have you uh, that wasn't in the original book. Those are kind of details, but the 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 you know you want to do a reboot and you want to tighten up those details and make this all make more sense i it's something i totally relate to as i'm looking at rewriting the origin story for my hero i actually read through uh the first half i did 70 webisodes which comes out to roughly about 17 full-size comic books and i've read through the first half of them while taking notes and i've just realized how many errors i've made despite the fact that i had written the script ahead of time and had done some proofing on it apparently i didn't do a great job so i totally understand the need to tighten some things up i got too many characters i'm gonna bring that story in reel it in a bit for the rewrite but but the main character what makes that character what makes that story special to you know when you change that uh rather than enhancing it for you know with the rewrite uh you you do the opposite uh it kind of sucks it kind of felt like you were adding an element of that whole twilight thing where vampires are no longer dangerous they're pretty boys with you know that sparkle and it was it wasn't that bad but it felt like a step in that direction we're trying to pretty boy up spider-man you know peter parker a bit now now what i've heard is that amazing spider-man is actually based on the ultimate spider-man universe which i've read ultimate spider-man but maybe my memory isn't what it used to be i mean i Maybe the plot, some of the plot with Oscorp or whatever have you, that kind of ties in, and that that's fine. But but Ultimate Spider-Man, as far as the character Peter Parker goes, was still a wimpy. He was he actually looked more kiddish than the Peter Parker in the original comic books. Um, I would I would hazard a guess that he was actually, if I was going just by the looks of the way they were drawing him and stuff, I would hazard a guess that the Ultimate Spider-Man was a full year younger than the Peter Parker in the the original 1960 series. Um, just judging by the way they looked. So, 
I can even make a justification for having Gwen Stacy and not Mary Jane because Gwen Stacy did show up first. Yeah, I mean, no, and, and that that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're going to tell me it's a reboot, uh, and I'm the one guy who's there. Hey, it's a movie. You're going to change some of the details up. Uh, I think the the biggest the biggest reboot or movie issue I've ever had was with with X Men because there they just totally threw everything out with the bathwater. That oh that first class, uh, it's a decent flick. Don't get me wrong, but there's nothing that first class almost has in common with the original first class of X-Men being, you know, Beast, Archangel. It's like, oh my gosh, you've gone from making a reboot to just totally rewriting the story. And Spider-Man is still the same basic story. He's supposed to be a wallflower nerd. He gets bitten by a radioactive spider. That gives him that confidence, which is actually he handles immaturely at first. Uncle Ben's death is a result. He learns a lesson from that, and he's going to grow forward and mature with that foundation now firmly in place. That's your Spider-Man story right there. And they mess with that by changing that Peter Parker character. In my opinion, they took away from that impact to that that basic story. The other details aren't quite as important there. So uh, with X-Men, no, with First I, Class, I, do you remember First? Did you watch First Class? Oh, I did. I just, I, I just, didn't... I remember. If you take it by itself, by itself, it's kind of effective because Michael Fassbender is actually a really good young Magneto. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like Magneto. But when you when you try to stitch together with the other X Men movies that have been made, suddenly, no, no, the continuity is all a mess. Or, or even if you try to do it with comics, no. What what bothered me? I think what bothered me a little bit about that movie. I think you're right. As itself, it's a it's a good for like if you just take it and you don't get too too analytical about it, but. I think it should have been called the Professor X and Magneto movie uh, rather than X-Men First Class because when you tell me X-Men First Class, uh, you know, as a person who's a fan of the comics, I'm going to think about the original X-Men, you know, um, uh, I almost want to say MJ, uh, but Marvel Girl, Iceman, Beast, Archangel, Cyclops, and there was that awkward relationship. If you go with the 60 comics, the, the awkward relationship between them was really done very corny. Um, it wasn't Marvel writing at its finest. Uh, but uh, but later on, that story has been retold. Stanley was really stretched. He, he was. He was a lot. Yeah, I mean, Fantastic Four did a better team story than they did. But I mean, this was the '60s too, where everything came off a bit corny. So you can't put the blame totally on them. But but that's well, yeah, it's it's better than what was it? The Joker traveling through time and inv- and having aliens invade for Batman at the time. Yeah, but there's there's definitely a dynamic of the team there that I just didn't feel like they did it. By the end of first class, I didn't care about the students. I cared about Magneto and Professor X and Xavier and where that was going. Um, and that was the cool part. And these guys were just kind of their their pawns. Uh, that's the way kind of character. Instead of being about them, and I know it was somewhat about them, it just didn't feel like it gelled well together. But, oh, yeah. we digress. I, I will say that first class did a decent job with Sebastian Shaw. Oh, yeah, he was pretty cool. I will not say it did a good job with Emma Frost because it did a terrible job. Ah, uh, yeah, that was bad. Of course, uh, what, what is her name? I, I, I've even seen her on Mad Men since then, and I can kind of appreciate her, de- her doing a decent character somewhere else, but that actress, whose name I cannot remember, was just terrible for Emma Frost. Emma Frost, I'm sorry, if you do her right, she is a formidable villainess. Mm-hmm. She was not done right in first class. And then later on, she she kind of joined back in, became headmistress. Even then, you need a core of steel. That that woman is not someone to trifle with. No, 
No, th- that, was a, that was that was yeah, that was definitely. It's like they totally disconnect. You're right because yeah, in the comics, I mean, there's one thing she's had a bit of weakness with what happened with her Hellfire students in the past, but that doesn't come into play here. Um, outside of that particular weakness, as far as all the Emma Frost I've read, you're right. She's got that heart of of ice, and there's just nothing that shakes her. Uh, li- nothing. Uh, and but here she was the, like the closest. I, the closest it came was at the end of House of M when suddenly. Bam! What have we got? Three hundred mutants left in the world, and even then, she still she wasn't blabbing all over the place. What the hell happened? No, I can't. I don't know what to do. She she was shaken, but that's the closest I've ever seen to her losing her composure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're right. Um, anywho, uh, boop. So yeah, so uh, so, so so hopefully X Men. Future pa- days of future past will turn out pretty well this year. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how well that works out. Um, oh, anyways, so I'm doing a rewrite, and I think what's really cool about the internet is, I, for I do a lot of posting on the internet, but I mostly do it for myself, like you know, by posting regularly, posting my pictures and stories on the internet, it gives me an internal pressure mechanism to be more productive. Um, I don't think I have a lot of viewers. I don't know. I don't really care. I don't really follow. But occasionally I'll get some comments and, and it's it's always nice, of course, when someone says it, that looks cool or whatever or someone gives me some constructive criticism that can help. And uh, But once in a while I get some real uh, – some feedback or some advice that I find very helpful – and there was a gentleman on my DVNR page where on my journal there I mentioned that I was rewriting the comic story. And I'm actually going to be releasing that as a, as a short fiction novel with some drawings you know, inside of it rather than a full-blown comic. I'll go back to doing a comic uh, once I get that origin story rewritten. Um, but for this purpose, that's what I'm doing. And he wa- a person came on and said, hey, um, you know, saw that you're doing this. Uh, so I love what you're doing, um, but for some writing software, because you mentioned you were looking, I recommend this. And I looked into that, and it looked like it's gotten some great, great reviews. It looks really awesome. I'm like, oh, that is really neat because I've been searching. If Just Googling a search for novel writing software, first of all, pulls up some sites. If you're not careful, you'll get a virus, number one. I hate just Googling random sites, but I didn't know – where else to go in the normal sites that I visit that would that would do justice to reviewing writing software. And then when I finally did some, I, I ended up uh, – I just got like a lot of advice I didn't think was super great, but I picked uh, eWriter. But he said, this program is better than eWriter. Give it a shot. So um, I looked at the reviews. I looked at the screenshot. It looks really, really good. I haven't had a chance to, to actually buy it or download it or use it. But that's what's really cool about the uh, the internet, and it, this extends to my drawings. It also extends to my games because a lot of times you guys write in, or we discuss it here on the show. We're like, "Hey, Phil, we should play, you know, Ogre Battle, awesome." Um, you know, but you guys, you know, Phil, we should play this, we should play that. And I go back, I'm like, "Hey, yeah, he was right. This is a really, really fun game." So that's kind of what we're doing on the backtrack. We're giving you advice as to what to play and what to avoid, so you can use your uh, your free time most effectively. And someone gave me some writing advice and said, "Use this software so you don't waste your time." And software that isn't the best. So awesome, great. I love the internet community um, and the such. It's just super fun and cool. So that's what uh, what I'm working on. So uh, RPG, let's do the legalese because we should do that because it's getting late. So it is. it is. It is probably one of the longest podcasts ever. Uh, RPG backtrack. 
It is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community. The our best RPG gaming. Oh my God, has there been another update? To uh, there has been. To that that thread is still going. Uh, they're 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 going on about the e cards though. The the thread about the ogre battle. Um, okay, well, we can just cover that with a general. Nintendo's online policy stinks. Yeah, yeah, just don't do it. I, I will say though, for it's worth it for Ogre Battle. Ogre Battle has got to be the one of the very few reasons I would put my credit card on, you know, on Nintendo and buy something and download it on my Wii. But protect that Wii because if that Wii ever gets destroyed or blows up or something, gets too much dust in the fan and melts, um, you're gonna have to find some good way of getting your Ogre Battle back. Good luck. Of course, if you get a Wii U, then you can't play GameCube games. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's tough because I got some good game, GameCube games, or RPGs even. Hey, and, and they're they're still exclusives, and they're likely to remain that way. Yeah, yeah. What's that one with the ships and stuff? Uh, Skies of Arcadia. Thank you. Wait, if you have a Dreamcast, that sort of yeah, counts. that sort of counts. Yeah, yeah. Dreamcast that one away. But wait, but wait, Button Kaitos. That is, that counts. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. That counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got at least a dozen GameCube games that I kept over that yeah you just can't get them anywhere else. Uh, what is it? Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes. I, yeah, I'm not, not a Metal Gear series, yeah, but yeah. oh, it exists. That's the, that's the only way to play it if you want to play the Twin Snakes. Absolutely. So you can write your questions and comments on our board. You can email me JC Servant at Cyberlight Comics or JC Servant at RP Gamer. Dot com or Mr. Minky at Albert Odyssey at hotmail.com and help shape our future shows. As always, follow us at twitter.com forward slash rpgamer. Become our biggest fans at facebook.com forward slash rpgamer. You can always head over to our site, listen to our vast collection, our growing backlog that we talked about a little bit today, um, as well as the uh, backlog of RPG cast, which <laughs> there's a lot more of those because they do those weekly. Uh, they're well past. Are they approaching 300 yet? They probably oh, are. Where are they at? I think it's two ninety six. Yeah, so they're getting pretty close to the big, uh, big three zero zero there. Uh, congratulations, there, guys. I need a. I'm actually going to download one right now. The problem is for me is I can't download them from work because whatever server they use to host their files is blocked at my place of employment where I usually download and listen to podcast. But um, I'll download. Uh, I'll download a couple here. Listen to the game of the year. Two ninety five is game of the year twenty thirteen. So that's a that looks like a fun one to listen to. Yeah, I might have been on that show if I hadn't just uh, managed to slip on the garage and slam myself down on my knees. So I was more uh, concerned with physical pain than um, talking on the RPG back the RPG cast. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so yeah, all of this and so much more reviews about you know RPGs, including apparently those made in RPG Maker. I know, I know, you can't believe it, but it's true. You can find all of that and more at rpgamer.com. On behalf of Mike, uh, Mr. Apps, uh, Mr. Nathan, we thank you all for listening to the RPG Backtrack. And, of course, we thank them for being on the show tonight. And I thank Mr. Mikey, uh, the co-host with the most, who puts this together. Wouldn't happen without him. Mr. Minky, in fact, so much do I appreciate your hard work. I want to give you the last word. Do you want to say anything before we leave? I have no deep wisdom that would compensate for the fascinating musings of Disgaea. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. Particularly not when it's been a really long day for me and I 
my, my thoughts are scattered across several different vortexes right now. Nope, nothing particularly insightful or innovative or even particularly interesting coming out of my lips tonight. Good night.